And just like a red, white, and blue phoenix rising from the ashes of political bipartisanship, we are back to Salt of the Streets podcast. This is Saturday, March 5th, episode 123, 12.09 p.m. And welcome back, everybody, to the Salt of the Streets podcast, your one and only source for all the social and political commentary on the weekly news, pop culture, and sports, as much as it as you can handle. And the best part about the whole deal, it's all built from the ground up for people like you and me, the everyday normal person. So come down and join us as we discuss life, liberty, and that pursuit of happiness and continue our endless endeavor to bridge the gap between people and information. As always, we are your hosts. I am Colin. And I am Donovan. And today we have got a special show coming up for you. Uh, we're going to play around with something new that we're going to explain here in a little bit. But uh, before we dive into that, a little bit of what we're going to get into today. We've got four main segments, four main segments coming up. We're going to have our standard pre-showy, pop culture local politics stuff. we got some major movement in legislation regarding Second Amendment in our state. Yep. We'll cover that here in just a bit. Then we're going to take a little break. Then we're going to be talking about the State of the Union. And then we're going to come back after we're done with that. We're going to take a little break. We can come back and we're going to talk about the Ukraine and Russia yep. situation, a.k.a. Uh, yeah, dark times. And then uh, we're going to take one last break before we come back and hit uh, some grab bag stuff and hit some sports and get out of here. Yes. Yee. So, anyways, I feel like I am forgetting to mention something all of a sudden. Nope. Nope. No, no, no. no that's it. Uh, before we move on, we're going to go over the structure of the show because we're going to use things, mm. like you said, a little bit differently today. I do want to remind everyone to go ahead and like, comment, subscribe to what you have going on here. We are growing slowly. Thank you to everyone who is helping us, who is joining us. And make sure that you go to our Patreon also. We have patreon.com slash salt of the streets. Also, we have YouTube. Obviously, we're watching this now. Instagram.com slash salt of the streets. Facebook, fuck Facebook, uh, com slash salt of the streets. You can find all this on saltofthestreets.com, including our personal social media. I am at Salt of the Street on Twitter and at alpaca underscore Donovan on Instagram. And Colin is a big bird, big bird offy on both of those things. I could be big butt offy if you want. Big That's butt offy if we want him to be. <laughs> we had uh, the first review preview show drop on the first. That yes. was for last month's book in the book club. It was In Order to Live by Yemeni Park. And this month's book is The Indifferent Stars Above by Daniel James Brown. So go there and check out the review preview. Get started. It's only a few days in when it's the fifth. So you have plenty of time if you want to get started on that book. It was fantastic. Yeah. I finished it very quickly. Um <laughs> We have. I love it. It's the fifth. You're like, yeah, I've, I've finished it real uh, quick. It was oh, really good. I haven't finished it yet. I'm still reading it actively. Uh, <laughs> I, I haven't finished it yet. I'm still reading. Um, I would say, if you're going to just like hammer one out real quick and then do it again before the month is over, I mean, you're just going to have that much more detail, bro. Yeah, I may be reading four <laughs> books at one time. It's, I may have added a fourth book to the repertoire. It's pretty bad. It's gotten toy. It's gotten horrible. Oh, my gosh. Um, That's so funny. We had the beer show that dropped last night that you Yay. did, obviously. That was for Thaw Out. That Silver Thaw City beer behind out. us. Um, so Colin asked that. We have the clips that are coming out every day. And, of course, we have the newsletter that comes out on the end of the month, the very last day. So we had one that dropped on the 28th. Go there. It's an article written by me and also an article written by Colin. It's there. It's beautiful. My article this month was called, If You Do Not Try, I Will Not Comply, which is Mm -hmm. very prevalent today. And what was the name of your article? I'm sorry. The name was... Uh, you know, give me. It was called Colin's article. No, I have I it here. Up on, right here. I was having on my computer. It's no problem. Yeah, I was like, it's somewhat. It, it's Number oh, it's uh, it's right on the tip of my tongue. It's Something about, doesn't make sense because it, it, it doesn't. Because it talking doesn't. about Ukraine and the Russian invasion and some just some weird 
weird situations going on in yes there, you know yeah. stuff we'll we will talk about in third segment today um, we're going to be bringing up a, a lot about that there's yes there's so much so many different angles to talk about there yeah so the segments that you were talking about we are going to try a new structure for today's show mm-hmm. so traditionally, yeah, you notice i like i went to go traditionally we always introduce the topics real quick right. and then we dive and then it's like wait a minute right if i introduce the topics too much I don't want to do anyway. No, so, no yeah, problem. New stuff, fun stuff. Yes. So traditionally, the way that we've done it is obviously we have a pre-show. We'll take a break. We'll start a new stream, and then we'll do the regular show. So what yeah. we're going to do now is we're going to do one. I called it a mega cast. The when mega-cast. I, yeah, a mega stream when I first laid it out for you. And instead, we're going to kind of compress the two, right? So it's not going to end up being twice as long or anything like that. I think it may end up being a little bit shorter no. um, than two episodes, I mean. And so the way that we're going to do it is we're going to have – segments as you said and we're not going to stop the stream in between segments we're going to just kind of pause and have a little screen come up we're going to take a three minute break three minutes right we may come back quicker than that but that is the Mm -hmm. most we will take is three minutes and then we'll come back and we'll start the next segment right all one stream all continuous no one has to go anywhere no one has to worry anything about it we're going to have some and we're trying to get some different music and stuff for you in between there Mm. we can probably eventually uh figure out playing different videos as the breaks you know that would be nice so it would be nice yeah i'm sure there's no problem doing that maybe a little Um, promos and little clippies exactly exactly clippies um shooting footage things like that if that sounds good to you guys let us know what you'd want to see in our little break times. Yes. And if, also... Uh, <laughs> whatever we do, please don't say skits. Because as no. much fun as that would be, you need to pay us to do those. Okay? Yes. That, that would be great. I'd love to do that all day so and show sure. Crowder how it's done. But we're, we need paid first. Some of those are real bad. Some of the ones <laughs> that are so, are real yeah, bad. So. I don't want to get into it. So make sure you go to the Patreon. If you want to see skits, go to the Patreon. Be a patron. Help us make more of our content. Do it. That's how you get there. Because so, I want to make um, them. I'm just saying. Just not until we'll it's do my it. job. <laughs> we have the creativity for it. Um, yeah, so with that, the segments, as you said, this mm-hmm. week, we're going to have a start with our pre-show-ish type segment here. Next, we'll talk about the State of the Union. Third will be Russia and the Ukraine. And after that, we have a grab bag. We're going to talk about some child tax credit, right? Some of the, mm. uh, like, the policy in it's general. brought up during the State of the Union. Um, yeah, exactly. The PRO Act and a Rubio bill that came up. And then also a bill, two bills that came up to stop trading, stop trading within Congress. So we're going to be talking about those things. It's going to be fantastic. I'm going to be really interested in... Um, at some point one day people comparing our our views on stock trading and stuff today compared to what it god i know we've talked about this stuff in the past back before it was ever really in the mainstream of the conversation like because nancy pelosi and all these politicians have been making they've been becoming like multi-millionaires over you know six-figure salaries and things like that and it hasn't changed and i know we've talked about it like way back in the og day so i'd be really curious right for for like an og fan one day to go back and dive into that and start showing like a like a progress meter of you know you know you're just going to be like shooting far right every day farther (laughs) (laughs) like this got really bad really like i don't understand yeah but yeah i i'm really excited to talk about that just because i feel like it's been a long time since me and you really dived into that kind of stuff it's it's real philosophical so I'm, i'm excited to talk about that in the in the closeout and then, of course, the end of that last segment will be sports. Yes. And we got a few action stuff coming on in, in the sports world. Yep. A couple little things going on. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, we have um, – I haven't watched any of the Combine, but the Combine is happening. Mark Madness is coming up, things like that. So, we be good. fun. 
Yeah, I'm, this I'm, will, I'm stoked about it. This will also give us the freedom, just so everyone knows, this will give us the freedom to have probably more guests. Because yeah. there are a lot of people who just aren't able to make, you know, an entire show work. And so this will give us freedom to have more guests for one segment, people that come in and stream with us for one segment, and then they can leave and we can keep going. You know what I'm saying? So we'll have lots of... Lots more things like that coming on, I think, will be excellent. We will also hit the comments in the beginning of every new segment. So if there's any comments or any questions or anything like that, we will hit them in the beginning of every segment. It's going to be fantastic. I also want to remind you guys, before we start on this stuff here, Swab Blended in a few weeks if you need a haircut. Location Skate Shop if you need to skateboard. Lexi Kyle on Twitch if you want to watch some gaming. And then, of course, leggings and aprons on Instagram only for the next few weeks because she's getting pretty pregnant. So yeah, we're, we're closing <laughs> in on, on the on the last uh, days to order. So Dude, it was um, not that long ago where she was, like, not pregnant at all. Right. I feel like it was, like, last episode and not pregnant at all. And then last weekend we all got together and it's like, damn, yeah. you ready to pop, girl. Yes. Just, and- it's that perfectly rounded beach ball. Ready yeah. to just, yeah. And she's still got <laughs> three months left, you know. Um, so there's still, still lots still of time. time. Yeah, and then still it's time then to it's cook. just gonna be. Well, right? that's, that's we how that works. That's what we're hoping. Yeah, <laughs> we're talking this morning. She's the baby sits so low, mm-hmm. um, and she's already we got her head down and everything. So I told Jordan, I was like, hopefully you'll be able to just kind of squat and cough, and she'll just fall <laughs> right out of there, you know, and it'll be okay. Like, hopefully that's that's all that it'll take. Did this that time come around. from that, that book that you're reading now? Did the, the term <laughs> squat and cough come from that? I don't know. <laughs> I think that's more of a prison thing, but. <laughs> so, yeah, that's going to be a good show, obviously. Yeah. yeah. Let's oh. start with a, let's start with a shot. We need a shot here. here. Cheers, so, buddy. Thank you, everyone, for joining us. To liberty. To liberty. Mm. And my outfit today is not um, by accident. I'm purposely wearing Rebels. It's nice. Because of all the uh, anti-Empire talk that I anticipate today. Yeah. Because I feel everywhere when we talk about our State of the Union, I feel like I'm talking about the Empire. The State of the Union, our own state. um, Yeah, the state of our true union. Yeah, here's hoping, Jordan says. Here's hoping. Sorry, Chloe. Coffin. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, squat and cop. Um, squat so cop. let's just start here. Let me ask you this. Mm-hmm. Right, so we started most of the shows here. Let me ask you this, Colin. We pride ourselves on being an objective show and objective people, right? And that's how we build the show. That's how we mm-hmm. live our lives. Um, if we're an objective show, why do we focus or talk so much about the left? Hmm. Well, if we're an objective show, yes, that would... That would, to me anyways, it would, it would be because uh, obviously we feel more threatened by the ideas being spouted by the left. Yeah. If, if if we were threatened by the ideas being spouted by the right, which we are, just not as often, obviously, then we'd be talking about them. Right. I mean, I'm going to be talking all sorts of shit today on the right-wing people and the neocons and that old-school conservative stuff today, especially when we're talking about Ukraine and Russia. But for the most part, the... I hesitate to use the term the threat, but in a ideological kind of, you know, sense, that threat is coming from the left. Right. The left is attacking my liberties and my rights. Right now, the right's not doing that. They're mostly just shutting up and some of them are kind of supporting them. So that's right. why we talk so much shit on the left. I like right it. now. I like it. And I would also point out to anybody who says that. Mm-hmm. Um, that, Slam dunk. Yes. No, that's that's an excellent <laughs> answer. I'd also point out, um, from the time that we started the show until Trump got out of office, we shat on Donald Trump 
for that entire time. There, yeah, yeah. Not, not that there were not things that we did not support, because certainly there were. But we talked. There's there is a, there is a quote even from me. I couldn't tell you what episode it is, but I know that it exists because Kyle brought it up to me once mm-hmm. where we were doing the show, and I said, "God, I hope a Democrat wins next time, so we can shit on him too." Oh yeah, yeah. And yeah, I yeah, said yeah, that, yeah. and the very next week I was at work, and Kyle said, "You said this," and I thought it was so funny, you know. And that's the only reason I know for sure I said that. So that's great. Yes, and I also wrote down. Um, I'll read exactly what what i wrote here um i would argue the left's embrace of marxism slash socialism is more of a concern than the fringe right marxism is actively growing at a faster rate um, in my opinion it is tougher to defeat than far-right extremism yeah and i would add on to that to also indicate and think when you really listen to the minds that talk about this stuff like james Lindsay and peter gozian and the the deep academic intellectuals will will teach you that what we see on the surface as being a threat and the things that we're talking about now now in like the ideological battlefield if you will is only literally the tip of the iceberg there's an entire subculture and substructure i mean where do you think the humanity's career path came from it was it was when people like me were looking at going to college and their parents or their you know whatever it was was talking about like why would you want to go get a degree in underwater basket weaving or whatever it is you go you get some bullshit humanities degree and there's no jobs out there for you except oh wait you get enough of them they're going to create a market for it right this didn't exist 20 years ago but all the foundation was laid to the point where we have institutions now that are built by this and we're just now it's that uh, the 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 ocean volcano has finally peaked above the surface but you have an entire foundation to fight against for probably the next few decades right james Lindsay has an entire podcast new discourses that he reads and breaks down different marxist papers socialist mm-hmm. papers all those things he reads through them breaks them down so that they're easier to understand it's a fantastic podcast for anybody especially parents because what's he, it called again it's called new discourses new discourse and especially for parents because he focuses so much on schools and children mm-hmm. um that i would recommend that to anybody there are the episodes are about an hour hour and a half pretty standard um podcast length episodes and yeah they're they're i don't know he doesn't even do videos like he does youtube shows but it's just a picture and then his podcast Mm so um, but i would recommend that to anybody who is starting to see the threat feel the threat doesn't really understand exactly what's happening but knows Mm -hmm. that they're uncomfortable with what's happening yeah New Discourses is a great place for you to go. There's a lot of very introductory things. What is critical race theory? What are these things? You know, breaking mm-hmm. them down by the actual people who wrote the papers, who made the arguments. He's breaking down their arguments to explain to you exactly what they're saying. Yeah, it's funny. He was on uh, the IRL podcast just last on night. Friday. Yeah, yeah. and I did not, get, did not get to watch it. Oh, it's I pretty damn good. I love, I'm in it's, love with James Lindsay. And it will, like it wasn't too contemporary which is nice so it it'll it'll still serve you good on monday when you have time at work or whatever it's a great one but the dude is just a he's a living encyclopedia against critical theory yes and i mean this is the guy we've i think we talked about the time but him and his partners uh peter gozian and heller pluck rose yes helen pluck rose wrote the series of papers back in i don't know when was it it was years ago at this point when the when the theory the critical theory was really I think starting it was like to be 2017 um, i think it was around mm-hmm. then and it was like they wrote these bullshit papers totally made up all the things and just made it all fancy used the right language i think they did one where they converted hitler's manifesto into like um 
like its own version of like a leftist propaganda thing, right. and they submitted them through the academies. They were fucking peer reviewed, and they got approved. And they were like, "Oh, hey, by the way, this is a hoax." Yeah, we gotcha. One of the papers was about how the penis is a social construct, and another the, one the, was the um, dog park one killed. Yeah, me. yeah, and that's what I was just going to say. One. The dog park one was about rape culture. I gotta at, see if I can find the, the at title. Dog parks. Um, carried out by people where they said that they went and inspected the genitals of like i don't know a, a ridiculous amount of dogs like a hundred thousand dogs or something like that and went to all these different parks and interrogated the owners and and it, it was dude it was so it, great it, absolutely bizarre absolutely bizarre and it was accepted into an actual journal for for critical theory you know and so all of this was done in an effort like you said to point out how ridiculous these fields are that they aren't the purveyors of these fields and of these ideologies are not even able to decipher what is bullshit and what is real. And that's how ridiculous. Those it was my comp that they did that. Yes. Mein and they Kampf. turned it into the, they just changed it to feminist language. Yes. Um, man, but the, I can't find the name of the papers right now. I had them written down. Somewhere. They're so um, long and complicated, but they're all about these like various grievance studies. Um, yes. And if you, if you Google search grievance studies, hoax, then you'll you'll come across some of these things but yeah it was uh, at some point throughout we'll find the it. episode yeah, i'm gonna we'll find, find it, it because they're too good man they're yeah too no good. we'll find it um, oh. the second part that i want to ask you about let me ask you this right mm -hmm. feeds to your question that so now let me ask you this right with the insane um oh jesus with the insane tensions right is the conservative war hawkery no fly zones things like that a more immediate threat Right. And I think that you answered that, that it is you're, you're going to be talking a lot about that today. Yeah. You know, that yeah. we are not afraid. And the whole point of the podcast is to talk about what is threatening your liberty. Mm -hmm. Right. And we discussed that last week in general terms, more about Joe Biden, because at the time, the administration was seemed like they were really pushing forward, pushing for war, you know, and now that it's going on now that war is happening, we're seeing people, people from both sides of the aisle arguing for it for different reasons. Yeah. But. Some of the more bold actions that we're going to get into later, like you said, are, are coming from a lot of the conservatives, Republicans that are talking about no-fly zones, things like that, things that need to be enforced oh, by yeah. American military that would unquestionably enter us into a direct war with Russia. Yep. Um, so we're going to be getting into a lot of those things later. Um, My commentary magazine boys are uh, having a real hard time right now because, you know, I mean, they're old neocons, except for, like, Noah. and Like, Abe has got a good head on his shoulders, too, but, you know, good old John Podhorns is like, Let's do it, bro. Let's do this. But, oh, wait, we can't do this because World War Three, blah, blah, blah. But it's, it's really interesting, and we'll, we will discuss it again later. But the, 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 like the 180 change coming from a lot of these people Dark. that were like, you know, within, I don't know, when the, was Af Afghanistan? February-ish last? January. January. It was in January. No, 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 no. The withdrawal was in August. August. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Um. Not that long ago, right. people were giving him a bunch of shit for that, all this stuff. The concept of even pulling out. And now they're like, oh, yeah, let's start another one. Let's do it. So it'll it'll be really inter interesting to talk about there. But um, And some of the anti-war voices are kind of surprising, too. But that's really what this is coming down to. It's like, who who's okay with uh, – who thinks it's okay to have war right now? And who is like, no, this is a really bad idea. I don't care how we do this, but this cannot happen. Right. Because I was having a conversation with uh, Carolina yesterday about this. Nobody that is alive today, except for a very few older people, have any concept of the devastation 
and the bloodshed that a world war could mean. Right. Because as bad and bloody and terrible as Vietnam was, and I think we all know how passionately passionately you see that that travesty of Vietnam, and we've talked about it before, a world war in 2022 is going to make that look beyond. like fucking yeah. playtime. Way you know? that. And, and no, nobody in our generation can even comprehend. Oh. And it, war is just a thing that we do over in the Middle East that we don't ever have to worry about. Right. This is real shit. But... We'll get into that we'll later. Yep. We keep Indeed. saying that. Indeed. Yeah. I got I to veer away. He's, he's excited. I <laughs> want to talk to you real quick about some pop culture then. Yes. Um, have you, just off the top of your head, have you watched any major movies or anything over the last couple of weeks? Yes. So I watched several, and I made sure that I made a list of them, right? I watched Watchmen twice because I watched it one by myself, and then I you watched it the next day, yep. and then I told and Jordan we did not I plan it. that. No. It just <laughs> happened that way. Yep. And then I told Jordan that I watched it, so she wanted to watch it. She loves Watchmen. So we watched that again. Um I watched a movie called The Darkest Hour. Ooh. Um, yes, yes. The yes. Uh, 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 Churchill movie. Yes, exactly. Is that the Gary Oldman one, or is I that the know. other it's, one? It, whoever plays... Darkest Hour, I think... Whoever plays Commissioner Gordon, Gordon that's, in the Dark Knight series, Yeah, that's who plays Churchill yeah. in this. That's... Uh, oh God, but I, yeah, I couldn't name? tell you what his name is. I, I'm blanking on it. You just showed him to me last week. Yeah. In whatever movie you were talking about, in like Gary in, Oldman. Gary yes, Oldman. So you're right. Yeah, Gary you're Oldman. right. Yep. Yeah, he's amazing. It was uh, incredible. That was a very good movie. I was. It, it took me a minute to get into it, mm-hmm. but once I was watching, I was like, okay, I'm here for it. Um, I don't know because there's two of them. There's yeah, there's Darkest Hour in 2017, and then there was. Oh wait, no. It's one that just came out within the last like year or two, right? Yeah, and that's but that's a different Darkest Hour. Yeah, but there's two Churchill movies, and I'm yes. trying to they have different actors. Yeah, and uh, they're both great movies. I will say that obviously, but like I remember the other one. I don't remember the actor. I want to say he's from like Frasier or some shit. I'll find it eventually, but I actually like that version better than Darkest Hour, even though I think when you you stack them up. That'd be a fun one to like watch both of them and then like just try Fuck to see yeah. which one can get because it's like by a hair. Right. One of them wins by a hair, and I'd be curious which one. But that's a great movie, man. Um, and I don't know great movie that much about World War Two. Um, I obviously have the general idea, uh, probably a deeper idea than most, but still not that much. You know, mm-hmm. especially not from a British perspective, from a UK perspective. So it was interesting just to get more information on that, even if it was just surface level drama stuff. Um I watched been reading the Lemony Snicket series, right? Mm-hmm. So I watched that movie with Jim Carrey in it after we talked about it last week as you and Carolina are on your Jim Carrey kick. Yeah. Um me myself and I read. That movie's terrible. Um, not me myself. No, yeah, I read yeah, the Lemony Snicket movie is fucking terrible. I've I heard. knew that it was when I watched it, but I watched it again just because I was at work and looking for something non-political, and I was like, "This movie is fucking trash." Jim Carrey is great because he is a crazy person. So he is to a great crazy person. Yes, like and the right I'm, kind of crazy. As I'm watching it and as I'm reading the books, I think I'm realizing that the movie, for it to be good, would have to be serious. But the book is not totally serious. Like, the books are have comedy in them, mm-hmm. and he writes the – it's narrated with comedy. So it's supposed to be funny, you know? And that's why it was a good Nickelodeon property because Nickelodeon made that movie. So that's why it was good for them to make it. But you can't <laughs> – you can't take this book and convert it into a movie for it to be good because the type of humor <laughs> that's there is yeah. not going to translate into a movie. It's, it's just not. 
Yeah. Yeah. It's just not how as many good. fantasy series were made like of books and stuff before Game of Thrones finally nailed it. Like, it's not easy to do that kind of super right. fantastical stuff. Lenny. Lenny's here. Lenny's Shout out, here. Lenny. Thank what you up, for, Lenny? Thank you for joining us, Lenny. Got a couple of new structure today, some segments and stuff going. Yeah. It's going to be beautiful. I'm going to have to think about this Churchill movie thing because I'm, I'm seeing The Gathering again? Storm is another one. Okay. But that's not the one I'm thinking of. And I don't think the one I'm, I'm going to have to do some research on this one. Yeah. The Churchill movie. bothered me. I've seen like a gang of them. I watched them all during COVID. I watched a bunch of Churchill movies and they were all fucking great. I think there's like three. But yeah. But anyways. Um, for Carolina, mm -hmm. the... Churchill movie is The Darkest Hour. The one that I'm talking about with Jim Carrey is... Lemony... Lemony Snicket. It's the series of unfortunate events movie. Yes. Um, and that was on Hulu when I watched it. That one's still there. Netflix mm -hmm. did a series where NPH, Neil Patrick Harris, is Count Olaf, is the Jim Carrey character. Oh. So I'm going to try that again and see how that is. I don't remember that being that good. I've watched part of it because I looked at it on, on Netflix and some mm -hmm. of the episodes are watched. So I know that I've watched it, but I don't remember it being that good or else it would be more memorable mm -hmm. in my mind um i also watched a movie called it's about vincent van gogh where willem dafoe plays vincent van gogh yes. it's a fucking incredible movie absolutely incredible i have not seen that but i have heard epic things about it um that's funny the the, the ghetto boys are like Hey, what time is the podcast? Right now, buddy. Right? It's right now. Now. <laughs> it's hard to communicate with people when they don't have any social media, right? Yes. It's super weird to say that, but it's real. Maybe the one I am thinking. It's got Albert Finney. He's a British dude. Now, these are all like super British actors. I'm telling you, I'm thinking the wrong Churchill. We'll Either figure way. it out. All That's of them okay. are good. Yeah. No, I know it's it's so easy to get stuck, especially something like that. So easy to get like, stuck on it. Moving on. The yeah. So I'm, I'm closing IMDb. The Willem Dafoe movie, incredible, right? Kay. I don't know fucking shit about Vincent Van Gogh. Yeah. I don't know anything about Vincent Van Gogh. But Willem Dafoe um, could do whatever he wants. He's so good. Yes. He's so good. And you know me as far as art goes. You know, I'm just not, a, not an not, emotional not a intaker. Lot of symbolism to be no. had there. But symbolism. I did pick up on some things that I was kind of proud of myself on, Ooh. right? A lot of the paintings and shit like that that oh, Vincent yeah. Van Gogh did have a lot of like yellow hues and like that's a lot of things. He stayed in a yellow house when he did this whole sear when he for like a year when he did, you know, all these paintings and shit and um and a bunch of parts of the movie when you're seeing things from his perspective, there's like a yellow haze over everything, you know? And it was just to like instill like this is how he's seeing the world. The all these yellow hues in his paintings, like that is that was his view of the world and so much of what he was talking about is like i'm just trying to show people how i see the world uh -huh. and it's so different and fucking crazy he's a crazy person you know i have an absolute crazy person is that, um, yeah, the cut off the ear guy right yeah yeah uh, so yeah. he was he was in according to the movie um he was staying with with another artist that he was like friends with and it kind of seemed like almost like he was like in love with him a little bit um he is a crazy person, so he may have been, but who knows, right? And then that artist wanted to leave. Galgan, I think his name was. He wanted to leave. He had to go somewhere else. He was starting to become more famous. So they had this disagreement, and he cuts his ear off and to try and give it to his friend, and he can't find his friend. The reading that I did said that his friend ran away from him. This just says that he can't find his friend, and so he gave – Vincent Bego gives his ear to a woman who works at a bar who knew his friend also and was like, give this to my homeboy. And 
then he got arrested because he gave a woman his, his ear. ear. It's weird. She was obviously disturbed by it. So <laughs> he was spent some time in a mental institution and then eventually like was allowed to leave and yeah. lived with his brother for a while. And, um, and, and we then, need those people, man. We need those crazy artists because they give yeah. us cool shit. The reading that I did said that he shot himself. The movie that I watched showed that he was like almost like instructing two younger boys and one of them shot him. And then they like buried a bunch of his stuff and um, mm. said that he never mentioned it, but the boys found out about it somehow. There was like a book that he got from someone, an empty book that he filled with drawings over this time that he gave back to the woman and she didn't know that he had drawn in it and it stayed at her house for like over a hundred years and her family found it. Whoa. I think in like 2016 it said. They found a book of like 70 or so drawings that Vincent van Gogh had did of just That's nature and wild. like shit in the countryside of France. Well, I honey, learned a lot of shit. Honey, we're rich. We're yes. rich. I, yeah. Guess what I found in the basement. Yeah. So I'm trying to read more about Vincent Van Gogh is what I decided. So if anyone knows any good books mm-hmm. on Van Gogh, drop them in the comments here because that'll be my next one. The four <laughs> books. The four books I'm reading. The the baby book. Yep. Um, the Reptile Room is the one I'm on right now. That's Lemony Snicket book. Mm-hmm. Daniel James Brown. And this one I cracked into today. Oh, the old U.S. Is, Constitution. It was the Constitution and other like writings. a plethora of other writings. Yeah. Because mine is only about that thick, though. The one yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, this one has the Mayflower Complex, the Silence Do Good Letters, An Edict by the King of Prussia, mm. give, me, give Me Liberty, Give Me Death, Declaration of Independence, Articles of Confederation, The Treaty of Paris, Virginia Plan, Northwest Ordinance, Constitution, Federalist Papers, George Washington's First Inaugural Address, Bill of Rights, Thomas Jefferson's First Inaugural Address. All That's like all the big stuff. ones, all yes. the big stuff. All in there. of the, all of the things. There you go. That's yeah. That's healthy. Yes. So I'm gonna be reading through this. Well, you fire that in you know a couple of days. It's not closing a big deal. line comes out of here. I, this one will take me longer, I think, because the language is different. I'll have to yeah. read a lot it's of the shit narrative. more than once exactly to like, what are you saying? You mm-hmm. know, even just I read the deck started with the Declaration of Independence today, and even that, you know, you have to. You got to read some of it a couple of oh, times yeah. to be like, "What the fuck are you actually saying here?" You know, <laughs> exactly because the language is different. Yeah, the Declaration of Independence. Sorry, I appreciated uh, yeah, a huge portion of it. It's just a list. It's just a list of yeah. like these are the things that you are doing that are fucked up. Yeah, and, this is what we're pissed off about, yep, bro. And it seems like our duty to tell you what you're doing wrong before we completely secede from you. There you go. Yeah, it even says in there like it's uh would be improper or imprudent. It would be imprudent to, imprudent. to not list for you the things that well, yeah. you're doing, you know, before you know. we just peace out. I appreciate it. Yeah. I mean, even in the standard divorce, you got to have a reason. You can't just be like, yeah, we're out. Exactly. Right? It's a whole thing. Exactly. But I, I too, uh, you, you know, we talked yes. about it last time. Yeah, I've been reading, reading a week? book. Jay, Rise. J.G. J. Ballard. How is I it? Rise. It's dark and gritty. The song. Really Vincent. good. Oh, my God. Yes. <gasps> Thank you it? very much. Lonesome Lenny. I'm here for it. Don McLean. I'm writing it down right now. Oh. Shout out, Lenny. Always coming through with the haters. Lenny, if you're looking for a new book, we got the book club going. Remember, yeah. book club, this month's book is The Indifferent Stars Above by Daniel James Brown. It's about the Donner Party. It's very good, Lenny. Very good. And I just, I can't get over, like, uh, you, next episode, you got to come out with another, uh, or actually, we get a book club this Thursday, don't we? Coming yes. out? Yes. Yeah, this Thursday is the first uh, live stream for this book. Okay. If we, because uh, just the prose is so good in that movie every every sentence and paragraph is like yeah. perfectly designed to just hit you right where it needs to hit you yeah and that's only like the few you've read to me <laughs> and i did a good amount of dog earing in this one along the way so there's a lot of like um contextual things that he because he does a very good job daniel james run a very good job of 
breaking down like this was the hygiene of the time just things that were important to give context to everything so nobody understands that shit yeah yeah no it's very good um so i have a lot of those things and also just some prose things yeah i read i'm like this is fucking incredible dog ear that one i'm gonna make sure i keep that so nice yes song vincent what have you watched this week what what was the last jim carrey movie that you guys watched me myself and irene oh right yeah we didn't well we were gonna do it on wednesday again but you know sometimes life gets in the way of date night yes but we ended up having a nice steak dinner and a lot of uh, good conversations and stuff like that but ended up not watching a movie although i did purchase bruce almighty for the occasion jake b he's out here jake b my copy just came in the mail love it oh buddy you're, yeah, you're about to about to get it. But yeah, yeah. we watched uh, we watched that, which again, uh, we talked a little bit about it last when we were hanging out. But it's like the movie's from 2000. And really? It's, it's it's it was a lot older than I thought. Uh, actually, I kind of thought it was like mid 90s. Maybe it was a little newer than I thought. But I didn't expect 2000s. And then I, I noticed a lot of the a lot of the humor in it. Like, ah, you ain't doing that right now. No. You ain't gonna make that movie again. No. And I also had forgotten how gorgeous renee zellweger was back in that time just absolutely gorgeous um you could tell though like the old 90s dress styles and stuff were coming out and it's like ah come on we we need to hurry up and get to the future the 90s were a bad time for apparel but but yeah the comedy in that movie is fucking great man he's got his three kids they are and it's not okay. I'm not okay with it. We moved. Talk- we moved past the '90s for a reason, people. I just talked to Jordan about that this week. I Literally, want, days I don't ago. want neon bullshit again. Okay, we're not it's, playing this game. It's not even that. We were at when we were in Gig Harbor. We tried to find those quail eggs, and we were in whatever supermarket that was. <laughs> that's right. And um, like the baggy clothing is like a big thing that's coming back. Like especially for like girls. Like Janko you know? jeans back in like, the day. It, yeah, yeah. And I just told Jordan, I was like, I just. Like I'm just not a fan of it. You know, like I appreciate that when I was in high school, girls were wearing yoga pants and tank tops that's what girls are wearing when i was in high school and i'm fucking here for it now they're wearing sweatshirts that are too big for even their boyfriend to wear they're wearing jeans that are too big for their boyfriend to wear this is all it's too much i'm yeah. not here for it. i blame kim kardashian myself i don't exactly <laughs> know why but i'm pretty sure most of this is her fault <laughs> gotta blame somebody oh god uh, okay but sorry me myself and yeah, I. we watched that it's a great movie the the three kids in that movie are the best part about that movie to be honest uh yes his, his three sons it's genius so boys. great yeah but you know for those of you who haven't watched jim carrey's got a split personality it's kind of like his uh his dark side and his good side you know he right. represses all of the anger and then eventually that comes out and but it's a it's a great it's a great ride it's a great run it still holds up to today uh, you definitely get a little guilty sometimes on some of the cheap laughs you get uh, especially when you throw it <laughs> in the 2022 context is good for that though he you is know? and because he'll just steamroll right through it yes but uh we did that <laughs> and then i don't know when we watched this if it was before last show or not stop me if i talked about this before but raised by wolves on no. hbo max the show that I know Ridley Scott had a hand in. He directed the first two episodes. It's a sci-fi show about, like, colonization of humans. And there is a big war between the atheists and the religious people. And there's, like, most of humanity's dead now. And basically the only people that are alive are showing up to this new planet on, like, these arc ships. But the atheists sent these two androids there to like raise this first group of children and get settled. And then all of a sudden the dude, Travis Fimmel, I think the guy from Vikings, Ragnar from Vikings. Okay. Um, he's like the main dude that comes down and conflict between the atheists and the religious people. And it's a fucking great show, man. Lots of like deep 
human conflict ideas of like right and wrong and and you know religion versus zealotry and just passion versus logic and it's it's a very very great series if you're into any of that Interesting. stuff. Interesting. Okay. Yeah, it's you kind of, it's real Ridley Scotty. We'll Raised put it by that wolves, way. You said? Raised by wolves. Raised by HBO wolves. Max season two just came out. Of so we're we're there. Heavy that HBO. and we were watching season four of the marvelous Mrs. Maisel is out. Okay. And okay. I will say if you haven't seen that, it's not. on Amazon Prime. It is phenomenal. It's about uh, a female comedian. It starts in the late fifties and we're up to the sixties now in this this season, but. Uh, it's like the Lenny Bruce era in comedy and people getting locked up for, you know, indecent, you know, language and stuff back right. in the day. And she's just this hilarious Jewish comedian in New York and it just follows her antics on stand up comedy. But third season kind of lost me. Yeah. And then I gave season four a shot when Carolina was like saying I had to. And then uh, I was not, I didn't regret it because season four, it's like they got their old fire back. So if you're into Marvelous Mrs. Maisel at all or like a good, um, good comedy it's, yeah. it's right there man all the episodes first two seasons are solid third's weird but then fourth is back to the gold excellent but that's where i'm at that's what i've been doing reading not as fast as you but i'm getting there okay. and then after this there's a book or no there's a movie called high rise based off the book right starring the dude that plays loki and oh so I'm yeah, excited yeah. about that but yeah, okay. i'm not going to touch that movie until i'm done with the, book. the guy's name is tom right tom, tom something tom something let me look it up yeah yeah tom something tom Pretty something sure. But new Batman is supposed to come out, too, by the way. Let us know in the comments what your guys' favorite Jim Carrey movie is, right? Dude. Liar, Liar. That's gold. That's a great yeah, movie. Liar, Liar is a good one. God. What would... Besides Liar, Liar, what would you say is one of your first... One of your favorite Jim Carrey's? Oh, fuck. First one comes to mind. Dumb and Dumber, probably. That's a Dumb classic. And Dumb and Dumber is good. It's really um, good. Like, real good. Real good. It's, yeah, the, and none of the other ones, but the first one's solid. Yeah, yeah, definitely. <laughs> um, and then what's, what's that guy's name? That's What's the, what's his counterpart's name? Um, Jeff something, right? Yeah, Jeff something. I don't remember. He, I always say Jeff Bridges, and that's not It's not Jeff name. Bridges. No, but I always <laughs> say that. I always say that. But I know that's not it. No. Um, uh, dumb and Dumber. Yeah, because he did a bunch of movies with him back in the day. 1994, yeah. Dumb and Dumber. That's the Jeff Daniels. Jeff Daniels. Daniels. That's what it Jeff is. Daniels. That's great. I also watched Steve Jobs mm. with um, not Aaron Sorkin. What's his name? The same guy that was in Prometheus. Oh, uh, uh, Michael Fassbender. Fa yeah, Fassbender. Fassbender plays I always Steve get Jobs. Fassbender and the other guy mixed up. The two but, British guys that are really handsome. Yeah, it's not. It's not cool. <laughs> but he's in the island too, with Scar with Scarjo. That's not Jeff Daniels. That is Jeff Daniels. Lenny's Shout there. out Lenny. Lenny always is Lenny, there for dude, us. Dude, Lenny was there. Yeah, Lenny, Lenny was, was there. there. He was there. Um, yeah. So I watched <laughs> the Steve Jobs movie. Jeff Daniels oh. isn't that Steve Jobs movie too? He plays Mark Markula. The fucking I pulled it up right beforehand on Hulu. Yes. New series about the, that Theranos Elizabeth Holmes. Yes. And it's got that, that girl from Ted 2 that looks like Gollum sometimes. Okay. Um, Amanda. Oh, okay. Like something a, or other. Like a, okay, like it's a, a show. series. Yeah. Like and a show, she plays show, Elizabeth series. Holmes. Word. And it goes through the whole Theranos thing. It's, it's out now. New episodes, I think, are Thursdays. There's only like seven out right now. She just got hemmed up, right? Elizabeth Holmes just got hemmed up? Oh, yeah. She's, yeah. Her whole life right now is yeah. going I knew going her job was going on and shit. Um, yeah, she's in a bad spot. <laughs> yeah, do have to mention also uh, Nils put out a new video this week. PNW Nils yes. put out a new video with uh, Dr. Sly, and mm. then just yesterday, 
Denzel dropped a new song. Denzel yes, too. Yeah, dropped a new song yesterday. So I believe it was called Slide. I think um, it was. Yep. So make sure you guys check those out. YouTube, Spotify, everywhere they have music. Upper left, Denzel Two AM, yep. PNW Nils on YouTube. Look for Doctor Sly as well. He's working with a couple of different artists. Instagram is where he's doing a lot of his stuff. Um, I don't remember what here. I have my Instagram up right now. <laughs> I will. Out of 14 Media. That is what Dr. Sly's media company has switched over to. Is Out of 14? Yep. O-U-T-T-A, 14 Media, the number 14. Out of? So, yep, Out like of 14 that. Media. And this is the PNW Nils video promotional trailer. Oh, no, that's James on board. My bad. There's Nils right there. Mm-hmm. What You Think. That's what it is. What You, what think. you think. It's the video they just put out, directed by Dr. Sly. Make sure you guys go to check those out. Do you want to talk about some local stuff? Yeah. Okay. So let's do a two way update first, and then we will talk about the press conference that happened. Um, oh God, I, I almost forgot about the press conference. Yeah. Let's that do, was. Let's woof. actually do the press conference first because that okay. would be quicker, right? Okay. So on the twenty eighth, last day of the month, Jay Inslee, usually, almost always on Thursdays, right? Almost always on a Thursday, mm-hmm. he does. It's weird. It's very weird. He does these press conferences. Much so, like his three-day weekends. So we got a press conference. James Lee is the governor of Washington State. For anybody who's not here, sleeper comedy called Blow the Man Down is well worth watching. Excellent. Googling now. Excellent. Thank you very much, Lenny. We are out here. Um, okay, so James Lee, governor of Washington State. You guys know how we feel about James Lee. He's a bad human being. Yeah, we're not his biggest fan. So he had, we talked about the last time we were here that our... Mass mandate was going to end on the 21st of March. Jay Inslee had another press conference to say that we were going to move, roll it back to the 12th. So on the 12th will be the day that we get our rights back. What, what is it? We get some of our rights back. Yeah, some of our rights back. It's a week um, early. week early. Yes. Which we're all super jazzed about, but I'm so glad the science is going to change. The science has told us now that now. it will be okay on the 12th, even though last week, two weeks ago, the science told us that it needed to be the 21st. But I feel like... like it's almost like it's almost comic. The people on the left are like, "Oh, these conservatives are oh, the science changes." But that's what you're saying. Like that's a dumb thing for you to say. And it's not that the essence of what you're saying is not true, that our understanding of what is accurate scientifically does change over time, mm-hmm. but for you to be saying you need to follow the science just this narrative of the science. Like it's yep. like it's like the big lie, you know? Yep. It's a You ridiculous... coined this, okay? Yeah. You coined the ridiculous concept of the science. And now you're really upset now because nobody's deciding that it's important because we all understand how ridiculous it was from the concept. Yeah. The, not that I'm passionate about The narrative about this idea at all. of the science is it's not stupid. It's not good. It doesn't help anybody. Stupid. So this is a quote from Jay Inslee. Um, We're going to move forward as a state. Working as counties has not helped us. And if we remember, right, in the beginning, we were working as counties and then – we were working as sectors that were like districts of how the healthcare systems were organized. And then we no. were in districts for a mm-hmm. very short period of time. Yeah, we hunger games yeah, for a minute. We, it was, we were on the, the edge of having to volunteer as tribute. Like yes. we were right there. It was close. So the districts happened and then we went back to counties and now we need to move as a state. Yes. So again, with no explanation, it's just, oh, we've been looking at it the wrong way this whole time, even though. It, that was the right way at the time. There's no explanation of why it isn't the right way anymore. Just this is how we need to do it, right? <laughs> Again, I don't so disagree with what you're saying, but the complete inability or unwillingness to explain 
anything that you're doing just because why well, just know you mm -hmm. know i know better the science is telling me and i'm the one that is dictating the science to you so trust me does not give anybody any reason to trust you mm -hmm. it gives them a complete a complete opposite of that i have every reason to not trust you because you look like you're fucking lying and you're just changing whatever you want to say with whatever is most convenient yeah because what know? was it uh what essentially was to blame for the change in the policy at this point um i i believe there was reference to um they're going count. off of hospitalizations per thousand yes. that's what their number was and their model was saying by the 21st that's when we were going to be at five mm -hmm. Some modeling and projections yes and something in between and then when they asked right mm -hmm. because someone asked specifically i tested positive for covid february 23rd and february 28th that's negative only had mild symptoms we are here damn. i'm happy to hear it, lenny because yeah. the first time we heard from you we we're very concerned we we're very concerned that might happen to you, you have a lot of complications i'm very happy to hear lenny indeed that you are just fine Lenny. And by having that too, like you've got the top tier at good. this point, man. Good to go. You're, Plus, you're you said you're vaccinated, so that's literally mm -hmm. all those things. You have the best protection you could possibly yeah. ask for at this point in time from coronavirus. A fully loaded magazine of antibiotic. <laughs> I, yeah, that was a that was a stretch, bro. Out here, <laughs> out here though. No, out here. So, Lenny gets me excited. That's yeah. all I'm saying. Um, Let's see. And then he said, "We this is another quote. We are empowering families and individuals mm -hmm. to make the right decision instead of mandates. Make the right, right decision. We're bro. empowering you to make the right decision, even though, again, not even two weeks ago, we couldn't empower you. Sorry, three weeks ago, because we did an episode two weeks ago. We couldn't empower you to make the right decision. We needed to tell you what was done. Only now that you've almost definitely had coronavirus, like many people have, only now that, what, 70% of people are vaccinated, only now that all these things have happened that have worked in our favor and have done what we have asked to do now we can trust you to make the right decision from yourself when this first happened and we didn't know what's happening and you didn't know what was happening we couldn't trust you to make the right decision for yourself because you just you couldn't figure it out and couldn't same figure it reason, out same reason that pfizer needs to withhold some of their data or what was it the fda withheld some of the data because they were afraid people it, it will cause misunderstanding people won't understand yeah the data that's being presented so we left out this portion of the data because we don't want anybody to misunderstand what we're saying we're not even going to give you the information because you might, you just, you won't even get it. Mm -hmm. So just trust us when we tell you that this is what's happening. Bro, all you got to do is just listen. They tell you what to do. All you got to do is listen. I don't see what's so hard you about that. Try out. Yeah, yeah, you don't even have to yeah. figure. I can't even remember no, how no. bad that was. Um, he did ensure that he made sure that we are we're going to continue to protect the right to do so regarding wearing a mask. Right, we need to continue yes. to pr to protect the right. God forbid an employer demand that they're. For whatever reason, because again, like I said last time, I cannot imagine a world in which an employer tells their employee, you are not allowed to wear a mask when you are here. Mm -hmm. That seems crazy. I can't imagine yeah. a reason why an employer would say that. OSHA would be up your ass like if nobody's business, bro. L and I would be yourself. up your ass. You what can't are you do that. About? Exactly. Yes. That's, so it's an insane fantasy that is it's used it's a straw man. There you go. It's a straw man argument. Doesn't actually exist. Straw man argument to justify mm. Unless of the, course you're Ron DeSantis because you know it's to justify the retention of the emergency powers. Yeah. And he, he doubled down on that again, that that's, we need to, he has to keep his emergency powers because we need to make sure that we have access to federal funds, even though we're running a state surplus. The last time I checked, we, we were flush with cash. We had an, oh, we had money yeah. in the overflow fund to spend on shit. We were giving right? people millions of dollars for getting a jet. So, but we still we still need to maintain federal fund access, right? Mm -hmm. We need to maintain the ability to protect people's rights to wear a mask, and then I have a clip. 
Oh, let's hear it. I have a clip. Let's see the clip. I'm yeah, because this is the one I was thinking of at the time. But no, it was about his emergency powers talk. Yep. So let's see. Magic button. They don't believe the the numbers that you're, you're using are really up to date. They believe that the uh, the metrics are already in place. That there's enough room now to uh, reopen and and have everything happen today. And they don't believe you need to continue the emergency powers. Uh, why not end that? emergency today let them join you in all these decisions and if you need a another emergency just call it well i don't know what you're referring to uh keith so if they want to sit down with me and look at the numbers i'm hopeful i'm very uh, willing to talk with them they're open they're available the numbers are the numbers there's no question about this they just want to they've always wanted to follow donald trump that's the central problem here who first said this was going to be over by easter then he told us you can take horse deworming products and has always diminished our ability and who refused to help the state of Washington when I asked him to help. And the Republicans in this state have followed him and continued to follow him and continued or refused to stand up to his coup attempt. So, you know, with all due respect, I will be happy to talk to them about the numbers. But we need this emergency order for the three reasons that I just articulated. We need it to protect hospitals so that people don't get sick from this still deadly disease by requiring masks in hospitals. We need it to protect employees, and apparently the Republicans don't care about employees who want to wear their masks. I do, because a lot of people in this state are still going to want to protect themselves by wearing a mask. It's true. It's, <laughs> that's, oh that is God. true. There are, I can guarantee there will be a shitload of people, a metric buttload, Yep. of people still wearing masks after <laughs> yeah after the mandate ends on the 11th the evening of the 11th i guarantee there will still yeah. be and that's that's totally cool as i don't care right you should keep sporting them i don't care as long as i don't have to yes then i'm good right but yeah there, that was our was state republic donald trump and um what was the other reason he gave it was like donald trump uh covid still killing people we need it because i need the funds this this is this is our fearless leadership of Washington yes. State here. He also said at one point, um, let's see if I can bitter and angry too, I might yeah. add. Um oh, we've ended ninety-five percent of the controversial of the controversial orders, right? And so it's clear the Republicans are not for workers, but he is. He said that in a clip there. Mm -hmm. but yeah, this this is the quote. We have ended 95% of the controversial orders. So it's fine. We don't because all the things you're complaining about, this is what he's saying. All the things you're complaining about, they're not even affecting your life anymore. So yeah. if we keep the emergency powers, what does it really affect you? Because 95% of the things are already done with. So even if they stay around forever, what does it matter? The legislature still, is still working because I can request that they come back at any time because I have the emergency power. So if we really need something, I can demand that they come back and do it. Isn't it better if I can control when and the legislature does and does not work? Isn't that better? Because I can demand that they do it, right? Yeah. All these controversial things. Sounds monarchical. They don't even, it's not even there. It's better because I can access the emergency fund. So we should just keep it. Yeah. Why do we need to end it? Right? Why? If all these things are over, why do we need to end it? Mm -hmm. Because you're a fucking fascist. And this is a democracy. It's a, dem it's a dem democratic republic. This is not a monarchy. You do not rule the entire state as the executive. He has ineffective control of the legislature right now. And no one cares. Yep.
because the other 95% is done, right? Let's, we don't need to talk about all these things that I can control the legislature. We only need to talk about that I can make sure that you can still wear a mask because your evil, horrible, corporatist, overlord boss would strip your right to wear a mask from you because they don't care about you because they're a Republican. They're a conservative. They care about Donald Trump and they want to go with Donald Trump. I'm going to protect you. I'm going to do it. I'm going to make sure that I can keep these powers so I can protect you. That's what he's saying to you. That is what he's saying to you. He like how do you, how do you, how is the entire state not up in arms after a speech like that? Because they feel protected and they're just going oh, so safe now. You watch the fucking Twitter feed, dude, and it's so sycophantic. It's it's we love you, Jay Inslee. Thank you for saving us and protecting us from the evil, the but evil Republicans comments, and blah the live blah comments blah. Are when they're enabled, the complete opposite. They're the when they're enabled opposite. Yep. Yeah, Fuck I've noticed you, that too. No. Yes. It's bad, man. It's real bad. And that's the kind of leadership that leads us to uh, our our current state of Second Amendment affairs in this There's state. one more thing I want to hit on, James, okay. and then we can move on to that because there's a quote that he, so have, that he has here. <laughs> yeah. That I, it was because I started for a second. I, like, really agreed with him. For, like, a half a second, Whoa. I was like, oh, my God. I'm Life shattering. Yes. Yeah, so one of the things that he did. In this press conference, said he was ordering all state agencies to identify and terminate any Russian business ties that they had. Right? Oh, word, I was like, word, word. okay, I'm here for that. If you want to make sure that our state, because that's right up the tilt of of the far left, right? It's like yeah. we're not going to do this, and if that's what you want to do, I'm here for it. Because at this point, fuck Russia. They are actively infringing on the liberty of the Ukrainian people. They're trying to. They're actively infringing on the sovereignty of the Ukrainian people. I'm here for it. If you want to make sure the tax dollars aren't going to support the Russians, I'm here for it, right? So he says that, and then immediately says, and I'm emotional about this because, this is a quote, oh God. because our democracy was attacked on January 6th and <laughs> continues to be attacked by those who partake in the big lie. We are fighting for it in Washington. We're fighting for democracy. That's why, right? I, I remember that's why this. why it's so now. emotional yep. because we are also fighting for democracy here. Yeah. On January 6th. January 6th is the same thing as what's happening in the Ukraine. Yeah. Right now, those 500 Russian soldiers that are dead, the thousands of Ukrainian civilians that are dead, murdered by Russian military, that's the same thing as January 6th. Yeah. It's the same thing. He, Governor Inslee, is basically the equivalent of Vladimir Zelensky. I mean, and he wants oh, yeah. to make sure that we know that. I mean, he is he, he's basically a wartime, you know, governor at this point. And we, we you know we should respect him as as much as we should. <laughs> is Jay Inslee up for re-election this year? Um, let's, not no, not this, this year. year. I'm no. going to his Wikipedia right now. He to did see. just survive a recall, unfortunately. Yeah, yeah. Because people have been trying to recall him for a while. Been but. in office since 2013. Mm -hmm. um, let's see. I'm just trying Governor's to see the last well. time that he was elected. Governors can hang out for a minute. Well, because the Lauren Culp election was a recall election, correct? That was he not was the general. In, he was elected in 2020. Oh, so it was. The election in 2020 was, was yeah, okay. was a vote. There That's was a was push for a against... recall that didn't make it. Yeah. Um, yeah. And Recalls so. Never make it, man. Inslee became the first Washington governor elected to a third term since Dan Evans was reelected in 1972. And so that means that he's in for the next, uh, what's 22 for, so two more years. And Jay Inslee will. Well, I was going to say, and then he'll be out, but he'll be up for re-election. So, um, yeah, because governors, I don't think have that. I don't that think pesky so. kind of term limit problem. I, I don't, don't think, think so. Because yeah, didn't like uh, Bloomberg do like four in New York or something, something like that? I don't know. Them governors get weird. 
And I bet you every state constitution spells out pretty clearly. I would sure hope. <laughs> Otherwise, what are we doing here? So, yeah, good times. Um, yeah, so that was the last point that I had as far as the press conference goes, that just just remember, whatever's happening in the Ukraine, whatever it is, because it's, it's the same thing as January 6th. It's the it's same thing. The same thing that happened on January 6th. Another, our democracy is being Just another attacked. coup attempt. Yep. On our democracy. Coup attempt. Yes, a coup attempt. It's too much. Where no members of the military are involved, no. where there's, uh, you know, the only person who's killed is, I don't know, a civilian. Oh, um, yeah. Yeah, know, yeah, yeah. Interesting. Very... Very interesting. Soft-ass motherfucker. Uh, yeah. So next we have a 2A update for the state. Um, Yay! We've talked a lot about this over the last few weeks. Um, and last night, the worst Friday, was the closing of the legislative session for Washington State. And we have the magazine ban that was passed last night and also the ghost gun bill that was passed last night. Um, do you – can you tell me – Yes. <laughs> the, the when I read the bill for the magazine ban, it was mm -hmm. ten. Even this yes. morning on the radio, they said it was fifteen. Was that did, did she misspeak? Is that what it is? Because I, I feel believe like even, she misspoke. I feel like even the article I have, yeah, I have it here. I mean, I have the actual engrossed Senate bill, and it's from ten, it, right? And it was ten when I read it this morning. Yeah, and this says ten also. Yeah, engrossed Senate bill. Oh, I got it right here. Da -da -da. It was ten rounds. It's towards the top. Yeah, no, I know it's 10 rounds. We're going to go ahead and say that, and then if I need to add a correction to it, we will, but I'm, yeah. I'm so fairly confident it's 10. It was introduced as 17, as we went over the last time, and then yeah. after it was brought onto the floor, it was amended down to 10, which is obviously an attempt to mislead people, um, because even when we talked about it, I was like, oh, well, at least it's 17. Not like at least it's 17, but... They're doing this because people said 17. All the times that people complained about 10, they said 17 is a standard number of rounds. It's very common number of rounds in a, in a 9mm handgun, a full-size 9mm handgun to 17. So introduced to 17, amended to 10, passed through the House and then through the Senate, and now is on his way to Jay Inslee's desk, where he will definitely sign it into law. All right, here we go. So I know. Uh, quote, large capacity yes. magazines means an ammunition feeding device with the capacity to accept more than 10 rounds of ammunition more than 10 or any conversion kit part or combination of parts which or from which such a device can be assembled if this part or possession or under the control of the same person so yeah 10 rounds there it is right there this wow this is the magazine you can't have that for the handgun that i carry every single day this is the magazine that came with my firearm this is the magazine that will continue to be in my firearm this is the magazine that my firearm was made Damn. to accept i got a 10 i got a 10 round in yeah no i only have one 10 round i think the rest of them are larger shisha so um so that's the fun title of my last piece that we wrote for the newsletter which again mm. on the patreon if you want to go there become a patron help us make more better content um i think you're still in the search yeah i got like uh, i just got tap into obs otherwise it doesn't like it when um, i switch cameras <laughs> yeah so the title of my last piece for again on the patreon go there subscribe help us make more better content is if you do not try i will not comply i did everything that i could as an individual i know that fifteen thousand other people in this state did everything they could to try and get the legislature to understand what they were doing because i feel very very confident that the people who just passed this law don't know what they're doing mm -hmm. they don't know what they're talking about they have minimal if any understanding of firearms the way that they work Probably the Second Amendment as a whole. Um, 
I will not comply with this. This is absolute Chris. I don't. There's a grandfather clause. There's all the things. I, I don't care. I don't care. If I go somewhere, if I have the opportunity to buy a magazine with more than 10 rounds in it, I will buy it. Mm-hmm. I will sell them to other people. I will give them to other people. I don't care. I, I am I am telling the state now. I am doing this. I For the rest the of the time that I exists. live in this state and this is a law, I will break this law. I will not comply with this. I will not comply. It's an unconstitutional law. I'm not doing this. Mm-hmm. The next one is obviously the ghost gun bill that passed. Um, I, have, I have a piece here. This is from... The Alliance for Gun Responsibility, they put out, I'm going to go ahead and send this to you. Yep, they put out a statement last night because they're just so jazzed. Um, jazzed. Pulling up Signal. <laughs> Updates available. I love the updates. So much Signal all the time. Yeah, I'm just going to send it to you in our regular one because our group conversation didn't switch over to here. Yeet. But um, Yeah, so this is from... The Alliance for Gun Responsibility, they're just so jazzed that we've done this. I'll read part of this statement here. Olympia, Washington. Today, the Washington State Senate approved two vital gun responsibility bills, HB 1705 to prohibit ghost guns and HB 1630 to restrict firearms at public meetings and elected related election-related locations, right? And the second one I want to touch on just for a second, because this has to do with prohibits open carry at local government meetings and restricts firearms at school board meetings and election-related offices and facilities. The issue that I have with this, I'm sure a lot of people may not understand, is a little bit of a deeper kind of gun guy view, right? This directly falls in line with the idea that guns are scary and guns are bad. Mm -hmm. Because if you see a gun, that person wants to hurt you. This is called in here uh, an intimidation bill, right? That's exactly what it's called. It's to help in this particular statement. It says somewhere about intimidation. Um, Gun violence, gun violence is preventable. This bill will make our elected officials, all residents who want to make their voices heard at public meetings safer. No one should have to experience the threat of gun violence to participate in civil life. Um, sharing your voice and your opinions, not your gun, is what makes your democracy go round. So this, again, falls directly in line with guns are scary. Guns are bad. If someone has a gun around you, they want to hurt you probably. It's not because they want to protect you. It's not because they want to protect yourself. It's because they want to intimidate you into doing what they want. Now, isn't it interesting that we can get language like that in a constant – we have a constitutional open carry state. How is that – I mean, what what are we talking about now? I mean, you're you're in a state where you're allowed to con- you're constitutionally, it is uh, uh, I don't want to say allowed, but for lack of a better term at the moment, say it's constitutionally allowed to carry a gun with you in an open forum anywhere in the state. It yeah. is constitutional. It is your constitutional right as a citizen of Washington State to do that. Not anymore. But it's also intimidation now. Yep. I don't. I don't quite. Oh, here's here's it is. Uh, in 2021, it's the final paragraph. The legislature took action to reject armed intimidation by prohibiting open carry at the Capitol protest mm-hmm. and demonstrations. Yeah, HB 1630 that. extends yeah. this safeguard by prohibiting open carry at public local government meetings and prohibiting the known the knowing carry and possession of firearms at school board meetings and election related offices. So it's not even open carry. You can't even have a gun at the school mm-hmm. board meeting in general. Which you is... can't conceal carry here. You can't do any of that shit here. Fuck you. Fuck no. you. I was say, how does that not completely and utterly go against? These are government institutions telling you you cannot use, you cannot exercise your Second Amendment right. I mean, that's what it, that is in direct violation. Am I, am I totally missing the base here? I don't yeah. understand how the government can say no, you cannot familiar. have a weapon on you if you come to our property. It, that's, it's kind of, it feels like, 
unless I'm missing something. That's like the entire, you've just completely usurped the Second Amendment altogether. You're the only people allowed not to tell us that. Yes. I don't. Okay. So this is just fun. We're just living in, the Constitution's just a piece of paper. I forgot. The next one is 1705. I mean, I have the actual language from, excuse me, the ghost guns. Yep, this is the ghost gun bill. And this is from actually my article because this is from the bill itself. Excuse me. That I pulled. Uh, 1705 is to prohibit any person from the manufacturer causing the manufacturer or causing the assembly of an untraceable firearm, right? So that means that's from. There's a lot of causal language there that I'm yes. highly uncomfortable yep, with. Yeah, that's from. The bill itself, and this is from this article from the Alliance for Gun Responsibility, 1705, sponsored by Rep. Liz Berry, D36, uh, restricts the manufacture, assembly, sale, transfer, purchase, possession, transport, and receipt of ghost guns, untraceable, unserialized firearms, and unfinished receivers. It was approved 26 to 23. Um, Contraband. Yep. So, and then later down it says, ghost guns are unserialized and untraceable firearms that anyone, including prohibited purchasers, children, domestic abusers, and gun traffickers can buy online at gun shows or from local dealers. They're That's often, a lie. They're often sold through kits, including all the parts, equipment, and instructions necessary to build these weapons at home. Ghost guns are not serialized, making it difficult for law enforcement to trace their origin and easy for gun traffickers to divert them into the criminal market. Again, I'm telling you. Gun traffickers are not selling ghost guns. No. They're, that's not. That's not how any of that works. No. Um, so <laughs> it's, I mean, there are many things that you can do and I'm going to tell everyone now there are jigs that you can go and buy online to finish your own receivers. Um, so I, jig being like a template, you can run some tools you around use, and, all and buy a router. You can do these things. I'm not going to go into too deep of detail, but I'm again, and I will not comply with this. The I'm not. I just, I just picked up a 3d printer. You you cannot stop the signal. You cannot I, stop the signal. I'm. I will not comply. I, mm -hmm. I'm not doing this. I am not doing this. We are seeing right now on the other side of the globe in multiple nations why civilians should have firearms that the government doesn't fucking know about. Yep. You shouldn't know about everything that I have. You should not know. That cuts directly against the Second Amendment. You should not know. It is none of your goddamn business. You should not know. It doesn't matter. You cannot stop the signal. I will not comply. I'm not doing this. I will not do this. I will print and I will cut out whatever the fuck I want. I am not doing this. Amen. No, it's a whole, it's a whole hashtag. If you want to go follow, it. you cannot stop the signal. You cannot, cannot stop, stop, stop the, the signal. signal. Hashtag no. cannot stop the signal. Nope. Hashtag can't stop the signal. Can't stop the signal. Not doing it. Yeah. You you cannot defeat this. If if gun traffickers continue to traffic guns, why do you think that this will work? Wasn't there just a giant? record bust of like well, of a cartel two, with two a years. bunch of american guns that we sold them back there in fast and the furious again i'm not doing this yeah. i i will not comply with this i will continue to print and cut out whatever i want i'm not doing this this is completely unconstitutional this is a direct cut against your rights this is a direct attempt by the washington legislature to disarm you while Speaking in favor and in support of Ukrainian militias. Yeah, weird, they're right? actively doing the same thing while trying to disarm you. They're taking the same weapons from you, lesser mm. weapons from you, than the, than the Ukrainians are using to defend themselves right now. Yeah. To defend their own country right now. Now, mind you, logical fallacy here, easy to spot. But 
if someone was to take the if they were tried to argue well the government's handing out guns to the civilians now so that they can defend themselves why don't we just do that what's wrong with that scenario donovan uh, I don't know. I would rather <laughs> lay up, dunk. Yeah. Would you <laughs> Would you rather have to learn how to use a gun in five seconds, or take as long as you want? And actually, I don't know what the fuck you're doing. Yeah. Right? You know how long it takes to be good at shooting. I'm fucking terrible at shooting now. No, I've been not. shooting for three years now. Right? No, he's it's not. It's he's not easy good. to be good at shooting. No. It doesn't happen in five seconds. So uh, that seems ludicrous. Right? How also, about the fact that like. What makes you think your government's going to be the one giving you guns? Why why isn't it your government yes. overthrowing you and throwing you into camps, not someone else's? Well, and it's my understanding that I've just, I've heard that before. No, the last certainly. couple of days, and I'm like, you guys. No, and it's it's my understanding that Ukraine gave up the nuclear arms that they had for yeah. agreements of protection from Russia and the United States. What the fuck are we doing now? We're talking actively about nuclear warfare for a war that's happening in Ukraine. Hmm. So hmm. it seems like there are a lot of very obvious examples of why you shouldn't disarm yourself and why the government doesn't have the ability to take your guns from you right mm -hmm. people are being locked up and we've gone over this so many times there are there are literally quarantine camps in australia right now those people don't have firearms mm -hmm. they don't have them you're not allowed mm -hmm. to have them right it's yeah. it's against the law there's all this talk we'll get into later kevlar vest and like all this bullshit deer and kevlar vest and all this stuff oh my god i love that one the second amendment the second amendment is not not for hunting. It has nothing right? to do with hunting. It's, it's not. It's not for animals. It's nope. not for. I'm gonna. I mean, it could be used for, uh, like, when you live in an area where there are wild animals. It it could be utilized to defend yourself from the elements and from nature. But that that's almost like a happy side effect of being armed. It's it's not the sole intent. It's not why it's in the governing f documents no. of the nation. That's no. that's it's a that's it's there ensconced in government documents so that it can be used in and around the situations regarding government and your safety. The Second Amendment is for tyrants, not for animals. Ooh. Okay. Ooh, I like that. And um, that's actually, I'm going to go ahead and send you... Where did you find that this... little piece of uh, glory? Yep. That's from this video that I saw. Let's see. Share to... Yep, yep. Oh, um, I never would have shared a messenger. I'm going to so, message it to you so on scary. Instagram. Oh, Jesus Instagram. Except oh, it's an Insta to, message. Yeah. Except when it tries to make me do it, share to direct. Yeah, it's it's not easy just to share stuff. No, man, especially Instagram. Which, um, while you're doing that, just to let everybody know, the uh, Lex Friedman podcast had uh, an episode with the Mark Zuckerberg man. Zuck and as a like compared to his normal videos he usually gets around within like the first week 250 to 500k views this he did the other day at 2.2 million already Ooh, obviously Jesus. a big deal but i can't wait to check that out Worst. fucking meta father himself so i sent you just a short just a short video on the insta yep okay let me check this out real quick cha -cha, cha -cha. what did i do with instagram yep and it pertains to joe biden but this is where i got this from and this is so bad um it's on your personal one. Oh. Well, in that case. Oh, I can send it to I can do this. Poor four. I don't even know no. what my login is, to no, be perfectly honest. I keep it on my phone because my phone remembers my login. But when I get a new phone, I'm going to be really screwed. Yeah. Because I don't yeah. know what my login is. There you go. Yeah, there it is. Okay, let's see here. Shifty, shifty. Grab. Oh, it's got to load. Fucking meta. It's the latest and greatest. 
jumping over. Okay, what are we seeing here? Is there sound? There is. We got sound. I think the deer are wearing Kevlar vests? with high capacity magazines a little bit 100 rounds you think the deer are wearing okay, Kevlar vests Leonardo DiCaprio there for a minute that's just classic yeah I'm telling you the left can't meme the ma the left can't create good good you know I don't know if you'd call that a meme video that's a meme right yeah, just, yeah. left can't meme dude the right's got that shit in spades yeah. that's a legit video um I live in Massachusetts, and getting a gun permit is like going through the act, yeah, like getting through an act of Congress. Amen, dude. That's it, not okay, Lenny. And it shouldn't be that way, especially in one of one of the, the original, OGs. Yeah, in one of the original colonies, you shouldn't. It shouldn't be this way. Shays Rebellion in Mass. I can't remember. Don't put that on me. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> don't, don't you're you're like my uh, you're like my go-to for U.S. Yeah, history. No, sometimes don't put that on me. Word. All right, um, I'm gonna Google that. <laughs> it, it shouldn't be that way. This is should a, not be. This is a direct infringement on the Second Amendment. We have every reason to believe that the government will not protect you if we find ourselves in a situation like they are in Ukraine right now. Mm -hmm. You should not trust the government to protect you. They do not have the capability to protect everybody in the United States. They do not have the capability. They don't have the power. They don't have the infrastructure. They don't have the logistical understanding. They don't have the ability to protect the entirety of the United States from some from itself. Yeah. They don't do that. have the power to protect you, especially if they are the ones trying to kill you. This is not right. This is unconstitutional. We talked about the magazine ban. There were 15,000 people compared to the just over 1,000 that did not want this. They voiced their opposition to these bills and they passed them anyway. They do not care about you. They don't give a fuck about you. They don't care about your rights. They don't care about your safety. They don't care about your protection. They don't care. They do not care. You should not trust them. You have no reason to trust them. You need to trust yourself, and that's why you need this. That's why everyone needs this, because you can trust yourself. I'm very upset about this, obviously. I'm very upset about this. Um, I said, I, I will not comply with this. Mm -hmm. You cannot stop the signal. I will continue to print and cut out whatever I want. I, will I mean, this is the most egregious overreach in, in yeah. 2A that I've experienced personally as in our lifetimes. Yeah. I mean, it, it's this is a pretty big one. It's it's highly upsetting. So I think on that lovely note, if you would like to uh, maybe wrap up this segment. Yeah, I, I believe know, that, that, that is the last else? thing. No, I believe that's all that I have okay. here. We have, let me ask you this, pop culture, 2A update. Can confirm, by the way, pressure. Shay's Rebellion. Uprise, an armed uprising in western Massachusetts. There you go. There you go. Damn, I feel proud so, of myself. What we're going to do again, we talked about this. The stream is not going to end. We're nope. going to go to a quick break stream. We'll be back in three minutes with some beers and empty bladders. Indeed. And I'm doing the pee-pee dance, we'll baby. We'll be back for our next segment. It's going to be segment number two. We're going to talk about the State of the Union. Amen. So tune in, and we will be back in three minutes, everybody, while you're away, while we're away, I want to again remind you to like, comment, subscribe to the YouTube. Go over, if you are not, if you don't follow us on Instagram, go to the Instagram at Salt of the Streets. Facebook, fuck Facebook, Salt of the Streets. Salt of the Streets.com for all the information, including our personals right there. Alpaca underscore Don on Instagram. 
Salto Street on Twitter, Big Barafi on both of those things. Subscribe, like, follow, share it. Tell your friends. We'll be back in three minutes, everybody. And we are back. Look at that. That's called seamless transition. We were waiting to see if we were going to with the mics and everything. And we're good to go. Okay. So um, thank you, everyone, for joining us. Obviously, I want to remind you again like, subscribe, share this with everyone. We got to remember this is going to, for some people, this is going to be brand new. Yes, this, this is, is we're gonna start it off. Give me segment <laughs> number two, stage two, form two. We're going to figure out what we're doing here, exactly Indeed. what we're going to call it. Um, thank you very much. Hey, thanks, Lenny. Thank you very much, Lenny. Um, yeah, so again, like, subscribe, share us with everyone. Um, Do we drop out on the YouTubes? What happened? No, no, it's, it's still rolling. Okay, scared the piss out of me for a second. Yeah, we're right. still here. Excellent here. condition. Okay. Um, <laughs> not going to say it for a third time. We have our Instagram.com slash Salt of the Streets, YouTube, where you're watching us now, .com slash Salt of the Streets, Patreon.com slash Salt of the Streets. If you want to help us make more, better content, please go there, become a patron. You can find all this on saltofthestreets.com. If you want to go and watch some gaming, go to Lexi Kayo on Twitch. Swell Blended for a haircut if you're in the local area. Uh, location Skate Shop if you need a skateboard. And, of course, leggings and ap- aprons on Instagram if you want some cakes. Get them um, while you can. Yeah, get them while you can exactly on the next few weeks. Yeah, somebody's wicked pregnant. Excuse me, we had... The review preview that dropped on Monday for our February and March books. We have the beer show that drops every Friday. We have the clips that come out every day. And, of course, we have the newsletter that comes out on the last day of the month. It is never too late to get that on the Patreon. That's for the $5 tier. All costs, $5. You get all the things plus the articles from me, from Colin. It's fantastic. $5. So $5 foot long. Oh, my God. It's an article that's a foot long. So that's that's how we're doing that. Okay. Happy two of four. What's um, up? Yeah, two of four. Um, <laughs> so let's see. I live tweeted the vast majority of this. Um, oh, the town hall? Or not the town hall. State of the Union. Yeah. So yeah. this segment, of course, about the State of the Union. Uh, the first thing I want to say, the man himself performed better than I expected, um, regardless of what Crowder said, because Crowder talked a little, like I felt more shit than was necessary um, or even does. called for but yeah. that is what steven crowder does so you know that's why i didn't listen to his stream this this time i did just because you know i gotta i you gotta, gotta see what, and he also didn't yeah. put on an episode the next day so which i gotta tell well, you man <laughs> i gotta tell you we're, i'm just trying Let's let me get it. my fucking notes up real quick show map there it is um i gotta tell you bro i am so fucking sick and tired i i had a conversation with Fuck, I don't remember. I, mean, I might have been talking to you about it earlier today. Shit, I don't even remember. We produce a show with two people, essentially. You know, you're the crowder in our situation, and I'm kind of a uh, a mix between what used to be Quarter Black and Gerald, right? That's the way I kind of see it. You drive the show along, and I produce and then add fun stuff. Yeah. Um, but he has, like, in the room with him while they're doing the show, there's, like, five or six people there. Yes. There's three people at yes. least just running the production side of it, which is sound clips, changing, you know, cameras, and then inserting little video clips and shit like that. And and then they do pictures of, like, their intern room or whatever. They have right. tons of employees out there. I'm like, how many people does it take to make this show, which – I'm not going to say it does not. It has a high production value. Yeah. The cameras are good. The lighting's great. Like all the sound is good. All this stuff. You don't need that many, dude, to do this. And then on top of that, you have all those people and you only put out four shows a week. I get it. 
I get it, man. But if you are going to burn the midnight oil and do a single live stream where you sit there, you get drunk, and you talk shit, which I don't think they drink that much on the show. I don't remember. They did drink that time. But, um, but beers, but, I think they were drinking. Why are you not getting up and going to fucking work the next day? Yeah. I did. I stayed up, and I got hammered with Lauren, with Lauren Southern on IRL. Okay, yeah, that was, I watched that one, too. I got shithoused on Wednesday by accident. <laughs> it was great. But it just bothers me that he cannot. He cannot put out four shows a week if he has a single minor hiccup. And it's like, no. Health stuff I get. And that's why he's got Dave Landau. But, I mean, come on, dude. It's poor form. Tim Cass is right up there ne the next day with Majin Nuaz. Yes. Powerful show. But I had a really good time watching the IRL cast when I did that. And then I had to go back and watch the non-commentated version. But it was pretty good, though. I will say for watching uh, the Timcast's first ever live stream kind of shared. They had a bunch of people on there. I think there was – you had Ian. You had um, – Seamus. Seamus was there. Lauren Southern was there. You got – you The know, other Canadian guy. The other Canadian dude. I can't remember his name. And then Tim. And then Tim. And then, of course, Lydia nowadays has got more involved for some reason. And, um, so it's just – Some reason. There's too many people there to be doing that. I think if they had about half the people, they'd be – It'd actually be good. He has Crowder a hard talks time. too much. I think Tim Pool especially has a hard time reining everybody in, you know? Yeah, it does. You hear him like, guys, 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 like a lot, and they're just yeah. kind of continue to. Yeah, especially certain guests are like that when they're in certain moods. <laughs> I watch them religiously, so like I, yeah. I, could, I feel like I, I'm very intimately familiar with the characters on that show. More so than say. I, yes. Yeah, Which definitely is, the IRL yeah. side. Yeah, the IRL side. And then you're there for the Cast Castle business. Yeah. Um, but I, I, I usually watch those about like once a week and, and then I supercharge. Yeah. yeah. Cause they're really fun to just put on at the end of the night when you're smoking weed and just trying to vibe out. Cause the music's always got mm -hmm. this cool lo-fi stuff and they're like skateboarding or printing shit or something. You know, yeah. it's, they're talking now about that, like 14, 14 foot quarter pipe they're going to put on the side yeah. of the house. Bro. Always building something new out yeah, there too. Dude. Yeah. Very, very inspiration stuff. Yes. But that was my viewing experience for that. I took a few notes. I got a few talking points that might hit throughout yeah. this thing, so yeah. it'll be it'll we're be really gonna, good. We're just going to use my Twitter as a guide. There's be, certainly yeah. insert everything, but that's because I was live tweeting the vast majority of it. Most of the big points are in here. I have some other things that I wrote down that aren't here because mm -hmm. obviously I was talking. Dax was still awake, so we're doing everything. I was forcing him to watch the State of the Union. So, oh, yeah. um, and then we had to rewatch it basically all week through right. clips on right. fucking TV and podcasts. And um, shit. <laughs> so I won't say that it was full of lies, but it definitely had some lies, and it was filled with deception. Um, yes, that's for sure. Yeah, whether or not they I were, call it deception a lie. Yeah, whether or not they were straight out lies, I don't know. Yeah. There were a lot of half truths, a lot of leading comments, and things like that. Um, yeah, it was pretty rough. Yeah, so I live tweeted the vast majority of them, so we can use my tweets and replies as a guide because there's a couple of exchanges here that I want to go over. Yes. Um, one that really didn't make any sense. So, and then after I was thinking about, it, I thought about how fucking stupid that person was. So we're gonna talk shit about <laughs> this one because how stupid this fucking Ooh. point was. Um, Love that. So the first point that I wanted to make, right, was something that I just talked about in the last segment, was the leadership of this country being able to support foreign militias while trying to disarm their own public is, is never going to cease to amaze me. Because in, in this speech, right, he opens up by talking about Ukraine, all this stuff, right, I'm tweeting here, glory to Ukraine, like, he's talking about it. But then 10 minutes later, 
he's talking about we show the video deer and kevlar vests and, and all these things that's that's a, a misnomer that we just talked about that's not what the second Amendment is about he's no. actively trying to disarm american citizens while sending your tax dollars to the ukraine to why do we say the ukraine i don't know why well, i don't know where that came from i believe and i uh, this also i believe came from an irl somebody was talking about it, it might have been majid um but the idea of the the term Ukraine is like borderlands, and so when they would refer to the borderlands, like oh, the Ukraine, okay. but Ukraine is also a nation now with a people a and a culture and all this stuff, which is I'm, and I'm it's a relatively new nation, if I recall. Yeah, I yeah. Mean, former Soviet World Union II, state and all that. Yeah, I mean, right when the yeah when when Russia was getting chopped up, it, I'm not gonna pretend I I, don't I know. know, but um, but yeah, it's like a whole thing, and so it happens. John Podhorin's on the commentary magazine is terrible about it. He's always saying the Ukraine, the Ukraine, and he finally started to catch himself lately. But yeah, I don't know. It's I used to do it all the time. Yeah, it was oh yeah over there in the in the in the Ukraine. The Ukraine. All right. Well, we'll, like, ah. we'll, we'll do our best. So we'll get there. It's, um, it's one of those fun things. Though. So trying to disarm you while actively sending your tax dollars to Ukraine, millions of dollars too, to arm their militias. Mm-hmm. There we are actually doing that. So. It's never going to cease to amaze me. It's absolutely mm-hmm. incredible. Um, yeah, we'll get more into that in the next segment. Yeah, and the, next, the only thing that I have written down here is – oh, I have two things. <laughs> One's going to be really good. The bullshit argument of the deer and Kevlar vest is, is so tired and, and ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Um, I just can't stand it anymore. So it, we'll get to that last point yeah. later. So Let little, me give you my first two cents on, like, the overall yes. of, from my experience, was it? I, uh, I felt that it was a – it was about 10 to 15 minutes of the State of the Ukraine speech followed by 40-ish minutes of a campaign speech. Yes. That's the feeling I got from this thing. There was no no accomplishments listed. There was no nothing like that. Trump gets in there. He's like, we did this. We did this. And he's got a story for every point and blah, blah, blah. It's all showy and all this shit. This was not this. This was, hey – Ukraine's awesome. Power to Ukraine. Glory to Ukraine. We're going to we're going to help them out. We're shipping them weapons. We're doing all of the things we can for liberty and freedom. And then also here's all the things that I want to keep doing. Here's build back better 2.0. Yeah. Yeah. Which is also and I like the way uh, Tim Pool kind of coined it. He says it's a diet MAGA. Diet MAGA. Yes. And that's it's a thousand percent MAGA shit, dude. This is make America great again all over. Except it's just a little different and called different things. I mean, yeah. Make things at home. The to, when he dropped the border security line and all this, which we'll we'll get into down the line. This was this was diet MAGA, bro. This is what the new Biden campaign is. <laughs> yes. Um talk a lot about energy, obviously. Yep. Um, which we'll get into a little bit later when we talk in the kind of the third segment, we'll talk a little about American energy. I have some mm-hmm. really good articles and some some charts and shit like that. Um you talked a lot about inflation and how terrible the inflation was. Failed to mention at all the seven mm-hmm. trillion dollars that we added to the deficit. Somehow claimed that he took money off of the deficit. Yeah, I don't know how that could possibly be true. And it's not. Then it's said just... that he was going to take another billion dollars off the deficit in the next year. Yeah, by getting rid of tax cuts. Oh, I believe okay. that's what it was. You oh, get rid of yes. the Trump era tax cuts, which ballooned the deficit, and then so we're gonna we're gonna get rid of those. The rich are going to pay their fair share, which means your tax, the deficit's going to go down. Yes. We're going to pass this infrastructure bill, and it's not going to be infrastructure week anymore. It's going to be infrastructure decade. year. Decade. That's what it was. Infrastructure decade, right? And so I said, wait, wait, wait. I don't get infrastructure week anymore? Nope. Wait. All gone. Yeah. We've had um, we've had infrastructure week there for us since we started this podcast, bro. Yes. And now that it's 
It's gone. I'm going to miss it. It's gone. Talked about how many projects had been started, you know, or not even started, how many had been um, announced. We're going to do this project, this project, this project. I don't care about the announcements of projects. I care about the progress of projects. Mm. There is no progress yet. The money has not even been actually doled out from the infrastructure bill. There's still, all it is at this point is the senators and representatives who got effective dog years in that bill and are able to go to their districts and say this is what we're going to do here because i know that this money is coming right even though there aren't specific dog years they know where the money is going it's been appropriated to different infrastructure projects well yeah i don't care about that they got that done so now each one of them can go home and they have their campaign they have their their campaign for re-election right there we got this i got i fought for this in the infrastructure bill, it's it got passed. We fought for it, so elect me again. This is all, this is all designed to 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 push people towards winning in the midterms. Do you know a really good example that I know anybody who lives in Washington will be able to sympathize with this? A really good example of why I don't care about the projects being announced. I care about when they're finished because <laughs> there's a bridge that I still pay for and I pay increasing amounts of money for every fucking year. That was supposed to already have been paid for. But for oh, some yeah. reason, we need to pay more money every year mm-hmm. for mm, something. Other transportation projects. Isn't that interesting? So, because what happened with, see, in that particular case, was, see what happened was, uh, they lied to us again. And they just, ne- there was nothing in law that said they had to stop charging people for this bridge once it was paid for. So they just keep it going. And then it's, I mean, and it's the same deal. Yeah. And more because it's because like everything goes expensive. Hey, man, if inflation is cu- is rising, inflation also affects the, the government, right? They need to get their extra money, too. They need to protect their bottom dollar, and they need to make sure that that paint on that bridge can be redone in the next yeah. 20 years or whatever the fuck. I don't know how it works, <laughs> but they're just stealing money from us. They were in the campaign part of this, right, when he's going over Build Back, and they, re- they renamed it something else, right? It was like Build America Better. Is that what it was? It is Building a Better America. Building a Better America. And then he coughed, which was really weird, right after Continually. Saying, Building a Better <coughs> Into the microphone. Mind you, he's 100. Turn your head, bitch. I know. Turn your head. Who's the poor bastard that's got to clean that microphone at the end of the day? Yes. Is he going to be the, oh, is that how, is that how Saki got COVID? Biden coughed on the microphone and then got sacky COVID. Anyway. Also, isn't it hilarious how quickly the Democrats went from everyone needs an N95 so bad that we're going to ship them out to you to fuck it. We're going to kiss each other on the mouth on public television because coronavirus doesn't exist anymore. I we're going to touch I don't faces. Know Joe do Biden this. put his forehead on yeah. someone else's forehead. That was Does COVID creepy. not exist. No. Is that not still real? <laughs> It's, it's okay that you don't need a mask, but should you really be putting your fucking face on someone else's face? They should you are be not doing that? afraid of COVID. They don't care. They're not afraid of it, obviously. No. I mean, and, well, Rich, they shouldn't, especially he put now. put his face on someone else's face. That was one of the bingo cards on the Tim <laughs> yes, Cast. And it wasn't until afterwards, because he didn't do that until after the speech was done. But he came over and gave the old intimate forehead-to-forehead goofiness, man, which is... Can you imagine how bad you that dude smells? And on top of that, there was a vote yesterday, okay. right, to repeal – it was against Joe Biden's vaccine mandate, right? Not a single Democratic senator voted for it. No, of course not. Why not would what? they? You know, we do, what is going on? You know why? Because their base loves it, man. This, we got We got protests going on in the state protesting the upcoming mask mandate removal. 
I mean, these people are. I mean, it's it's cult worship, dude. This is this has been their religion for this long, and now that quote unquote the science says you could take off your mask, they don't. They're not ready. They're not okay to do this. How many articles did we see over the last year about people not being ready to to have the restrictions of COVID? removed and get back to normal life it's plus too scary plus you're prettier if you wear a mask you're prettier Word. you're more attractive the article says I, I have seen some really good uh <laughs> some memes coming out especially like the full lot of like uh anti-insley washington washingtonian pages you know and there's one that was like this gorgeous woman you know with the mask on like this just beautiful eyes all this stuff and takes it off and now there's a fucking mustache there <laughs> <laughs> guys awesome. what you got to look forward to after COVID. that's awesome it's and, you know, um, it's a thing. So in the campaign part of this, right, when yes. you're going over all the things they're going to do, the Build Back Better, which we've gone over before, um, I will – maybe I'll link to that. Let me write that down. Because it's important to, to remember that when we talk about the Build Back Better 2.0 stuff, it's literally the same shit that we've been rehashing all year long and that people have voted against yes. at this point. That just in, failed. Not in short number. Couldn't even get past – you couldn't even get the 51%. Right. All right, and so we're going to redo this again. And the weird thing is instead of – Biden made a comment about people going back to the office and not working from home. Yes, he did. He did. Yes, he did. Um, but companies aren't going to do that. No, there's a lot of people who prefer work from home. That's, yeah. Um, anyway, that's neither here nor there. What are we talking about? Build back better. What the fuck was I saying? Campaign speech. Campaign speech. Yeah, I was, gonna make, I was just going to make a point off of what you had said, though. About people not, they're in a cult. They don't want to take their masks off. Oh, too long um, ago. Damn. Um, that's hate okay. when it happens. So, I do. In this, oh, it failed, right? Yes. And yes. When Build Back Better failed, there was a lot of argument and discussion of, well, if we break this up into some smaller bills or individual bills, then we there's wiggle room. Like, you mm -hmm. can have in more discussion about them. Many people said that. So, instead of changing the approach, right, this is a... A uh, larger political perspective that we're looking at right now, right? In the effort to try and get this passed, if you're part of the Biden administration, why would you not announce these things as individual projects? As as was as where support was voiced for them already mm -hmm. as individual projects. The the child tax credit that we're going to talk about later. There is already a gang of people that said that they would vote for that if it. Mitt Romney proposed a different, <laughs> larger version of the child tax credit. It was bigger. Yep. There's already like there's already Republican support for that. You can get these things passed individually. I I I would I would put my name on it. I would yep. guarantee it. And at least one of these things you can get passed as an individual bill. Mm -hmm. The more you continue to try and pass these enormous fucking deficit shifting bills, what once would be a deficit shifting <laughs> yeah. bill, right? Trillion, two trillion dollar packages. People don't want that anymore. Hmm. We are paying four dollars a gallon in Washington State, California five dollars a gallon. People don't want, even if that's oh, it's energy, it's only beginning. one thing, blah blah blah. That's what people correlate their costs to. Mm -hmm. And if you're going to continue to increase inflation, even if you don't want to acknowledge that your deficit spending is doing that, there's no escaping that. Mm -hmm. That's the reality of the situation. If I'm talking to the audience right now, if anyone is saying that to you, they're lying to you. The deficit is directly impacting inflation, 100%. That's how that works. It's it's not the only thing. It is 100% impacting inflation. The impacting inflation. The increases you have seen in the grocery store, at the pump, everywhere, are at least part in due to the insane deficit spending that we just did over the last three years. Yep. We talked about it, or the last two years. We talked about it. There's, there's reason for it. There's justification for a lot of it. 
three trillion, eight trillion. It's too much. Yeah. It's, it was it was way too much. Yeah. So we said it at the time. You you cannot inflation. Too many dollars chasing too few goods. What happens when you pump trillions of dollars into yeah. the economy? Inflation is going to go up. We knew it was coming from the beginning. So and to me, I'm sorry. Go ahead. I say now that we know now that it's here. We need to recognize that, and we can't let these people sell us on this shit anymore. What's the answer? Right. What is the answer to inflation? Biden says, lower costs. Lower your costs. Lower costs, not wages, right? How do you lower costs? By subsidizing things with the government, by spending more government money, by putting more government overseas. dollars or going overseas. But and we're not going to do that. No, we're going to build at home anymore. anymore. Yes. So, so we're just going to we're going to print more money. We're going to spend more money, and inflation is going to continue to rise. Just on that specific aspect alone, just the the printing and this the the spending of deficit money, that alone is going to be detrimental to inflation. Not to factor in the rest of the problems that come with that that we've done to each other. We've done this to ourselves over the last you know two and a half three years. Right. But that and is definitely not going to make it better. It's only going to make it worse. And to me, um, because I believe, and I've said this a million times before, and I'll say it until the end. Because I believe that every government institution hates you and wants you to die, yep. right? To me, this refusal to shift strategy reads as they don't care. They don't really want to do this because no. they know it's not going to work. And they also know, as is evident in their shifting of strategy, I'm trying to untie my shoe right now. Everyone is why I'm looking like this. Um, <laughs> as is white evident shot there. by their shift of that looks even worse to in be the so to speech itself right mm -hmm. so so much more conservative so maga focused so america first right they know that a red wave is coming in the midterms they yeah. know that there's no doubt about that so if they know that they can't hope for more democratic support in the senate and they can't hope for more democrat support in the house they know there's going to be more more republicans there they're not shifting strategy because they don't care they don't actually want this to pass. They have to signal that they want it to pass yes. so that people will continue to support them and they won't try, I don't know, so that they can try and make an attempt to win the next run. I don't know what the hope could possibly be at this point because they're not going to be impeached. He's not going to get kicked out. None of that is going to happen. Oh but the complete refusal to shift strategy on getting mm -hmm. any of these bills passed and shoving them as omnibus tells me they do not care about no. you and they do not care about these things. That's exactly what I was going to say when you were talking about like, well, I don't, why don't they just, at this point, they know what's popular and what's not. So why don't they do the individual programs? They why don't, don't they want to. Bills? Because they can't. They don't want to no. because every institution hates you and wants you to die. Why would they actually want to try to help you by doing the small little things that they might be, they maybe should be doing to actually help people. They don't want to do that. They hate us and they want us to die. Yes. So what do they do? They put it, they, they maintain that it has to be done in a giant omnibus bill. And then they run the on time. that. And it's always, yeah, now, now is, is the always major the time. Shift. That's yes. what it is, is. Is now is the time for major shift and reform. And that's why now is the time. So these comments here, Lonesome Lenny says, tried to gas up yesterday in a line of cars, uh, and gas was three seventy nine a gallon. Today Woo! was four thirty. Here, Hot Lenny, dog. Chevron, Chevron is always the most expensive here, I think, across the board. Gas mm. was over four dollars a gallon here in Washington State. It was like four twenty nine, I think, at Chevron. Don't at, ask me about diesel. At Costco yesterday, it was three eighty six, and the cars, the line of cars, was into the actual parking lot of Costco. Um, so that's Man. for anybody who's not in this area. That's in our local Costco. That's like at least seven cars in each line for mm -hmm. it to get there zeke says 
That's true, but the sanctions on Russia and Russia's new relationship with Saudi Arabia is going to really bring down the herd on us. That is a million percent true. Also, gas in Southern California is six dollars. Mm-hmm. Five dollars, gonna... I just said, is the state average. Uh, yeah. I, all I said was five dollars, but my reference to that is that five dollars is now the state average mm-hmm. in California, and so that's from six dollars at the bottom to closer to four dollars at the top. You know, because the state is just so goddamn big yeah. that it's probably. I'm not going to say. I guess closer to $4, but still over $4 um, is going to get you at that $5 average in California for the first time ever. Averages factor in there. But yes, I will say, and don't worry, guys, because we are definitely going to dive deeper into the oil and the energy and all that when we start talking about Ukraine and Russia. 100%. So we'll just scroll that away for now. Yeah, I did some digging into the Saudi Arabia and Russian thing. Here's a a wonderful little oil segue to get back to. Um, the speech here. Oh, when, yes. The point at which, you know, he was talking to about Russia and, you know, the global, you know, w- response and all this stuff. He, he was talking about how much extra oil they're going to release into the market, right? Yes. Um, and it was like globally there was going to be a collective 60 billion or 60... 60, yeah, 60, 60 billion, billion barrels. Million? 60 million, million barrels. Yes, yeah, yeah. put out and then 30 from the United States strategic petroleum, oil, reserve. petroleum reserves, right? And we talked about this back in the day when he first uh, when he first was fucking around with the sanctions on Nord Stream 2. We had more oil, oil problems and all this, that, and the other thing. And then the, the, the gas craze where people were going out and filling gasoline in bags and shit. We all remember that. It was not yes. that long ago. Yes. I think it was beginning of pandemic. Oh, I forgot maybe, about right? that. That's so funny. Yeah. And well, and then we talked. We learned at that point how many barrels of oil roughly it takes to run the United States per day, and it's roughly twenty million. Yes. Or yeah, I don't know why I put billion. It's uncomfortable. But barrels. 20, that's why. There you go. And we go through twenty a day, but globally we're going to release ninety. So yeah. that's that would do America a few days of extra. I mean, of of oil. I mean, that sounds like what's up. So. That's just it's just such a big number, you know. It's, just sixty million so is just a big, big. number, so they're just throw it out is, there too. like it's gonna. Well, it is, it's gonna, and it's it's it, gonna make such a huge. It sounds really good, sixty million barrels, thirty right. million barrels. It's gonna be good. That's what we're doing to fight uh, against your rising prices at the pump. You're eighty dollars a month. Eighty dollars a month. Joe Biden said that yeah, that's right. You know, we are going to try and shift away from this and push <sighs> to subsidize more electric cars, and we're going to build out the electric. Uh, charging plants so that mm-hmm. you don't have to worry about the eighty dollars a month of your bill. Okay, so I <laughs> I got gas yesterday yeah. at Costco, which is the cheapest you. in the area, three eighty six. I put forty five dollars in my gas tank and I got a half a tank. Yeah, like maybe half a tank. I would add a quarter and I got to under three quarters. So maybe four forty five dollars. You know, I had to drive a two thousand eleven Toyota Tundra. It's not an enormous truck. It's no. not, and that will do me. It ain't a, a 7.3 liter diesel. No. So, <laughs> 112. Yeah, the other we used day. to be able to fill up Jordan's car. She drives a Camry for like 35. Yeah. And that's, now you get, you know, over half a tank, five eighths of a tank for like 35. You know what's funny is I remember back when I was in high school driving the Volkswagen Jetta yeah. to high school, and it was 20, it was 20 bucks if I had waited to get down to three quarters to fill up. 20 bucks. That got me a long ways. 100. Hundred twelve dollars the other day, Philip truck. Hundred twelve dollars. That's insane. Yeah, it's it's not good, man. It's not good. I don't know. Oh, anyway. So in all this shifting of energy that he talked about, right? Yeah. Uh, in we're gonna natural gas and uh, electric and mm-hmm. solar and no mention of nuclear energy at all. No. Right. 
Not a single mention of nuclear energy at all until Russia said, you motherfuckers need to talk about I, this. I remain unconvinced. I don't <laughs> understand. You don't really care about clean energy if you don't want to try and invest in nuclear energy. Yeah. You don't actually care. You can't convince me. It's it's ridiculous. It is by far, obviously barring fucking nuclear spills and shit, mm. it is by far the cleanest form of energy that's available is nuclear Word. fucking energy. Yep. Invest all of these billions of dollars you're talking about. Put that into nuclear energy. It, a good portion of it. Figure out how Where's to make it spot? not explode, yep. right? Because, again, the Chernobyl incident was, was a pressure test that they did where someone fucked up. Yeah. It wasn't a natural operation where things got terrible. And, and things it, would have gotten fixed, too, if they were not under the Soviet system at yes. the time. Because the fear about that had a massive factor. This wasn't like a Fukushima where it was a totally... Natural disaster. It was a tsunami. Deal. Yeah, and it, and again in Fukushima, it was a tsunami. Yeah, it wasn't like they fucked up and they just uh, uh, accidented it, and now mm -hmm. there's a meltdown and we don't know what to do about it. You know, and it wasn't even a meltdown there. There's a problem with the water. They got to store all the water, and there's yeah. there's enormous basins of irradiated water that they just have hanging out all over the place because it's real. But yeah. so, well, we could we could even factor in avoiding those things. Yes. if we were to do it right yes. now. But they don't want to. They no. don't care about that, no. right? And it's not like there isn't good-paying jobs in nuclear energy, you know? Certainly there are less, and that's not to say we should only be investing in nuclear energy, but there's all kinds of infrastructure that needs to be due. The, the plants still need to be built, right? Biden will hand out wool sweaters before he promotes nuclear energy. You are goddamn right, <laughs> You are goddamn right, <laughs> he will. Would. Yes. It doesn't make any sense. So I will not believe anybody who tells me they care about clean energy and green energy, but doesn't talk about nuclear... What? Okay. Um, all this, all this <laughs> talk just, about nuclear energy, bro. I, yeah, I, I just was like, oh my God, that's what it was. So earlier this week, there was a story that came across some of the local things um, about an active shooter situation at the Hanford nuclear site, which is in Eastern Washington, right? Okay. Right? And I was like, oh my God, I heard about that, but... It's relatively local news. Is, you know, it's not going to be articles on it when I'm seeing it first come across social media and all the shit. So I'm like, oh, man, I don't know. I don't know. I didn't really follow up with it until just now. You started thinking about it. And I was like, well, yeah, we could build these nuke sites, but then we have active shooters at them. And then it's terrible. But it turns out that uh, the because it was within like an hour or something, they had the all clear or whatever. Turns out it's a fucking nail gun. <laughs> that somebody was like, you know, shooting. And then so the active shooter and bing, That's bang, awesome. boom. And. And then everything was fine. That's <laughs> it awesome. turns out to be not a story. <laughs> um, oh, God. So Joe Biden also said, what do I have here? What's this one that I'm trying to look at? Um, talked about how many jobs they created, right? We've created so many jobs over the last two years. Oh, this one. Workplace participation is still lower than it was in, 20, in 2019. By They're, not a lot. By, by not a little <laughs> bit. A fucking lot. There's millions of jobs we still have not yes. gotten. So not only oh. not only does the government not create jobs, which we have said a million times before, uh -huh. right? The government in very few instances creates jobs, yeah. right? Very few instances. The only jobs that they directly create are military jobs and then government bureaucracy jobs. Yes. That's it. There's They're, no private. That's it. No. The government does not create private sector jobs. No. At all. Ever. Right? Mm -hmm. so, so it's hilarious that. We talk about this all the time. But, yeah, also the argument of we've created this many jobs in this time. When drive through your town and tell me if there are not stores that are at limited hours because of because they don't have the staff, right? Yeah. Drive through your town and, like and tell me how many fewer stores you have left. Yes. that's That'll be and, really it. And whether or not those fewer stores are still looking are for still jobs. still looking for jobs because they are. employees. Yep. Yes. 
Every fast food joint in town has got a sign out there. Help wanted. Immediate hirings. Uh, there's still, like at McDonald's, I think, um, you could still get the sign-on bonus. Burger King sign-on bonus. Word. Yeah. So, again, when they talked about, um, Joe Biden said that to, to fight inflation, people just need to lower their costs. Right? Just lower your lower, costs. Just lower costs. That's not... That's stupid. That doesn't make any sense. No. You're asking businesses to just take a cut because of governmental fuckery. And yeah. that doesn't make any sense. No. You know, we want you to not only lower your costs, also pay people more money because you are just traditionally, I'm just going to make the claim, just traditionally not making enough money. Lockheed Martin and Raytheon are doing just Man. fine. Amen. Aren't they? Lots of money yep. base today. I have uh, dude, <laughs> fucking base Lenny. We're out here. Change your name to base Lenny. Um, no, so um it there's no solution to it other than like you said subsidies and so yeah. people are just going to if there isn't a way for you to lower your costs the only other option is to lower your subsidies because they're going to increase your taxes you certainly can't pay anybody any less money because they're trying to talk about shifting the federal minimum wage 15 dollars an hour i don't which came up during the speech too by yeah. the way so he said we need to hurry up and do that we need to do 15 dollars an hour again for minimum wage explain to me sir how one should lower their costs yeah right just make less money, make less profit. Well, the other angle that I hear from the conservative commentariat is that's code for price controls. That's code for, okay, you can only sell insulin for this amount of dollars. And if it costs you X amount more, we subsidize that. But you can't have it cost any more than this. It's a price control. Um, like Ben Shapiro talks about that. Some of the more neocon older school conservatives are talking about that possibly meaning price controls, which is something the Democrats have generally over you know history have, have enjoyed using during their times in power. Yeah. So that's another aspect of what that could be. But either way, you know, how has anybody who thinks it's a great idea for government to lower cost? should take a look at the government's um, ability to lower costs at the university level and tell me how that's worked out for the American people. Well, I mean, one of the things that he ran on in his campaign was something directly related to getting cutting that cost down by, like, the whole thing. And that's – we're never going to see it, obviously. But that's what we're talking about. We're cutting costs. Government – subsidies in my mind anyways and, well and a, i think a good point to your favor is just on the way here i'm not sure if it was a bill or an executive order but in washington state um mm. to limit insulin co-pays to 35 dollars a month right which i don't i'm not mm. arguing is a mm. bad thing because it's drafts i know yeah i know right. diabetes guys but have, it is man, that insane. is a government implemented cap on what you can pay on what you can charge effectively for insulin, right? Yes. Joe Biden hit on this same point. A hilarious thing, hilarious, tragic, depending on whether or not you have fucking diabetes, <laughs> is that not Donald funny. Trump had already placed a, a healthcare order when he was in office to lower the cost of insulin that Joe Biden rescinded when he got into office yeah. for him to now essentially do the exact same thing, right? And this is an article, let's see, this is policymed.com. This is just the first one I pulled up here. Um, one of the final healthcare actions made by Donald made by the Trump administration, has been rescinded by the Biden administration. On December 23rd, 2020, the Trump administration finalized a rule that directed the Department of Health and Human Services, HHS, to take action to require that federally qualified health centers make insulin and injectable epinephrine available to certain patients at 34B prices. 
The Biden administration delayed the rule twice before it became effective on July 20th, 2021, and the first opportunity for HHS to impose the requirements of the rule would have been through grant awarded at fiscal year 2020. So while the rule has been effective since July, it is yet to be implemented. In the Federal Register notice for sending the rule, HHS noted that the rule would have resulted in excessive administrative costs and burdens on health centers. Specifically, the agency took issue with a requirement that health centers would create would need to create and maintain new practices to determine patients' eligibility to receive drugs at or below the discounted price paid by health centers plus a minimal fee. HHS also noted its belief that the implementation of the rule would have resulted in, quote, reduced resources available to support critical services to health center patients, including those who use insulin and injectable epinephrine. Okay, so before we dive into the contents of that, can I just say how funny this is? Right, so Trump put in this policy, right? Yes. Um, it actually never actually took place. It never got to the point at which it was rescinded before it could be funded. Yes. So. Delayed twice and just, then allowed to Just take remember place. that when when people talk about, like, their accomplishments as politicians. We got this passed. We got this passed. We got this passed. Some of that shit is going to get overturned the minute the next guy gets in there, and it's never going to actually have been implemented. Yeah. That's wild, man, when you think about yeah. it. Yeah. And that's all. We don't have to go too deep in that because that's really all that. Yeah. I just pulled that up just to have an article oh, to man. back up the fact that that happened, that Donald Trump did this already. Joe Biden delayed it twice. And now that there was an opportunity, they're going to do it. Yes, they do. They do not care about you. They care about the political win. They care about the points. They hate you and want you to die. Yes. Um, Joe Biden talked about the Pfizer pills, right? We are going to uh, order. We've already ordered, you know, just a historical amount of these fucking pills from Pfizer. And isn't it crazy that... uh, Gun manufacturers are the, are the only industry that can't be sued for liability. Oh, wait. I, oh, wait. Except for wait. except for the people that we just let inject foreign substances into your body. Actually, help force inject mm-hmm. foreign substances into your body. The people that we're helping w- withhold data from you now from. Because yep. there's an active lawsuit mm-hmm. against Pfizer because they're whistleblowers that saying that they fucked up their testing. That there was improper testing practices. Uh, Brandon Guerrero just sent me a thing yesterday that there are another set of whistleblowers from Pfizer that are saying that they've had... Uh, data for uh, what, what am I uh, consequences not consequences but like a, a severe side effects okay. for children since day one and never talked about it they just went forward with it anyway hmm. so hmm. but should this happen you literally should this be proven when let me correct myself when this is proven that they knew that it was going to hurt you and they pushed it through anyway you will not have the ability to sue you don't have the power. The liability waiver already exists. And I should say, I should add on to that by saying this: that's the first time that they've been allowed to do this. Ever. And I hate to tell you, their track record when it comes to, like, getting sued for malpractice, um, it ain't great. So the likelihood that uh, you would want to be able to sue somebody like Pfizer and then now not be able to, we should that should also be remembered. Yes. Excuse me. So they saying a company that's been goody two shoes, man. Oh, this, it's it's all the no. Money. These these are um, dirty companies that have been manipulating people forever, and now the government has decided that in this particular case, where they the only time the government has actually said you have to do this, now you have no recourse. None. None. No. No civil cases. Nope. No. No nothing. Uh, nope. 
There will there will be no, no crappy actions. Fox News commercials nope. with a class action lawsuit in two years. That's not going to happen. Nope. So my tweet for this one, I said, I'm so glad we're making it easy for Pfizer to make more money. After mm-hmm. people were canceled for mentioning ivermectin and COVID positive patients weren't even told about the antibody treatments. Yep. As I told you, it's anecdotally, right, in other stories, there are people that were turned away for being the wrong color. People that were told, well, if you were a different race, then you could get it here because we have to dole it out in an equitable fashion. And we've already given it to too many white people today. Mm-hmm. Um, Jordan's dad wasn't even told the antibody treatment existed when he and him and his wife both tested positive. Didn't even mention it. We have we had clinics here at the time. Wasn't even mentioned, mm-hmm. right? Um, and so our buddy Josh, right? I went to school with me. He said, the thing I don't get about this point is that Big Pharma gets significantly more money from monoclonal antibody treatments than a single vaccine shot, both paid by taxpayers. And I said, then focus on the ivermectin part. But the point of the antibodies, because ivermectin, now we're pulled off YouTube. Stream is gone. Um, oh, not anymore. The, the queen took it oh, and then right, posted about right. it on Instagram by accident. So, ivermectin. There's no it, the patent already is the patent on it is ran out, so it can be yeah. made and sold for cents cents a pill. Yep. Um, and Trend so, pajamas. That's right. So there is no financial incentive for anybody to make that. But this new COVID pill uh, or the new Pfizer pill that's still under what the fuck did I just say? Um, my reason. Yes. love it yes um That's and so, awesome. so i said but the point of the antibodies is they helped and people literally weren't told about them and were turned away for being the wrong race so that government could push vaccines yep. josh said definitely not enough talk about preventative measures for covid besides masks and vaccines they're important but there's also more that they can do and i said they didn't just refuse to talk about other measures they boldly and actively lied about them and removed people from social media for even bringing them up and are now promoting a pfizer drug that essentially does the same thing right <clears throat> they were giving them advisor and not telling the public 100 yep 100 huh. they were it was it was made by merck and ivermectin yeah. was created by merck who was working with pfizer to make these pills what are we talking about i wonder what's in them i wonder if there's it's, there's something it's, like they're uh, antivirals they're essentially the same thing as ivermectin they're just for a say. more yeah. a more specific use instead of a generalized one like ivermectin and part of the reason billions of doses of ivermectin have been taken since its creation is because it can be used for so many different um, monoclonal antifusion or infusion was available only to people who knew about it and requested it, 100%. When I, I got COVID, yeah. literally said nothing. My doctor literally didn't, he didn't give me anything that I could take. No, you could take more vitamin D, uh, quercetin, zinc, nothing. It was just, you know. Whatever. Write it out. If it gets worse, come back. <laughs> what is that? That's not a way to approach yep. anything. Yeah. Well, and the fact, too, that, like, uh, the monoclonal antibody treatments were actually being, like, uh, barred in Florida by the federal government because yes. they didn't want people letting them out. But, yes. you know, and that's that's not a good incentive, man. So if, remember, we talked about this a long time ago, but, like, the, the emergency youth authorizations are only um, given if there are not other treatments available right. so they cannot they have to make sure that no other treatments can be available otherwise the drugs can't be uh fast-tracked through exactly. emergency use so which so, is you know that's why ivermectin couldn't exist that's why the, the antibodies couldn't exist because mm-hmm. if there is another treatment and you, you guys can look that up that's not a you know that's no we're not making that up that's, no man like none of this is made no, up this the is all emergency use can only be given if there is yeah. no other uh, possible treatment yep. and there were treatments available there were other options and so they had to just pretend like they didn't exist so that they could force the vaccine yeah. on people yep 
effectively force yeah. for for YouTube's sake, effectively force the vaccine on people. Well, and in um, in their defense, just slightly, the the simple fact is you don't know what you don't know. You don't know what drugs may or may not work on something that you that you certainly. haven't tested yet. So there's where do you start? If I'm willing to do, take do I start it, with an start. anti-parasitic drug called iver, ivermectin? Probably not. But for whatever some people did, they felt in their their doctoral professional opinion. They've used it for whatever things they implemented it, and then like the uh, the front frontline care alliance doctors yeah, and stuff I mean, like that, they came up with these protocols and they ran them. But somebody had to test them, and as soon as there started to be any kind of indication that right. they might be useful, possibly, you can't talk about that because right. you're going to jeopardize the fast track of the vaccine. Not to mention the fact that they were using them in Israel, which was, I mean, like that was, that was essentially that was the test case. That man. was the lab was Israel. That yeah. was where we were finding everything <laughs> out was Israel. Right. And not for the creation of the virus, but to study it, you I know, know, to the effects and everything. It they were using weird. It in, in it seems whole... like a weird line to walk when you say, Hey, the Jewish state, Ooh, let's test yeah. it out on you guys. Um, it was also India. You know, there were entire states in India that that was part of their protocol was to take ivermectin. Yeah, at they get those point, whole packages of things, man. At that point, when you have multiple nations that are taking this and it's, you're still yeah. completely ignoring it, you notice Dr. Fauci hasn't dis has disappeared from the Daily News cycle. Oh, dude, it was like, click, he's out. Yes. You're done, buddy. Yeah. As soon as the, <laughs> so as soon as the mandate started to be rolled back, he was no longer yep. nowhere to be seen. He's now taken his, his millions of dollars and he's rolled back to his estate and I'm, I'm sure he has multiple mm -hmm. and is now going to do whatever he wants until the next pandemic comes up. And hopefully we're old people, hopefully, um, you know, and he is just a preserved head in a jar like in <laughs> Futurama. And they're able to put him up on the podium. And he's like, yo, I fuck with AIDS. I fuck with COVID. Dude, he'd be the real now, life Al Gore character. Yep. He's like, and now that Schmovid is here, I definitely know what to do. Yes. And it's going to be handled. Just give me your rights for like three years and we'll call it good. Yep. You know? So <clears throat> it was after this that. <clears throat> Excuse me, Joe Biden. Start it. Here we go. Just <clears throat> yeah, that, <laughs> you were you were <clears throat> too the fire whistle. there for a minute. That was oh. it was too good. <clears throat> Your body's like no. So this is when Joe Biden starts talking about the Second Amendment, right? That these things that I'm announcing, um, an assault weapons ban, uh, magazine ban, these things are not. <clears throat> excuse me, violations of the Second Amendment. These are. Uh, you know, reasonable. And why do you need a hunter magazine with a hundred rounds? Because do you have Kevlar vests, mm -hmm. right? So I got into an interesting <clears throat> interaction with someone at this point. It's when I said, because then quickly turned to voting is the most, is the most fundamental, right? That's right? what it was. And yeah. I started talking yep. about, you know, we need to pass this and we need to pass this and this is what we're doing next. So I said, Voting is not the most fundamental right. And someone whose Twitter name is, I'm going to need you to log off. Yeah. Because I went and looked at his Twitter. He's not following anybody. His only followers are like. That's, a, that's what's called a troll, a troll account. account. Right? So he said, <clears throat> he said, yes, it's up there. What do you think it is? And I said, it's up there for sure. I would say the right to defend myself and my family is more fundamental. He then said. The Second Amendment wasn't in the original Constitution, though. Voting was. Amendments amendment are changes to the Constitution, so I would put voting over it since it was there first. And my response was, we aren't talking about amendments. We're talking about fundamental rights, to which I would say the natural right to self-defense is more fundamental. 
the natural right to self-defense and the idea existed long before our founding documents. Because I think the first written mention of it is in like 1620-something. Yeah. Right? It's a very old idea. The natural right to self-defense is a very old idea. Oh, yeah. It has been expanded as technology has been expanded. And now that we don't cut each other apart with swords, it involves guns now. Yeah. Isn't that interesting? Just a different version of it. This is when it really goes off the rails, right? Um, <laughs> he says, he says, then healthcare is a fundamental right as well. You'd take your family and kids to a medical professional if they needed it. Anything to protect their lives slash health. Am I right? If taking care of your family is fundamental, then GOP needs to pass free healthcare for uh, all U.S. citizens. That's there's a big disconnect there, so, buddy. <laughs> so that's, I said, it's not a, that's not the same thing. I said, I'm not exactly sure what your point is. Considering a doctor's visit, self-defense is a bit of a reach, in my opinion. But if that's the route to, if that's the route you want to take to get to wherever, whatever healthcare plan you want, I say go for it. Because <laughs> I don't see in any world other than trying to derail it to, I assume that you want to take people's healthcare away and you don't support universal healthcare. Because that's obviously what this is saying is he's assuming that I don't support this, or else why would you bring this up? Yeah. Right. Which is a ridiculous point if mm -hmm. anybody has listened to the show at all um <laughs> i don't believe in universally paid healthcare from the government but i do believe that people deserve the ability to go to the fucking doctor and not pay an arm and leg i i'm not even reasonable right exchange now. for goods and services yes um a working form of capitalism so he never responded to that he just liked it right which means obviously oh, that means i'm out yeah. thanks so i then started to think about this more and um i said to jordan i said also, this guy's a fucking idiot anyway because he's talking about voting being a right. Voting, I'm going to plant my flag in this right now. Mm -hmm. I'm going to put it right here. I don't care the way that it's defined in these documents or anything. This is the way that it breaks down in my mind. Mm -hmm. Voting is a privilege given to you by the government. If the government does not exist, if there is no power structure there, what are you voting for? What are you possibly going to vote for? I would a thousand percent say your right to free speech, your right to express yourself, and your right to affiliation. Those are rights. Yeah. You have those rights. What are you voting for if there is nothing, if there isn't a structure there? Someone has yeah. to give you that power to vote. Yeah. Or not. Or not. Yeah. That's, that's not a right. You don't you don't have the right no. to vote in the military. Voting is that's a privilege. That's not how that works. Voting right? is a privilege. Yeah. So also that guy's a fucking idiot because a voting is not structure. a right. It's a yeah. that is a, a privilege the government gives you. That would be, in my mind, I would call that a civil right. You we as Americans have the civil right to vote. Right. Every American has the civil right to do that. And it's protected by what other fundamental right? Mm, the second, second one. Amendment. See, it's it, the same argument that say, you know, that uh, the Second Amendment is there to protect the first. It's there to protect all of them. That's how that works. You know, the right to vote in America is protected by the Second Amendment. It means the government cannot infringe on your right to have a say or to, to the, your freedom to associate with the governmental structure that we have. So the Second Amendment's there to protect the voting right as well as free speech and shit. I mean, it's it's a simple argument if anybody wants to think about it. I mean, what gives you the ability to protect yourself to the best that you possibly can against infringements on your, or threats against your life and your liberty? The, the Second Amendment does. That's right. how that works. It's a dumb heart. I love stupid trolls. Stupid trolls are the best trolls because they they generally offer a great amount of comedy to everyone that experiences their wrath. Oi, it's not a Michael Malice.
Michael Malice hurts people's feelings. <laughs> I love Michael Malice. I, he's my favorite. He just destroys people. Mm. So, uh, the, you know, one of the other things that really got me um, during the speech was the this again brought up like idea of the four meat packing plants being completely responsible for high food prices and things like that. There's just I don't know why it's the four meat packing plants that are part of this inflation problem and, and why um, it is and that I, they yeah. keep bringing that up. I don't I don't <clears throat> quite understand where this is coming from because then he points to it as if it's a monopoly that can that sets prices too high and it screws everybody if you're a farmer you have to sell it to the one of these four groups blah 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 which so he tries to make the argument that it's monopoly when you just said there's four which mind you is not a lot but there's only one google still right i mean there's 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 monopolies that you guys are okay with half you know essentially having but like there's four giant meat packing plants you I know of the local butcher that, like, I know where farmers and stuff get their meat butchered. I yeah. like, I know where they do that. And that's, it's an approved place of the FDA and all that stuff that can, is licensed to do that. They don't have to go to the four big meat packing plants. That's not how any of that works. And I think that there are, like, some, I don't know. I don't know enough it's about the It's a weird deal. Too. But I'm yeah. tired of hearing it. That's, yeah. that's the problem. But, yeah. anyways. Um, so let's see here. I'll go back to main feed um <clears throat> talked about the opioid epidemic right we have to beat the opioid mm-hmm. epidemic and he spoke in general about stopping things at the border and there was even mentions of securing the border which is again, yeah when you were talking about like the maga things <laughs> we're talking about like a like building like some type of wall or something like it's, actually securing yeah. it like, we gotta secure um, our border all these different technological things o- almost like what donald trump was talking about because Except he said this is not a, some places not a wall and if if you remember, we're, we're going to speak truth here. Yes, right? you have to say it. If you remember, Donald Trump said there there should be a wall, and in some places it doesn't make sense to have a wall. So there will be other things there. He he did say that. Whether anybody wants you to know that or I not, remember he, he did say that. So it's almost like he's saying the same thing that Donald Trump said. You know, is to secure the border in in the way that best fits the geological location yep. isn't that interesting so. now i don't think for a single second he's actually serious about that no not even a little bit that's a not. that's a there's a red wave on the horizon i gotta make sure i'd say something you know that's not as hardcore progressive yes. and psycho as possible but that's when um on the stream i was watching lauren southern at this point was shammered and she, she jumps up like beast beast biden and yeah. she falls over and shit oh my god yeah and so- it, it was I was blown away when I heard him say that. He spoke in generalities about stopping the influx of drugs to the border, but yep. failed to mention China, who specifically imports the vast majority of fentanyl and illegal opioids into this country crazy? through the southern border. Yeah. Through the southern border, right? Because I feel like there's a like a huge disconnect for people. You know, when they think about drugs coming from the southern border, they're just like these fucking Latin Americans. Yeah. It's like, well, kind of. They're definitely not cooking it all up, right? Yep. China, because they can't, uh, they do, but can't send all of it on boats, right? They have to sneak it in other ways. It yeah. comes through the border. They work. Fancy and air, man. They work with other groups of, uh, with other cartels, and they push the drugs through the border. Yeah. Why would they have Chinese people come to the southern border? That looks awfully weird, doesn't it? 
Why is there a whole group of Chinamen coming in from the southern border? That's <laughs> give weird. the game away. Yeah, that's really weird. So obviously you give it to a bunch of people who look like they're from South America and you send them to the goddamn border. Well, and I mean just the sheer fact that logistically it's much easier. Just do business with someone overseas whose business it is yes. to traffic drugs and people and all sorts of shit. Yes. If I want to get my drugs into America, who do I talk to? I talk to the cartels. That's... That's the business hookup. That's that's called the black market. It's not just the cartels. It's not just China. It's it's this whole illicit marketplace that happens. And yeah, no, there's uh, what was it? Uh, close to two million rec- or, uh, apprehensions on the border last year or something. Like um, that? Let's see. I know it was over Migrant a million. Migrant accounts for fiscal year 2022 are already up 126 percent compared to 21, which oh, was the highest dog. year on record. 220,000 gotaways since October. Gotaways. Since October. Wow. Godways. Interesting. And that's not even to count the, uh, the, the, the migrants that are being trafficked by the government and directly and, no, no. and flown into airports in the middle of the night all over the country. Because that's the thing. That's, that's factual, by the way. You over. Yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yes. Um, there was, then he talked a little bit about Ukraine. This is the final written point that I have here. Okay. And then if there's anything else you want to bring up, we can go over that. Um, he talked about how they're going after the assets of Russian oligarchs, right? They're going to start yes. taking the yachts and, excuse me, the properties and things like that, right? Mm-hmm. And that conversation has been continuing and I, since he said it. So I have kind of a big question for you. Yes. Right? Um, I'm having trouble know. understanding mm-hmm. what the difference is between a I Russian oligarch and Nancy Pelosi <laughs> or any member of Congress on either side of the aisle mm-hmm. that happens to, I don't know, have immense amount of stock and investment in defense companies that happens to make millions of dollars if we were to go to war mm-hmm. that happens to make millions of dollars when other companies shut down or when you are or when I am not able to buy a house because enormous hedge funds and investment firms are buying every fucking house in existence. I had a nice ad from BlackRock the other day on Twitter, I'm by the way. just having a really hard time understanding what the difference is between the people who made money and invested in the defense industries during the Afghanistan war mm-hmm. and the Russian oligarchs whose money is inexplicitly tied with the Russian government at this point. And, and I'm not saying they don't... Some of them do and some of them don't condone it, but you involved your money in the Russian government. So now your money is the government money. So when Russia goes to war, your money happens to be the money that is spent because it is the government money. And I'm, mm-hmm. again, I'm not saying that they don't want it that way, but what, what, what's, the, what what's, is, the difference? what's the difference? Uh, the difference is only there's only one difference. They're foreign nationals. The the simple fact that uh, there's this problematic thing that we have in the United States as citizens that the government can't just come seize your property just because they don't like where you're from. Right. Um, that's the only difference. Whereas these are foreign nationals, and so their property is apparently up for grabs. So we don't act like – that would be the only difference I could see. And I, I don't know how I feel about that, by the way. It feels weird to me. Like as a human, I feel like every human should have the right to – like a uh, uh, a proper trial and things like that, yeah. you know. Like I want to be able to like defend. I want somebody to defend their right to have that property, and then I want it to, to lose. Shit. Yeah, and then you know, 
what if it's U.S. I don't know how that works, man. Like it's weird, but I don't. I feel really uncomfortable about it. And but please, that's the only difference I could find between the two. The two is they're not us. No one mistake this as support for the Russian Federation or for Russian oligarchs because it is not right. Mm-hmm. It is very much a question of our own leadership. Um, yeah. That I just don't understand. So much about this stuff is uncomfortable. Because the I, Russian oligarchs ugh. have mega dollars hidden the U.S. government will never find. A thousand percent. Word. We will talk about that in segment number three, Lenny. Yeah. Don't don't doubt that. And we also They're, have billions of dollars tied up in multiple other countries all over the world, too. It's, it's a weird deal. Yeah. So, again, I definitely don't support what Russia is doing because I am a liberty-minded person. I support the sovereignty of all people. Right. Ukraine is a sovereign nation, so I do not support the infringements that Russia is making on them. But I'm just failing to understand... Again, I'm, I'm not asking again, but failing, mm-hmm. posing as again as a general statement, failing to understand the differences between Russian oligarchs and Nancy Pelosi, whose companies have been nationalized, right, and federal employees who have purchased stock in companies and have then effectively forced those companies to deal mostly with the federal government and can dictate what they do with their stake in that company or their husband's stake in that company or their wife's stake in that company. Donovan, are I... you are you insisting <laughs> that Nancy Pelosi is an oligarch? She is a duly elected representative of the people of San Francisco, yeah. all right, and California. Right. I forget she's a senator, but uh, yeah, California, that she's not an oligarch. She is a she may have all the other telltale signs but she was duly elected. I, right. I will. I insist, good sir. This is this is blasphemy. She definitely won't have any governmental sway at all when she's no longer the active representative in the House. No sway at all. The dollars Actually, won't make a difference. You are very true there because she will probably die in the chair. Oh God! Okay? <laughs> right. Did you see her at? Did you see? It's not I good. don't. <laughs> what was that? That was uncomfortable for everybody. Um, yeah, so that's the last written point that I have there for <clears throat> for the State of the Union. Oh my God, that's uh, that's that's good. Uh, the other things I just, other than the overall shit show that was, because um, it's always it's always interesting to to kind of have some fun and like note all the weird little gaffes that are going to happen, or you know how many times is Chuck Schumer going to accidentally stand up to clap and then the Republicans boo and Nancy Pelosi is going to do some weird shit with her hands and. Look like she's a, like a crack baby. I don't right. like, yeah, Skeletor crack baby. Kamala Harris is going to <laughs> mouth Ukrainian when the president calls the Ukrainian people Iranians. Um, you know, that's just those types of fun things. They, the Democrats, I think, probably for the first time ever actually got up and chanted USA, yes. USA, which is exactly what happened during Trump's last. Uh, like the last two, I think, State of the Union. Yeah, it was like a weird deal. Um, but the other things they had were like the child tax credit and the PRO Act, um, yes. which I think we're going to talk about in uh, segment, segment number four later on today. Um, I've actually not really been – I still don't know that much about the PRO Act, so I'm, yeah. I'm really excited to hear about it um, and talk about it. But I just – I also want to just – I don't want people to be – to be buying into this stuff. If some of the stuff that Joe Biden said during the state of the union sounded good to you, just take it all with a heaping dose of salt because these state of the union addresses are not actually, I mean, did you find out what the state of our union is? No, you did not. 
um, the letter that he strong handed. because it's, we oh, are yeah, strong. It, he said it. That's right. That's right. Go get him. Go get him. I forgot about the go, go get him. Why? Yeah, he said a bunch of other shit after that. It Weird was almost shit, like dude. he got wrapped up in like how hyped the room was, <laughs> and he just was going. Like that was a hyped room. I mean, for him. You know, oh, for him. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, that works. For as many people were there, there was a lot, you know, very limited crowd that That's was true. allowed there. Nancy Pelosi, I guess, was like deciding who could and couldn't be there. So um, <laughs> she is the queen of the Senate. Queen, queen of the uh, the the, uh, the house. house. Yeah, so, speaker of the house. Yeah, she's responsible yeah, was, for most of the rulemaking. Yeah, and it, yeah. It was you know, it was you know, almost like he got wrapped up in it and going and I, said a bunch of shit and then I'm the go get him. Go get who? <laughs> what are you what talking, are you talking about? about? I don't want to go get nobody. Yeah, dude. what do you mean? So, old, I will say I'm glad it was he did old man Joe. He was hopped on. He was hopped up on enough drugs to get him through the speech relatively quickly. Did not pause for too many applause breaks and things like that. So it was over and done with within an hour, essentially. Yeah. Which was very nice. Trump could go on for hours, Yo, you and it drove it. me nuts. Although there was a couple times you kind of, I got swept up in the emotion of patriotism. Well, he yeah. gets you. He was a good talker. He Donald did. Trump yeah, was he a, did. Was, yeah. I mean, certainly much better than Joe Biden. Yeah. Donald Trump had his own um, quirks and stuff. The way that he would say industry, you know, like some things like that, and like he obviously yeah. talked in like a very exaggerated manner. But Super if you were if you were in the right room, especially if you like had a beer or two, you know, if you had a couple of beers, I'd be in. I'd get after it a little feeling bit. Feeling real America, you just happen to be feeling real America that day. I mean, I have. <laughs> I could Shit. definitely. I actually, have, I'm like, wait a minute, damn it! I have been in those points, uh, like uh, Elk Camp uh, this year, when when it was yeah. really hammer time. You remember how hammer time that got? Yes. Um, I'm just really glad I drunkenly texted you and no one else. I'm the was, best person that you. It could, was great. Yeah, exactly. You were probably really confused and thought it was about you until I said some weird cat or some uh, pet name that it was awesome. you were not familiar with. It was awesome. But uh, all them dudes up there were cranking like this, uh, like the Let's Go Brandon song was out at the time, the multiple, and then like a bunch of like hardcore, like redneck patriot shit. Like, yes. And like, man, we you get the drinks flowing and all that, and the, the fuck Joe Biden flag was flying on oh a, my God. up in the middle of the mountain. Everybody's getting hammered. And I was definitely like, I was entranced by the... By the cult, man, I was in it for a minute. By it was America it was fun, all. you know. And then you wake up the next day and you're like, "Oh God, what did I do last night?" <laughs> I got all Trumpian, all bro. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. So yeah, do so you feel good about the state of the union, bro? You you feel like we're strong? I don't. Um, <laughs> I am very concerned. Um, I was in my upsetness this morning talking to Jordan about the new gun laws and stuff like that, mm -hmm. um, you know, and moving and whatnot. I was like, I, I don't want to be here anymore because when the civil war starts, I don't want to be here. Like, I don't want to be in this state when the civil war starts. I'm not interested. I don't want to have to try and fight. You want to wake up to, surrounded one morning. Yeah. And I don't want to have to try and fight to get to somewhere where I'm accepted. I don't want to, I don't want to do that. I don't want to have mm -hmm. to try and establish myself after we're already doing the divorce thing. Like, I don't want to do that. You know, because well, that's yeah, because at that point, somebody's going to have to start uh, proving their loyalty exactly. to sides and things. And you kind of already want to be where you want to be. I can yeah. I can get that. Um, now, uh, let me ask you this yes. real quick. Um, maybe the tables. Maybe. Huh? To, yeah, exactly. You know, sometimes <laughs> I got to participate. Uh, <laughs> I don't want to be too too much with Gerald. Um, after. The State of the Union speech, uh, looking at how divided 
we Americans as a society believe we are. Do you think any of the division, did, did we get any crossovers? Do we get any more people that think we're not as divided? Or do we think we maintained about a neutral thing after this? Or do you think maybe even possible we might be more divided after the state of the union speech i think there are a lot of people that are still very easily swayed by what they say up there mm -hmm. um by and by that i mean the people who work on capitol hill right they okay. still very much believe everything that they have to say and so when they hear biden say those things they still believe him I, his approval rating went up like 10 points after the state of the union address i don't well, how the f I don't know. I don't know because you have to believe the things that he's saying. That's a weird. And yeah, you do. You got to be a member of the cult. Yes. And so I think that the people he was losing, you know, when they were feeling like he was giving up on Build Back Better and all this stuff, and now they're seeing him double down, and maybe he had, and they're saying to themselves, well, he has to rebrand it so he can trick the Republicans into voting for it. <laughs> that's right. Because that's, you that's know, what that's, that what, is. that's what they're saying yeah. to themselves. They're, yeah. he's, he has to, it has to be done because now is the time for big instrumental change in America. And if it doesn't come in one big felt swoop, then it's never going to happen, which is probably the exact opposite of the truth. There are so many Republicans that if you presented them with a refined, individualized package on one program, especially like it's something like child tax credit, that Republicans have voiced their their support for, yeah. you're going to get it passed. It will get passed, especially this is one point that I wanted to I forgot to make. Joe Biden talked about all these programs, all this new spending, no cuts, not one spending cut anywhere. No. The only solution is more taxes, right? But that's it, ridiculous yeah, not over it not unless you make over four hundred thousand. regardless right because <laughs> which is a lie because to me it doesn't matter because right? yeah. it is a lie so yeah. it doesn't matter right no talks about any cuts no taking away of any programs not even any defense spending which you would assume as a democrat would be part of the jam right nothing no cuts at all only increases mm -hmm. You cannot run the government this way. When you're talking about inflation, when you're admitting in this speech that inflation exists and it's it's damaging people's pockets, even if you have no concept of what a dollar actually means because you've worked in such high sums for so long mm -hmm. that an individual dollar has lost any value to you at all. Yep. No cuts. Not a single cut. Not even to the defense budget. What? Yeah, because you can't talk about that right now. Because we got to get, we got to send money and stuff to Ukraine. So, like, it's that's interesting. Yeah. Because I didn't really think about that. But there are no, there was no talk of cuts. It was getting rid of tax cuts. Yes. So it's tax increases. Yeah. Tax increase. Well, yes. I like what, uh, what our buddy Lonesome Lenny here says here. Uh, the State of the Union was the official quote, take your mask and get back to work end quote speech pretty much i think that's that sounds pretty fair to me man yep that's and on what, the back end that was and these are the ways that we're going to help you do it you Word. know even though we just showed you that we failed at that yep. we're gonna we're gonna get after it again i love it so. i love it it's a freaking train wreck yes. and we're all here for it do you have anything else for the state of the union 
I don't believe I do, good sir. Okay. So with that, guys, what we're going to do, we're going to take another short break. The streaming is not going to end. We're going to go to that break screen. <laughs> so I want to remind you again to like the stream, like this, share it with your friends, comment on it. Again, thank you, everyone, for being here. And we, you can find us, obviously, YouTube.com slash Salt of the Streets, Instagram.com slash Salt of the Streets. That's where all the clips and stuff come out as well. Um, Facebook, fuck Facebook at Salt of the Streets. SaltoftheStreets.com for all this information, plus our personal social media. I am at Salt of the Street on Twitter and at Alpaca, Alpaca underscore Donovan on Instagram. Call us at Big Bird Offie on both of those things. Also, Patreon.com slash Salt of the Streets. With that, we'll be back in three minutes, everybody. It is number nine. We remembered again. Look at that. Thank you, and welcome uh, back, everybody. Um, Three or four. Three or four. We're out here. We're almost done. Um, Not that we're waiting until the end, because I'm having a great time. We're all having a great time today. You guys are being a fantastic audience. The engagement has been incredible. Mm -hmm. So I want to thank everyone. Oh, great. I'm doing the thing again. Um, (laughs) I want to thank everyone again. Guys in the chat, you you get that, because this is what happens in production sometimes. Look at that. that. That's what production looks like right there. I want to remind you again for the clip watchers, like, subscribe, comment on this, share it with your friends. You can find us again here, obviously, on the YouTube at Salt of the Streets. We have our Instagram.com slash Salt of the Streets. Facebook, fuck Facebook.com slash Salt of the Streets. Patreon.com, Salt of the Streets. If you want to make help us make more and better content, you can find all this on saltofthestreets.com, including our personal social media. I am at Salt of the Street on Twitter and at alpaca underscore Donovan on Instagram. And I'm going to say this real quick interject and say that if you want to get part five of four of tonight's show ha 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 then you jump over to that patreon real quick make sure to subscribe at any tier and you will get that later tonight after we're done recording i will post it on patreon tonight so get over there be there or be squared that's right i was almost as good as your book one the other day almost sorry oh no no it's fine (laughs) um and I stand um, on the Patreon. We have yeah, we have the newsletter that drops on the last day of the month. We have the review preview that drops on the first day of the month. We have clips that drop every day on our Instagram. We have the newsletter. I just said that uh, the beer shows that drop on Fridays. If you need a haircut, swell blended. If you're in the local area, if you need a skateboard, go down a location, a skate shop, and get one. If you want to watch some video games, you can watch Colin's wife, Lexi Kyo, on Twitch. And if you need some cakes in the local area, you have leggings and aprons on Instagram. Uh-huh. I believe that is everything. So it's about to get dark. Boys and girls, ladies and gentlemen. For segment number three, we are going to be talking about Russia and Ukraine, and Indeed. also a little bit Belarus and a little bit China. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's kind of the whole. It's almost like a global situation. It's almost right. Yeah, almost yeah. maybe hmm. like a worldwide situation or something. Yeah, something. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Weird. No good. So all of this obviously is very time specific. Very if much. You're listening to this next week. Things are going to change. They're going to be different. Things happened on our way here. I got a thing from Twitter as I pulled into Colin's driveway into the studio today that uh, Zelensky was meeting with a bunch of officials from the United States and Putin was meeting with the prime minister of Israel. So, yeah, I have some uh, things are changing all the time. I have some up to date stuff of right before we went to the show. Yeah. Some very late breaking stuff coming out of that Zelensky and uh, U.S. official meeting. There was like, uh, there were ceasefires announced yesterday that today Russia said they were going to end. So anything could happen at any time. So we're going to give kind of a brief timeline of the things that have happened since then. I have have one. Yeah, because it's, we did a small timeline last week. Yes. Um, And then I tried to put that clip out this 
this last week. That way it's relatively fresh coming into this. So if you would like a kind of a precursor to the last kind of week or two of, you know, movements that we're going to cover here, um, go ahead and check out that clip right here on yes. the YouTube channel. It'll be a great fill-in for you. I think the day after we left here, I think it was the 20... This was not the day after we left here, but I think on the 22nd, um, Russia officially recognized those two eastern portions of the Ukraine, yep. the two districts, as sovereign nations, yep. um, and then obviously immediately started to enter into those two to those two sovereign areas because they're the pro-Russian portions of the Ukraine. They were already of Ukraine. There are already pro-Russian soldiers there. There probably was already Russian forces there. The day after that, they made their official break into Ukraine from Belarus, from the two states that they recognized as sovereign nations, mm -hmm. and also from Crimea. Um, yep. So at this point, we're like Belarus is on the the north, yeah. the two provinces were on the east, and then from Crimea on the south. A classic pincer-style movement in towards uh, Kiev, and <clears throat> we'll see you soon, Lenny. Thank you for joining us. Um, and then also, as Colin said, the push from the east in those two districts. I'm not sure what the names of them are. We would mispronounce them almost certainly. So I don't – I'm not going to say it doesn't matter, but at this point I'm not going to linger too much on that fine detail. Uh, I, I always remember the Donbass, um, but I don't quite remember the, the other one. Yeah, because that's just the region. Like, yeah, they the were, Donbass these are, region. Yeah, yeah, these are two actual, like, the states or districts or counties or whatever they are considered there yeah. that he recognized as sovereign nations. On the 26th, um, after two days of fighting and seemingly some success by Ukrainian army to repel and hold off the Russian forces, the U.S. gave an additional $350 million in military aid. And the 27th, Belarus officially joins Russia in the Ukrainian invasion. So that's when they are sending... Belarusian soldiers and forces in from Belarus along with the Russian soldiers. Um, on the 28th, Ukraine appeals to NATO for emergency admission, and NATO says Ukrainian addition is not on the docket. Uh, and Ukraine seems to be holding Russia. Russia has military supremacy. Why is this happening? So we'll come back to that. I'm going to run through the timeline, and then we'll hit some of these questions and stuff that I've written down here along the way. Okay. On the 28th, 12 Russian diplomats were expelled from the United States. The United States accused them of espionage, and so we expelled them. And um, that was the same day that China said that they were... Uh, I'm sorry, that's something else. Um... I was on the twenty, yep, the twenty third that they invaded. Last episode, sorry, I did obviously didn't have these in the correct order. Um, and then I have the next day that I have is on the third of March, the largest Ukrainian city yet. Kherson had been taken officially by Russian forces, and that's in the south, correct? Yeah. On on the way from Crimea up there, yeah. um, there's reportedly there are people in bunkers throughout Ukraine because there's so much shelling going on. The shelling of Kiev has been going on for a week now, I think. Yep. Um, they're shelling other areas from outside of Ukraine, and yeah. Kharkiv is another big city that's over on yep. the east side that's being uh, essentially under siege right now. There are food shortages that were starting to happen in Ukraine. There are utilities losses just simply from the infrastructure damage. Um, at this point, there were 2,000 civilian deaths. I'm not sure what the most up-to-date number is on that, but that was on the third. That was two days ago. So I w And I'll tell you, that number changes depending on who you get it from. Yes. It's very strange. Yes. It's and like, I believe I, The numbers right now are so all over the place right. on, on both sides. It's, it's, it's really hard to follow this thing, man. Um, on this day... 
Russia had finally acknowledged that they had taken deaths, that they had mm-hmm. received casualties, and they had put the number at 490. Ukraine is saying it's several thousand. Yeah. There's no real way to know that. 490 is what Russia was willing to acknowledge had been killed in the fighting. Yeah. Um, Believe it or not, in times of war, most of the time, there are NGOs that will be the most reliable sources for casualty right. numbers. And even then, it's going to be hairy. And 490, I believe it took, not took, right? But it, the United States didn't have 490 casualties in the Afghanistan war for almost a year. Yeah. And so 490 people, even if it's only that, is an immense amount of losses on the Russian side in 10 days or whatever it is. Yeah. When the, the 23rd was the day Compared the, to the, the evening level they invaded. Of, yeah. That's insane. Yeah. You know? And that's... and. That's just compared to the level that we're used to seeing over the last 20 years. But yes. this is nothing to what it could be as we go forward. There are reports of logistical issues and supply issues on the Russian side, like food shortages. There's an enormous convoy that's supposedly stalled there. There are yeah. gas issues or something. Um, there are trucks that are being left on the side of the road. There are a lot of trucks whose tires are messed up because apparently they were stationed too long outside of the border before they moved. And so there are a lot of enormous trucks i was going there was reading a thread just yesterday of all these examples of russian trucks that Mm -hmm. the tires were exploded because they were sitting for too long and they weren't driven enough and so improper care for their equipment is part of the reason um you gotta remember too it's march in russia right it's cold it's cold real Um, cold there is every indication at this point that the intent of Russia is to intensify the siege on Kiev and on the surrounding cities. Yeah. So there's a 40-mile military convoy that is trying to work its way to Kiev. Um, so there's... The southern front is moving closer to Kiev much faster than the northern front is. Yeah, and part of that is because they were able to establish themselves so much in Crimea and stage yeah. everything so much from there. Um, yeah. And also that's all their navies from there, so I imagine there's just a better supply line from the, yeah. from the Crimean front than from anywhere else. Well, and um, we might do this a little later, too. I might pull up the map, um, show Google Earth, right? You spend a lot of time. You hear this a lot when you talk about Ukraine now. As people refer to it as, like, Europe, Europe's breadbasket, stuff like that. So I got to look, and there's a ton of farmland all over Ukraine. It's like a, it's mostly farmland. It's kind of like the U.S., right? It's called the breadbasket of Soviet, like... Of, I thought of it was breadbasket of Europe. There you go. Yeah. Mm. But, um, but it, it, it reminds me that... Or the tactic they're using is very is very reminiscent, I think, of like what most conflict, I think, is going to come to at this point, is they retreat to population centers where you can concentrate people, you have a controlled front, and that's why most of these things now are taking place in, like, this city or this city or yeah. this town. Because it's, it's all siege. You, If you don't have enough to form lines, you fall back to strong points, and that's what we're seeing at this point. And I think that's part of the reason why the southern front is pushing up so fast. There's not They've gotten past the most of the major cities and right. major points that way. And to your point, <clears throat> um, like, modern warfare is no longer... World War II, the last time we saw really anything like this, trench warfare still existed. They were still yeah. literally digging trenches in the ground, and that's where the lines were. This is where it stopped. Yeah, we just quit calling were... them trenches. We started calling them foxholes right. and things, but you'd they're... have a line of foxholes. Right. And now it's largely based on bases. You take a certain area, you build a base there, and then yep. it doesn't fall. So if there isn't large cities, if there isn't places you can fall mm-hmm. back to, like you said, you build one. Yeah, and like now right you control, outside of Kabul. Now you control this sector. You yep. have this area, this district that you have laid out, and you have control over this. You have patrols that are going to walk a certain area that are going to go and not walk, but you know, patrol yeah. a certain area um, and re- do recon in that area to make sure that, that things are fine. Mm-hmm. So fine to whatever, but... 
It allows you to help maintain control over certain areas. Yes. You know? So it's just not as well defined or easily defined as it used to be yeah. the last time fighting like this happened in Europe. So um, not that it couldn't develop into that. No. no. Um, like if this went on, if this went full bore World War and there's, you know, a decisive NATO front then you'd see a little bit of a, a mixture, I think. But, like, right now, Ukraine is just a tiny little... They're a tiny little nation trying to defend against the giant military might of a superpower. Right. So it's, it's a more guerrilla tactic right off the bat. It's very American revolutionary, you know, massive armies from the British, guerrilla warfare of colonists. Yeah. It's, it's very similar style, which is part of the danger into how long this might go on depending on what russia does and how they handle it it's also important to know before we move on that we don't know shit about shit mm -mm. um we are as always two guys here to identify the situation we're going to try and explore some of the nuances um we're going to try and explain the situation a little bit this is an extremely serious situation it's very 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 serious oh yes um and not that we're going to make light of it or anything like that but um, if you're not black pilled by the end of this, we've, I've, we've I've been, failed in my mission. <laughs> we've been wrong within the last two weeks. So I just yeah. don't want to present it like we know exactly what we're talking about or what's going to happen because all we can, all anybody can do is we can't express conjecture. That's yeah. all that anybody can do at this point is guess what's going to happen. So yeah. And we, we can't give too much of ourselves over to our, our normalcy bias is what you call that, um, where you're just like, this could never happen, man. This is, Hasn't happened in my lifetime. It's not right. going to happen again. Come on now. Well, well, yeah. We're, we'll develop that further, but just know that it, anything is possible. Yes. So let's we'll run through these cards first, and then I have mm -hmm. some some points here that I have written down. Um, do you think are, are we at war? Uh, if you ask me, a hard yeah. If you ask me, As we're at United world States. war right now. Yeah. If you were to ask me, um, I think the only difference right now is that. Uh, I don't know if it's going to happen. We could have a world war and never actually declare war against anybody. Right. We don't care anymore. Um, but that... Do everything through UAMS. Yeah. I mean, we are sending taxpayer-funded weapons, munitions, and aid to a nation that is directly under attack by another foreign nation. This is not you're under attack from a group of tribes or insurgents from within your own country you're not going through a civil war this is another nation taking out another nation this is a a, a it's a usurpation of uh, uh sovereignty of another nation right yeah. like and that that has not happened in the in the modern kind of like liberal democratic rule of the west era it isn't, you know, saying, you know, borders have been now, very, yeah. very defined now at this point. They've been very sacred. Um, and this is the first time we've seen like a modern day nation invade another modern nation. It's it's one thing when we're invading Afghanistan and Iraq and when the Russians are invading Afghanistan and, and Syria and like all these different things. It's, it's different there because we're. It's not superpowers going to you know at, right. going at each other proxy you know? wars. it's and it's you know it's a couple layers in proxy wars you know we're funding some groups that fund other groups that fight the war you know it's like there's a couple layers of of you know separation there but this is straight up the entirety of the western nations sending 
military equipment right. and supplies, and some populations are volunteering to go fight against another superpower. This is a you're describing a world war. There are economic sanctions all over. We're, we're cutting them out of the banking system. They're looking for other forms of, of currency exchange. Other nations are saying that they won't take part in the sanctions. Yes. China has come out and said that they will resume or they will maintain normal economic uh, activity with Russia mm -hmm. as the United States sanctions happen. Yep. So and there the are people are declaring sides. India is doing the same India's thing. India is doing the same thing. Yep. They're not messing around. And this is weird because India is also traditionally one of our more traditional allies right. in this type of situation. But uh, the Swiss have, for the first time in like modern comprehension, not declared neutrality. And they've come, they've sided with the West. And now you have all sorts of nations asking to be part of the EU and to be part of NATO. And, you know, Finland's getting real concerned because they border Russia on the very northern side i mean everybody's starting to declare themselves aside and if well, that declaring isn't a lot of stuff yeah there's a lot of people declaring a lot of stuff and it's highly uncomfortable and i don't know how to describe that other than war i don't care if we're we haven't declared war against people we've been at war with for a very long time okay right. this is not we how we do things anymore iraq afghanistan yes it's also why there's no argument, you know, people talk about like the, the Hague now bringing up like war criminal charges against Putin. I'm like, that doesn't matter. It doesn't matter, dude. Yes. We're at, we are, this is a war, man. This is not, I don't care if you don't understand how this works. If this nation, Russia, has the power to do this and the rest of the world right now is afraid they're very afraid at going too far too fast with this thing because they know how powerful Russia is. This is not this is not good, man. Yeah. Like this is exponentially more dangerous than any time throughout anybody that's been alive right now's history. Except for maybe the the few hangers on from like, you know, World War II era. Not many of them left, but like nobody else has lived through this shit. The Cold War concept is very, very different now because we can use nuclear weapons now as modernized nations in 2022 and not completely destroy the entire world. It's possible to do that. We have all sorts of different sophisticated tacular nuclear weapons and all this stuff now. It's not the, the, the safety of mutually assured destruction does not necessarily exist anymore like it used to. Word. So let's, we'll talk about that and then because I have a question on that mm -hmm. um, and then we'll hit Zeke's comment here because I think oh, that's important. Um, the mutually shared destruction thing, because mm -hmm. that's, I'm having trouble getting on board with the fear of nuclear warfare. And maybe I don't have a good enough understanding of what that would look like. Um, I, I'm I'm, I am personally still under the understanding whatever you want to put it right mm -hmm. um that mutually assured destruction exists right because to me to think that to think that russia is going to launch a nuclear missile um either means that he doesn't believe in mutually assured destruction or he doesn't believe that we will retaliate or he just doesn't care putin i mean just doesn't care what happens and i just struggle to believe that mm -hmm. you know i i don't because he's not stupid you know no, vladimir putin no. is not stupid and no. so he he knows 
and especially because there are fucking Chernobyl is is right in his backyard. You know, yeah, they he knows, they recently took it back, so he he knows what the dangers are of nuclear warfare, mm-hmm. and so Wait, that was in in his heyday. I'm definitely not trying to say like. He's just posturing, you know, mm-hmm. but I just struggle to get myself to the point of, like, really thinking that there will be nuclear warfare. Okay. So my response to that would be, like, nuclear warfare nowadays doesn't necessarily mean, like, ICBM's largest bomb in the world type of situation. That's the way all nuclear weapons used to be that, but now they're much smaller, much more, you know, we have tactical nuclear devices that can have like a, an effective blast range of like a tenth of a mile and radiation fallout of up to a mile or something like that. They're much more, they can be much more y- low yield, which makes me think that like, especially with how much propaganda is flowing right now and the inability to actually determine what's true and what's not. Obviously, a giant, all these videos of these giant explosions and stuff coming out right now, Everybody's going to think are real when they see them. But also remember, we make movies about that kind of stuff every day. So I don't know. I'm just saying I wouldn't hold it past him to say, like, drop a a small tactically, you know, small yield tactical nuke on a massive city through a small piece of artillery. Yeah. And take out, you know, like a couple blocks of a city all at once. And then he could probably get away with that for a while until the world decides like that actually is proven what happened before anybody does anything and and if it's something that i don't want to say like that's small but when you think of a nuclear blast man you think of that island the island tests and shit like that you know and yeah it's gonna be big but i would say i guess i'm just more concerned that we have the capability to get into nuclear conflict without going as big as everybody might traditionally think nuclear conflict would go. Okay. You know what I mean? We're not going to launch all the ICBMs all around the world because, you know, the tip of Manhattan got destroyed. Like we might, Manhattan would be a bad idea. Let's just say over in Ukraine, like if Odessa, if a few blocks in Odessa got wiped out, and we spent a week arguing about whether or not that's true or Russian propaganda or whatever. And then we find out it is true. Like the ICBMs aren't going to be flying in between now and then. Um, and to your point. That would when, be my guess. Anyways. Well, and to your point of, of people not knowing, um, I, I don't have a good enough understanding. I'm realizing this now. So I need to do more research. I don't have a good enough understanding of modern nuclear arms to... Because to me, that's what I'm thinking. If you know mm-hmm. that they launched a nuclear missile, because it has to be, I don't know, right? I, I would assume if you launch a nuclear missile weapon, you would know about it, right? Someone would know about mm-hmm. it. But that's is that only if it's in if it's an ICBM? Like I, I don't. Yeah, like if know, it's a like a, a nuclear could, missile you could launch, launch a small nuclear weapon and like out of and, a out of a submarine or something. That too. I'm just saying you could have a shell that is it looks like a giant artillery shell. Yeah. Brought over to a howitzer and oh, shot, okay. and okay. then boom—that's a—it's a nuclear device now. Oh, okay. They're not all just missiles necessarily, right? You know, suitcase right. nukes and shit, right? You know, you get some Russian agent walking in downtown Kiev or whatever, and it's got a briefcase with a nuclear bomb in it, and drops it, and then next thing you know, boom! Ha- this entire two blocks of this city go up okay. and disappear. So. Okay, so what I was going to say, to your point of uh, mm-hmm. people not knowing, right? During the 
with the Syrian civil war. Yes. Right. Russia was the one that were deploying chemical weapons. And the entire time the United States was saying it's Assad, it's Assad, it's Assad, but mm. it wasn't. And we yeah. now have, I mean, proof upon proof upon proof that it wasn't him, that it was the Russians. Yeah. Shout out Tulsi. So exactly. So to your point, um, they're obviously pretty good at, I don't know, I'm not, they're good at, but they have the ability to hide shit and make it look like someone else was doing it, mm-hmm. you know? Um, so, okay, so let's address Zeke's comments. So yeah. we'll scroll up a little bit on there, right? Um, said, I wouldn't put too much stake in Russia continuing to fight for a long period of time. Russia has a more fragile economy than most people realize. That's why a majority of the forces in forces fighting in country in ukraine are from belarus the majority of russia uh, russian power hasn't been used yet at all and i don't think Mm. i I definitely we aren't arguing that the majority of russia's power has been used i mean uh, i'm struggling to understand what you mean by them coming from belarus because they're coming from three different fronts certainly the ones coming from belarus are from there but there there are there are three different fronts to this invasion into ukraine so they couldn't all be coming from belarus yeah i mean if um if Moldova was a Russian puppet state like Belarus is, they'd be coming in also from Moldova. Like, that's the way it would go. The only reason they're not coming in from, yeah, they don't really have another entrance into Ukraine just through those states. But it sounds to me like he's saying that they're not, the ones from Belarus are, certainly they're not all Russian forces, but no. Belarus hadn't officially even. They didn't officially declare war or they didn't i don't think they've actually officially declared their siding yet they've joined the invasion yes they have officially joined have. the invasion but it was like two days after the russians had already invaded into ukraine yeah it was so they kind of once they, they couldn't up. all be belarusian forces no and a lot of the yeah because i remember seeing the videos of of the russian tanks through supposed belarus like a couple days before the actual invasion took place too so like I don't They've know how much. They've been mounting forces there for months. They've been mounting forces on the border of Ukraine for months. Yes. I don't understand and the, that's... the argument that they're all from Belarus. There's obviously Russian forces. There are Russian soldiers being killed. I mean, there are. I've... I I would say this real quick. I would argue the fact that the difference between a Belarusian soldier and a Russian soldier are almost non-existent. The relationship that Belarus has with Russia is a puppet state. Is a puppet state. They literally are the same forces. So even if they were or if they if they were Russian soldiers or if they were Belarusian soldiers. Right. Doesn't really matter. I think Zeke is getting any of us. We have not yeah. yet started to talk about the economy and we have not mm-hmm. yet gotten into questions about Ukrainian or about Russian forces, right? So that was we'll one get of there. the it's one of the next points that I was yep. going to make, right? Is um we have seen some of these logistical issues, right? We mm-hmm. have seen the convoy that's being held up it's 40 mile convoy there are, you know debate as to what the issue is we've seen enormous amounts of death coming from the russian forces we know that the russian federation has an enormous military we know of their military might so yeah. my only question would to that effect would be why this is happening the way that it's happening i'm not sure why well, like the limited warfare version if or whether yes because would you I, refer to this as limited warfare on russia's part um in your perspective certainly because they could have i don't know i don't yeah. know i don't know it's uh, tough i'm gonna say i don't know yeah. right but all it's these tough. logistical issues and all this bullshit there's like a huge amount of conscripts that are reportedly being sent in from from the russian side you know yeah. that there are people that they picked up and forced to go there and so and that's, also might they also went i'm not i'm not taking you know any of their responsibility away you don't yeah. have to fucking kill civilians right yeah. so 
But the issues that they are running into, the amount of resistance that is being put up that they're unable to this extent thus far, unable to overcome, mm -hmm. right? The issues with the convoy, the issues with feeding their own people, with putting fuel in their own trucks. How is it? I don't know if they underestimated the Ukrainians because that seems silly. Mm -hmm. I don't know if they underestimated the support they would get from the West because that also seems silly. Yeah. I don't know if he overestimated his own forces because that also seems silly. Um, That's what doesn't make sense about this to me. Um, when you look at like the we could guess for days about what the what why Ukraine is still a, a, a sovereign nation. We could we could ask all day why that is the case. Why hasn't Russia done this? Because I'm pretty sure we both agree that if they wanted to, they could have taken it by now. Yes. Right. But we'll probably never know why they didn't when I think that they probably could have. Unless, you know, we can we could guess all day. We could we can pontificate all day onto the possibilities. Why? But. I mean, at the end of the day, Ukraine still is a sovereign nation to this day. They, the president talked to our Congress this morning. I mean, and there's a reason that there's a reason that's the case. And I don't know what it is. It's, it's probably just the fact that if it went harder, maybe the Western response would have been harder too. Like if it would have been right. more severe, maybe this is what, when Joe Biden was talking before this happened, he said, well, it depends on what kind of, you know, invasion is. If it's a minor incursion, do you call this a minor incursion? I mean, it seems pretty heated, but it's also, I'm left asking the question, why hasn't Russia, why didn't they take over the entire Ukraine like they did in Crimea, where they just showed right. up one day, all undercover, in disguise, and then they all took their disguises off? We're here to kill a bunch of people, arrest a bunch of people, take over the government, and they're done. It's over. And my understanding of that— They could. Well, first let me say this. Mm -hmm. Maybe our question is to Zeke's point, right? His third statement mm -hmm. is, long story short, fellas, we're obviously being baited into conflict. I, yeah. So maybe that is—our question is to his point, that he's doing this to bait as many countries as he can—Putin, right? Is doing this to bait as many countries as he can into the World War conflict to get— mm -hmm. To get a, a best of view as possible of what the sides are going to be. Give it time for nations to decide whose side they're on. Yes. For the nations, yeah, to, and to then, choose the side. And then when you know the logistical and realistic possibility of winning that conflict, then you decide, do I just push on through and take Ukraine and stop? Or do I keep going? Do I do like you said, do I start losing little bit of miniature nuclear weapons do i start ex doing more mm -hmm. uh, chemical weapons there are reports and videos of them using cluster munitions you know within cities anybody doesn't know what that no. is it's one bomb breaks up into a bunch of bombs usually kills a lot of civilians that's why yeah. they're not uh, like i believe sure. geneva kitchens like they're not used but russia don't give a fuck so it's that may be yeah so that may be to zeke's point that um the reason that it is limited is to see Give it time to yeah for people give it to pick a side and see what the beer is going to taste like before you decide if you want to sell it or keep it for yourself. And, ooh, interesting. Let it ferment and see what the beer tastes like. No, yeah. I like. I think that's a good. I mean, that's a good possibility, especially because we know. You know, but the, he's what seventy years old, uh, Vladimir almost. Putin, almost seventy. Like, there's obviously wouldn't be out of the realm of possibility for him to maybe be slipping a little bit or even get desperate or something like that you never know i like, can see the possibility maybe. exists 
It's certainly not zero, but there seems to be easier motivations to find than rely on senility or, you know, the Biden problem. Yeah. You know, he's not Biden. He's not that old. You know, he's a very, he's a very spry looking 70 year old. Um, so I don't know. He just, it doesn't seem, doesn't seem this stupid. He's, this is all seems like it has to be planned of some kind. I mean, what it's Ukraine, man. Yeah. They, they have no problem taking that thing. They're just gauging. If I'm just going to, I'm just thinking out loud here, you know, if they're engaging in the manner they're engaging now, it's just so they do, they try not to draw too, too, too much attention. If they if they don't break the speed limit and only do 10 miles an hour all the way till they take the capitals and take everything, then nobody will say anything. If they do it too fast, NATO is going to get too scared and they're going to somebody's going to screw up. And, you know, there'll be some damn foolish incident in one of the Balkan states. And then, boom, it's all official. But I don't know. Like I said earlier, I'm, I'm you can't convince me right now that it's not World War Three already. In the, the modern day context that we wage war, yeah. they don't need to get American approval to go to war. It, they no. really don't anymore. I think that the West largely, at least in the media, largely overestimates how much Vladimir Putin gives a fuck what anybody thinks about him. Mm-hmm. You know, I think, especially with the sanctions and stuff like that, and we're going to keep talking about it and we're going to call out his actions before he can do them so people know about it. I don't. I think he, I think they're still waiting for him to be like, oh wait, now no one's going to want to do business with me, you know? And I, he doesn't care. He doesn't I really care, don't man. Don't think that he cares. No, nope. I don't I think he cares. I think that that speaks to a simplistic view that people have of Vladimir Putin. That yeah. I told you a conversation with Brian, right? When he was like, he's a nationalist. He's just a nationalist, you know. He's not a fucking Dr. Evil, man. He's not a cartoon villain. No, no. If you treat him like that, he's going to ruin your day. And that's what my concern is, is is underestimating him, you know? And I don't think that— Don't make him a caricature. Yeah, and I don't think that, like, people in the government are necessarily doing that, but certainly the American people, you know? They're like, he's just a national. He's just trying to spread it around, you know, the Russia. And I think it just—it's more complicated than that. And I think— Um, even not on a policy standpoint, I'm just trying to understand the issue. If that's how you're viewing Vladimir Putin or viewing this issue is just, oh, this is just a old Soviet expansion. Like you're never going to truly understand what's going on. And I'm not no. saying I truly understand it, but I definitely have a better understanding than someone who still views Putin as just a nationalist and he's just trying to expand Russia. You yeah. know, like that's not not a good way to be looking at this conflict. Yeah. You know, especially as. Like you said, it starts to expand or has expanded into a global warfare, into world war. That's an ignorant-ass view to be taken on Vladimir Putin or the motivations that that country has for doing what they're doing, you know? Yeah. Yeah, it's not good, man. The um, the concept that—I hear this a lot from, you know, like almost the more shapiro crowds, you know, the more classically conservative neocons and stuff like that. You know, Putin wants to reconstitute the, the USSR, the Soviet Union— he right. wants to do that and all that. That's the. I don't give that concept much merit. I don't. I don't think that that's. I don't think Vladimir Putin has any interest in that. And I think maybe a little bit. Maybe but a not little a, bit. Not enough to motivate this. No. You know. But then you also have the other side of it is not just the communist aspect, but okay, okay. Well, what about no the the czars and the tsarinas, the the Russian Empire days of glory and things like that back when they still owned Alaska. 
matter of fact, like that era. Yeah. Uh, you know, when uh, when when the Queen of England and the Tsar of Russia were cousins, like that type of era. I think that has a little bit more weight. But even then, in the modern world, even even taking into account the difference between like Eastern and Western worlds, you know, the, the different the structural differences, Vladimir Putin has way more power and control throughout the entire world today in our current system than he ever would trying to revert to one of those older systems like that or bring in that form right. of power. It's like, that's not, it doesn't make sense at the end of the day. He's, he's one of the most powerful people on the face of the planet today, right now. It's the reason the whole world's getting into the shit right, right now. Why would he risk that? Yeah. Just to expand the He knows the what Russian he is. Empire. Yeah, he and knows I'm, what he is. And I don't, I still, I don't quite understand. Like, I, I have a feeling I know. I have a feeling. I like a theory of why he's doing what he's doing. I like one of the theories behind it. Well, before you explain it, we should nope. say Putin's explanation of why he's doing it is to denazify Ukraine. <laughs> yes. Right. Among other things, he said that there yeah. are there are there are fucking Nazis in every country. As weird yeah. as it is, weird as it may seem, Nazis aren't everybody. Everybody can be racist. So Word. There, there are Nazis in Ukraine, just as there are Nazis in Russia, and yep. there are Nazis in America. There are Nazis in Canada. Yes. There are Nazis everywhere where there are white people that are there to be white supremacists. Is it called the white or the asshole? I don't remember what it's called, but yeah. So that was part of his justification is we're going to denazify Ukraine, and that's why we need to uh, invade them. But because um, I learned a lot about that Azov Battalion, Azov Battalion. the Azov Battalion from Majinois. Um, because there are some, and when they he was are on there the IRL, fighting. They are there fighting. They are there fighting. They do happening. exist. There is a there is a literal Nazi battalion that is in the regular Ukrainian army, and they are fighting, and they are being all fucked up. Yeah. They are indeed. Um, there's a video that they talked about on uh, the IRL podcast. Easy, take down the whole studio. About like uh, these Azov soldiers rubbing their you, their their bullet tips you know the rounds the end of the round in pork fat before they went to go fight right it's a video i saw the video they yeah. had played it on the show and that was to illustrate the point of like you know why why is it that we as americans can't comprehend um putin's concept of denazification right because we have a different concept of what Nazis are. We are Nazis compared to a lot of people in America, right? right? It's a whole deal, right? These are actual Nazis. So much so that, like, it's not a white people, white people thing. No. The way these, this Azov battalion, these people see Ukraine and the Ukrainians as the last bastion of European whiteness. Russia is part of Asia. They right. see Russians as Asians. Hence, the racial divide and the, like the true Nazism and how you could have like a white on white conflict right. with it and still be an actual card carrying fucking Nazi with tattoos and shit. So that's, it was, it was a fascinating concept that that right. still existed anyways, but. And it speaks, it speaks more to, I'm, it's I'm not it, trying it's, to idealize Vladimir Putin, right? I'm trying mm -hmm. to impress on people that this is, it's so not simple. It's so complicated. Mm -hmm. It speaks to the complexity of Vladimir Putin yes. and that he believes what he is doing. Yeah. Right. And that he believes in what he's doing, whatever the reason is, he yeah. actually believes in it. Mm -hmm. He genuinely believes in that. Yeah. And whatever the concept of denazification 
makes sense to a lot of Russian people. We are not that it doesn't the way when he says that oh it doesn't God. make sense to us. Is that the that IPA? That is so good. It's, this yeah, is the tall, the, yeah, the tall yeah. hold. The Shut off. Shut off. Shut off. Shut off. There it is. This Shout is, out. Oh Western Red Brewing. The tall this, hold pale ale. This pale ale is fucking delicious. Sorry. I just, I have a little bad news. It's the last one. Mm. I, was, I was saving that one particularly for you. Oh, God, that's good. Yeah. I'm so oh glad you like God, it. Oh, my God, that's good. <laughs> I love that. Good. Good. It's. It's one of the best pale ales I've found. Just enough hops. That's an instant. But a nice like, maltiness. You can grab a six pack at the hands grill on your way out. That's if a top, you want. That's it's, a top fiver. It's pretty fantastic. Eleven ninety nine for a six pack. That's good. Mm-hmm. Yes. Score. Sorry. <sighs> anyway, we were. We were. Yeah. But the fact is, sorry to. Uh, What's your to theory? wrap it yes. up? Well, no, I'll get to the theory in right, a second. Right, right. But to wrap up that aspect of it, right? When Russia talks about denazification and as an excuse for invasion, means it sounds completely ridiculous to us. And it is completely ridiculous, but it plays back home better than it plays in America. Our perspective right. on this cannot be the same because we have a different worldview altogether. Um, yeah, word. So that's my thing about it. I learned no, a lot I'm about the Nazi that, people yeah, this week because, sense. yeah, if you haven't watched that Majin Nuwaz episode, by the way, throw that in queue for this week because it is a Great episode. Modge is this week. Modge is awesome. Um, so yeah, the uh, my why is Russia doing this? I have a theory. Yeah, the theory right? that you because I don't know at this point. I don't know. I'm, I've not given there hasn't been enough time for me to learn about enough shit to try and contextualize it enough mm -hmm. to really understand why this would it would it make you. Okay, so for context. Does it make me Randy? Is that what you're going to ask Does me? Does it make you Randy, <laughs> baby? I wish Sorry. I knew more like Austin Power one-liners. Um, I, watched, I watched one of those a couple weeks ago. So Cold. Um, the, it gets kind of uncomfortable when we talk about this. Let's right? hear it. Um, make me uncomfortable. Klaus, uh, the, Klaus Schwab. Think about Klaus Schwab okay. and the World Economic Forum. Yeah, yeah, New right? World Order. Right, New World Order. And you remember the, the Ukrainian you remember the Ukrainian PM that uh, the video, the viral video came out. I don't remember if we talked about it last episode or not. She what she put out a TikTok or a social media video with her standing in her um, or no, this was an interview. The, the first one she was standing in her her like apartment with an AK forty seven. Oh, the a, picture, PM, yeah, yeah, right? okay. So we but saw the picture. Yeah, we saw the parliament. picture. Yes, and then later on she was on an interview with somebody and she said, you know, part of the reason is because we have to we have to fight for this new world economic order. Oh, you God. know what I mean? Like <laughs> oh God, the the world Western economic order. I can't remember the exact oh, verbiage of it, but it was it was the new world order. Right, and that was <laughs> that she said that right. Now, the conspiracy people went nuts, right? Because yeah, sure. they go, this is it. We're on Russia's side now, guys. Oh, no. Oh, God. Oh, word. Oh, God. Like, within people I know personally, that happened. Because, oh, no. because you know how devoted those people are against the world, even because they're right. pedophile bloodsuckers of children. And, and shit, we're, right? we're no friends but, of the New World Order. No, we are but. not. But to a Ukrainian... Ukrainian prime minister that refers to the liberal the member new of parliament. Member of parliament, sorry. Um, Just so that no one's fucking. Yes. You fucking idiot. <laughs> yeah. 
Exactly. To somebody that's not in the EU, that is not part of our new world order. Right. You know, that's part of the globalized network of trade. And, you know, the EU, NATO nations, and, and, and the Americas have a very different relationship with each other and a different worldview completely than the East does, than Russia does. Russian, they don't have the same worldview. They don't necessarily believe right. in globalization and things like that. There's, there's a reason why they're not a massive trade partner of the West other than like a few things like oil and energy and the important shit that actually matters if they cut you off. Shit that everybody needs. Word. We're not buying a bunch of knickknacks and bullshit from Russia right. all the time. We're not, we're, not, we're not buying the cheap <laughs> Chinese knockoffs. There's none of those. No. that's And it, I mean, it sounds funny, right? But it's real. We don't do that. They don't the rely on the West for trade. <laughs> that would be funny. That would be funny. I want some Estonia. Actually, Estonia is part of NATO. Shit, I forgot about that. But, Give me um, some Russian knockoffs. I want them. Word, right? Yeah, some of those, those dolls that get smaller. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but they see this as something that will eventually come down to it's very similar to the communism situation. Communism was that fight because the the West was trying to kill communism. Now he sees the West as trying to kill his way of life, which he sees as the way it used to be here. Word. Word. He wants to be in charge of his nation. He wants his and his oligarchs and his system of governance to maintain their way of life you don't want a world order you want he, a Russian he doesn't order. he doesn't give a shit he doesn't want yeah. to care about what germany says he should do back home it's my contention with the eu too right and like, he this even, is where it gets uncomfortable because i don't disagree with them and he doesn't even want to necessarily expand russia he wants to have a buffer around russia that but the new that world is order bullshit reach him that's bullshit because right. he, estonia latvia lithuania already border russia and belarus turkey right and then in between all three of those he's got that tiny little pimple of russian sovereign land that is called uh 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 shit i'm gonna have to look at it real quick it borders um kaliningrad kaliningrad borders it's stuck oh shit i'm gonna have to pull it up on the thing i'll pull pull it. it up here in a second um kaliningrad is this tiny little let's go big wide shot tiny little uh you know it's a piece of russia stuck between three other countries that has a nice um you know let's go to google maps here you know what we're gonna go over here we're gonna hit the magic five button and now you guys are navigating with me here we go we're gonna go here uh we're gonna zoom out (laughs) real quick for fuck's sakes (laughs) We've talked about this before, <laughs> Jesus. We're, that's all right. We're lucky enough. This little sliver right here. Oh. See that? That's right there. That's Russia? That's good. Here's, here's Russia proper. Here's Ukraine. You see the problem. Ukraine's pretty big. Belarus, Russian puppet state. Consider Belarus part of Russia. Now, you also have Lithuania, Latvia, Estonia. Right on the border. So Bo- all three are NATO nations. In between Poland, Poland. and Lithuania right yes. there is a little piece of Russia. This is a little piece of Russia. Look, you go to Kaliningrad. No fucking shit. Russia. It is part of Russia. This is Russian sovereign land. The other day, we what had an issue are? with Sweden. Sweden. Um, shit, I got to go back. So they, violated, uh, they, oh, they said they violated airspace. This is the island right there. Jutland. I think it's, it's, I think it's pronounced Jutland. Okay. Um, but... 
they violated Swedish airspace because they left from Kaliningrad and fucked with their airspace over here. I want to show you something, Donovan. You see this? You see how fucking far away right. this is? 50 miles. 50 miles. 50 miles. You know what else? I mean, I'm pretty sure this is Russian right here. Hey, look. Hey, look. This is Russia right there. You know what that is? That's Japan. Oh. Sapporo. Ooh. Okay. Ooh, that's very close. It's very close. And it's real close to China and North Korea. It's kind of a fucked up place to be if you're them. Russia's so big, bro. So How do you end up with such a big country? So what I'm saying. Like that's such an enormous I don't know. Russia's well, it's because a lot of it right? is uninhabitable. Let's just let's put just it that way. Just frozen and shit. Right. It's a whole it's a whole deal, but That makes sense. Um Cuz there But that's what we're talking about, man. How many people live in Russia, right? No. How many people live in Russia? What's the population of Russia? Uh, let's see. Russia more, population more or less than america it's definitely going to be less really yeah population well, there's only like 330 million in america right what, what I oh i'm in map of course i'm not going to get a good search result map you know it goes hey here's russian population what do you want here's a bunch of russian places <laughs> okay uh wow half of america 144 no million shit. of as of 2020 yeah Real talk, bro. <laughs> it all kind of starts to feel weird when you know about all these little details, right? Okay, and I don't say this to promote any type of idea. This is just the first thing I thought when you said <laughs> oh, that. How does America not stomp a Russian dick in the dirt? Like, what is that about? Uh, it's also important to remember, though dated, Russia has the most nuclear weapons out of right, okay. everybody put together. It's the most sure destruction thing. Yeah. It's if you try and stomp our dick in the dirt, yeah. we go nuke you. Okay. Indeed. Okay. So, right. you know. So that's, I think, that's my theory um, behind why they're doing this. It's because he sees it as he's threatened culturally. It's it's not only will he not be in power. He'll probably live and die still under power. But if he wants his Russian heritage and, his, and their way of life to continue, he has to stop this. And mm -hmm. I can, it, like, I disagree with how you're doing it. Right. It would be nice to have like a big liberal conversation and debate about the, eth you know, the ethics and the, you know, the, the right and wrongs of various ideologies and have a, a general <laughs> liberal ideology where nations can kind of do some fuckery. But at the end of the day, we all agree to leave each other alone. And you mean truly liberal, not in yes. the way that the conservatives like to say liberal. Yes. Not that way. Truly, actually liberty minded. Yeah, that's my. That's my theory on why he's doing it. I don't agree with it, but that's what I think it's, hmm. and I think it's understandable. You know, I, to that. you I know, think... it, it makes sense for an empire to have an excuse to go to war. It, it, it makes sense. The only thing I broke it down to when I was talking to Brian, uh -huh. right? All, all I can really do, because I don't know that much about the background of it, is like reactionary things, you know? The things that Vladimir Putin is saying, I know for a fact NATO has expanded. We're, oh, yeah. we're doling out money all over the place, right? Yep. So <laughs> We're literally buying weapons that they're fighting you, against right now. And if you try and put yourself in the in the mind of Vladimir Putin, right? And we are talking about it last weekend at the condo. And we're thinking about the same deal as people who, who are against abortion, right? You have to consider they actually, they really believe what they're saying. They're not saying it because they want something else. They actually believe it, right? Yep. So... If Vladimir Putin does really feel like his way of life is being threatened, right, on an economical fashion, on a global government fashion. And also tell me it's not. And then you're all, he's also actively seeing the expansion of NATO, right, mm -hmm. eastward. Yep. and Literally he, on his borders. And 
when you talk about Ukraine specifically, we talked about this a little bit last week, right? It was before the two areas were declared sovereign. It was pretty split on whether or not people, they actually wanted to be part of NATO. Yeah. You know, there's been talks for years and years and years, and they're not part of NATO anymore. Putin and Russian colonialism is to acquire more land masses, obvious. I think that's definitely part of it. I think it's part yeah. of it. I mean, right? it makes sense. I think it's part of it. It used to be what so, we did. We took shit from each other. So in my opinion, right, if NATO wanted Ukraine to be part of NATO, it mm -hmm. would have happened by now. It would have happened by now. Yeah, they don't want you that. You know, and... Because that means problems. They don't want that. problems. I got 99 problems, and Ukraine ain't one, so let's so keep it when, that way. So when the, the talks happen, the peace talks between... Peace talks, you know, the negotiations between the United States and Russia, and the United States is completely unwilling to say we won't admit Ukraine to NATO, even though right now they're saying we're that's not on the agenda for us to add Ukraine to NATO, mm -hmm. even while we're supporting them militarily, financially, right? This is happening. Putin is going to see that and say, why, why not? You know, it, it, there's no, no give at all, you know, no. on his, on from his perspective and so why why would why would he do anything else mm -hmm. you know if this is concerned why would he do anything else what other choice does he have and i'm not like he couldn't do anything else but he's already been amassing soldiers on the border the forces are there it's already happened we're gonna just go home now no yeah he's not gonna just go home now just take everyone and go home no. that's not how it's gonna work you know especially if he's not gonna get any capitulation for at all from any of the western mm -hmm. nations he's gonna just go for it he's that this is a preparing force or i'm just gonna go for yeah. it so I will say this, though, like if if he was to amass his forces on the borders like he did, and then if he was to back down and just pull everybody back and then he goes, hey, we were just doing a training exercise. He did that once before and then never fully pulled everybody back and then came back with more people. Right. We remember seeing that. Now that he still has the option to make something up and not take an ego hit and and pull back and not do anything and not engage. The minute he crossed that line to actually engage, he committed, and he can't go back with nothing. Right. Like he won't go back with nothing. That's he's not going to take Too an L. Now. He's uh, at least at this point, he's nowhere near exhausted enough that he would take an L. There's so much more left in the chamber for him to keep on firing. So he, there's no, there's no way now, unless the West gives him an excuse for a W, there's no way he's done yet. Right. And that's, it's not going to stop. Um, so let's go ahead. I was going to say, I wanted to bring this up. Yes. Uh, this was from this morning. Okay. Uh, when I woke up, there's an article from The Hill. Um, and I'm just going to read it here. I took some screenshots. Um, the Ukrainian President Volodymyr Zelensky participated in a call with a bipartisan group of more than 280 members of Congress Holy on Saturday shit. morning. This was this morning. During which the lawmaker said he laid out ways the U.S. could help his country fight against Russia. Over Zoom, Zelensky requested additional airplanes. Over Zoom. A, yeah, this was over Zoom. <laughs> That's just funny to hear. Yeah, <laughs> over China. Zoom is uh, hosting yeah, right. fucking international <laughs> peace talks. And that's just hilarious. So anyway, <laughs> yes. Yeah, so, yeah, they, they've okay. So they've requested awesome. additional airplanes, a stoppage of oil purchases from Russia, and the establishment of a no-fly zone over Ukrainian airspace. So he's asking for all the things that the West cannot give, except for airplanes. Yes. The only thing we can give him is more airplanes. We cannot stop buying oil from Russia. We cannot do that. We doubled our oil, our crude oil purchases 
while this was happening yeah from russia right that was a thing that happened and we, it's still happening um again we don't need to but biden made it so we had to and on top of that the no fly zone that means direct military confrontation has to be with enforced. russia it has to be enforced yes. you can't just declare a no fly zone and russia's going to say oh shit okay you got to start shooting planes yeah down. you have to have a presence there to enforce yeah. the no fly zone so the point of that there's that means actual war this is like the yes this is the war hawkery that we were talking about earlier yeah. from the conservatives that from the republicans that are like we need to establish a no fly zone yep. to a to a lesser extent i was and still kind of am viewing the talk about nuclear warfare as like softened war hawkery you know like yeah. you're threatening nuclear warfare you're like if we don't get involved if if nothing yeah. if someone doesn't do something then there's going to be nukes at hand you know yeah. which to me the only logical conclusion from that point is like oh, so we need to mm -hmm. intervene is what you're saying like and to add to your point right part of me talking about that and 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 yeah and and noting just you noting the you. added possibilities let's just put it this way because during the cold war there was a certain possibility that nuclear catastrophe could occur right the only point being that in today's world the likelihood the chance of using a nuclear weapon of some kind is exponentially greater than it used to be that's the only thing. And I still, too, like... Because the scale can be lower than it was at that time. Yeah, but at the end of the day, it's going to be noted that somebody crossed, you know, that they crossed the line. Right. And then things will escalate to whatever the next plateau is, and I don't want to know what that is. So I, I don't know like, if it's going to yeah. happen, but the possibility is certainly greater than it used to be. So with that being said, I still don't think he's going to use them, at least not now. So... Under the assumption that it's not going to, we can keep wrestling with it because I don't think he's that desperate yet. Yeah, but breaking points, you know, they're making they're like they're making it seem like it's going to happen any day. Like they could launch a nuke at any moment. Wait, wait and the then, leftist you know, podcast? One well, thinks even, that we should go to war with Ukraine or well, with Russia. They'll even say they're like they're like you know it's not even even if it's only a one percent chance. You know, one percent is still a lot. You're like this is very serious. It's oh, been, like the chance to go to to go to nuclear okay, warfare, okay, okay. Of nuclear warfare of yeah. them launching a nuke. You know, I don't want to like uh, label them as something if. No, I'm being hyperbolic, no. so and they're not. They definitely aren't in favor of warfare. I don't. I thought they were the, very anti. -war. The trouble that I've been having with them is that they aren't posing any type of anything. There is no solution on their end. It's just this is bad. This is bad. This is bad. Okay. Which I agree with, but you can't. You just can't do nothing. You know, <laughs> even even if your strategy is we aren't going to have any role in this at all that's not doing nothing that's excluding yourself that's choosing to separate yourself from the situation and i'm not saying that's the right thing to do but that's that is a possible solution if that's what the argument is you know yeah um but yeah they're they will expand on it like it is very very likely and could happen at any moment and mm -hmm. then say even if it's only a one percent chance you know we need to take it very seriously and so it's a, a small part of the rhetoric that minimizes the chance or i don't think even minimizes i think makes realistic the chance the possibility of nuclear warfare mm -hmm. because i just struggle to not to go back to it too much but gotta imagine if forces on the ground someone's got a guy your counter because they know that Russia has nukes, you know? If if what you're saying is true about the potential of, like, very minimal nuclear warfare and things like that, then someone has got to have a Geiger counter. And if they see something that they think looks like it might have been a nuke, 
they're going to start waving it around. And within, oh, yeah, yeah, Within yeah. 24 hours, we're going to know they definitely launched something over there, even if we didn't know at the time. We're going to know that somebody that has an affiliation to one side or the other says that there was nuclear weapons oh, okay. used okay. or not. That's my – and that's okay. ultimately yeah, yeah, my yeah. problem with it is that the – Because you the, can't trust anybody fully as far as information No, goes. man. This is the – like, you got to recognize that this is the first time this level of warfare is happening in our generation. Right. And our – the fact that in our information universe that we live in now, like – we colloquially say, you know, in the age of social media or whatever, but it's bigger than that. It's fucking Zoom calls. You know, he doesn't have to fly over here to beg for the United States. He just hops on the Chinese-sponsored Zoom, and then, hey, there you go. He probably still has, like, uh, the camouflage pants on or green pants on, but just of course a, he does. a suit top, you know? Yeah. The problem was is when they reached back in the vault and pulled the picture of him in the fatigues from, like, two years ago. God, like, know. he had to dress that same way now yeah. again, which I would hope is just the standard ukrainian presidential military dress because then it would be easier to follow but hey you know whatever but that's the thing and i don't i don't fault them at all for doing that like i understand how propaganda works but i also understand that on the internet when it comes to like little videos and pictures and i watched the i watched a video yes or this morning of a russian gunship getting fucking surface to air missiled down to the ground and crashing in a fucking field oh, no shit. like it, i just saw it <laughs> just watched it on YouTube this morning. I don't know if that was... I don't know where that came from. I don't know that. I'm at, assuming that it's from the conflict. I don't know that. At the end of this segment, um, mm -hmm. before we break, I'm going to share some Instagram pages of dudes that I have very serious confidence are on the ground there. And so if people are interested in some... Mm -hmm first-hand accounts of what's happening um one of them i don't know his name he, he was he's a guy that used to run the account for forward observations and i've sent you some of their shit before they do like military documentaries like these guys yeah. are this particular dude is it seems to be a contractor of some type um but he's there's no doubt that he's legitimate he he is he did go to poland he is in ukraine mm -hmm. he and so and ain't the, that the problem man so the accounts like, that i'm gonna share are his and then some that he has said these are yeah. other people i am with it's, over here that's called trusted sources yes right and that's really what that comes down to is you're kind of doing some journalism -y type stuff by finding a trusted source you believe is is honest and trustworthy and it does yeah. and is obviously in the ground because of the nature of that of that communications that yeah it's the... not it's not the, the 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 video you're getting from the mainstream media I, it's like I want to break that apart too, because cable news mainstream media is doing a totally different thing right now than like what the corporate rest of press. the corporate press yeah. is doing, and it's all bad, and so it's hard to weed through. Some of it's true, some of it's not. But when you're getting those first, when you find people that are actually on the ground, like I got a couple of Twitter people that are doing that, but it's mostly tech stuff. Yeah. Um, but you know who they are through someone else that you trust, and they know someone. You know, it's a weird thing about sources and methods and shit. Yeah, but no, I'll pull up some of it's their a thing. shit, um, and I'll share some of those pages mm -hmm. at the end of this segment, so that if you guys want to go on Instagram and get some, what I personally feel are legitimate firsthand accounts of what's happening there from yeah. a secret military perspective. You know, like I said, they're they're de they're not part of the military. These guys could because they're going by themselves. Yeah. So they're not part of the American military. They are. Maybe contractors at one point who are now taking it upon themselves because you can, Ukraine established a foreign legion essentially for people to volunteer and go and fight there. Yep. If you are so inclined, 
you can go to your local embassy office. There's one in Seattle, just it's really close to the stadiums down in the international you district. That's where it's at. Sign the paperwork. Yep. You can volunteer to go. You will be subject to whatever classifications, whatever questions they want. When yeah. you go there, you will not be able to bring your own weapon. Most likely, you they will ain't have American, to be. Bro. No, you will be fighting with the Ukrainian military. But if you are so inclined. You know, mm-hmm. there are there are lots of people, fake ass motherfuckers, you know, send me right now, I'll fucking go blah blah blah. Oh, yeah. Go do it. But if you are so inclined, if the avenue exists for you to yeah. use a passport to go to Ukraine and assist in the military operations that are happening there under the foreign legions that they have established. Yeah. So You know what's funny? It's like that uh one of my favorite movies of all time. This oh, you can't really see it up there. Casablanca. Casablanca. Right. There's a whole storyline about the main character in that, Rick. Um, owns Ricks. He ran guns in Ethiopia during the fighting down there during World War II. He ran guns for the Spanish, or the beginning of World War One, for the Spanish during the Spanish Civil War. Like the whole concept of a foreigner going to fight for like those, and, and you know the opposite line at the time is you know he's talking about this. Yeah, isn't it always funny that you found yourself like on the, or I find myself on the side that was a uh, losing or something like that. I right. can't remember the exact line. And I'm shaming myself for saying that now. It's like my favorite movie. But um, like that's happening right now. There are literally right now, a, there's not that many because it hasn't been around that long. But there's a few Americans over there right now actually fighting for Ukraine. Yes. Which is a very I, – I respect the shit out of people that oh, would do fuck that. fuck yeah. The amount of – because it's not as easy as that dude's like, yeah, I'll go fucking fight. Like yeah. you said, there's a lot involved, man. These are governments – agreeing to share their citizens so that one of their citizens can go fight in a in a war right like it's a it's an official deal that it's not just you get on a plane and go volunteer to fight that's not how no it is so much you more in depth for that go to fight yes you are being rolled in to the ukrainian forces in a legion that they have of foreign fighters you will be given a select fire ak in most likely and be told to get the fuck out this there round is slightly done. different than what i'm used to yeah <laughs> So no, I I hundred percent agree. I don't as I used to have this week. I purchased, I purchased Ooh. on Amazon a season of a show called Surviving the Cut, and it's about different military inductee programs for like the Rangers and for the Green Berets and just mm-hmm. the shit that they have to go through to get into the program, you know. And at the time that it was made and the time that I watched it at first, and that's why I bought it, because I was thinking about it, and I was like, yeah, that's fucking inspirational. You know, they're, like, putting in work, and they're fucking going, and then I was watching it. Like, these guys fucking, these guys fought for a war that they didn't even understand and that I don't believe in, you know? And so the yeah. respect that I had for it the first time that I watched it, I didn't have this time. Ooh, that's and tough. And I'm yeah, not saying I don't tough. respect the military. I'm not going to qualify anything I'm saying. I don't feel like I need to explain myself. Yeah. I, the cause that the military stands for now is not what it used to be. And the respect I have for... I even was thinking on the way here as an un, unhappy, quote-unquote, right? Because I'm not unhappy with my life, but mm. in yeah, with the current station. You know what I'm saying, right? Yeah. It was like, if it was a different time, I would just I would just join the Army or something, you know? But I so much don't believe in the military as it stands now. You don't even have the option. That I wouldn't do it. You know, yeah. I, would, I would not do it. But That's option has existed in America for yeah. so many generations. But unfortunately now, if you believe in the things that those people volunteered to fight for back then, like, right. you can't do that in today's world. I don't. And yeah. that's what I thought is, like, I don't. Because that's why you didn't I, become a cop, too. Because I... Do you know what I'm saying? Word. I don't believe in it. 
Um, Got to run, guys. Thank Later. You, Lenny. Larry, it's been real. Lenny. Lenny. I'm always calling him Larry, so <laughs> now it's tradition. Back to it. <laughs> Thank you, Lenny. It was good having you. It's great yeah. to have you there, So Lenny. let's expand a little bit, talk about some economics, right? Yes. There's oil. There's things like this going on. So I'd say consequences of um, involvement with Russia. Yes. Right? So one thing that I want to talk about first that I didn't – I learned about yesterday. Okay. And Zeke is going to wag his finger from Indiana at me for not knowing about this, right? That's right. Deservedly so, Zeke. Two years ago, there's an oil war that happens between Russia and Saudi Arabia mm -hmm. that no one knows about in America. You know? and there was like a few. They, we re, we remember there are a few reports of um, explosions of oil plants and things like that, and everybody yeah. assumed it was like the Jews. So, it was not reported the way that it should have no. been in America because we were we were lied to. Oil prices dropped to literally negative. They, yeah. Like you were having to pay to sell your oil because Russia and Saudi Arabia were flooding the market yep. so insanely during COVID oh, when yeah. the demand was so low that they were paying money for it to try and see who was going to do it, right? I think Biden at the time was like, hey, guys, you need to like not – he was, I'm not saying no one mentioned it. Right. I'm saying that that's such a crazy, serious world event that the the idea that that didn't have the the main focus right. of corporate media yeah. coverage. If is I'm crazy like remembering little tidbits of it, I'm yes. going, you guys didn't do your job and yes. tell me how important this was. I read about it and I said, I'm sorry, what? <laughs> yep. So I literally didn't know that this happened. Okay. Right? And that's I that's on me, right? I'll own it. But the, the market was to the point that American refineries were going bankrupt. They couldn't afford to stay open. We had numerous American refineries that went bankrupt, right? Oh, so that, I feel like we're going to have to do a deep dive on this so one day. Part of the reason we are having to purchase so much Russian oil is because we literally don't have as many refineries as we did during Donald Trump. And that's, I'm, not blaming, that's, I'm not blaming Joe Biden. That's just a, a time comparison, right? That it was... In when Donald Trump came into office, we don't have as many refineries now as we did then because so mm. many went bankrupt during this Saudi-Russian oil war. They couldn't afford to stay open. Okay, so that I had. Yes. I had no idea. Because yes. instantly you go, why are we Why are we buying all this oil? Let's just get back to, let's get back to uh, the, the Canada, uh, Canada, America the Keystone pipeline. XL. Keystone pipeline. So the Keystone next like, we'll like, get there. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, okay, we'll get there, good. We'll, we'll, we'll get, get there. there. Yeah, this is first. Um, so <laughs> this is first. <laughs> there's, there's, a, there's a lot here, right? Mm -hmm. um, so at the same time, maybe it's on my phone, um, at the mm. same time that all these refineries were closing, um, we also, when Joe Biden came into office, he also canceled all of the new drilling permits. That were there. So the drilling permits could no longer be done. And, and when Jen Psaki has been asked about the stoppage of oil purchases from Russia, that's been one of her responses is, excuse me, do the oil companies not have enough money to drill the current, um, the current permits that exist? And it seems to me from what I'm reading that they don't necessarily, I, I don't they do and they don't have the amount of money that requires to drill the existing permits, but the amount of purchasing that's happening from the United States to other countries doesn't seem to necessitate that, especially when 
the United States government and the Biden administration in particular has shown such disfavor towards oil and towards fossil fuels and is so intent on pushing towards green energy, it doesn't make sense for the oil companies to invest money in building entirely new rigs and entirely new operations if within the next five years they're going to have to be taken down. Yeah. So so that's part of why we're here. And what I was saying when you were in the bathroom is that when Jen Psaki is asked about America not buying Russian oil, part of her response is, oh, well, do the oil companies not have enough money to drill the current permits that exist? Because yeah. they paused all new permits when they came into office, Joe Biden. Yeah. And that's what I was saying. I don't it doesn't seem like it makes fiscal sense for them to start entirely new mining operations or drilling operations if you're telling them within the next 10 years you're going to cut it off anyway. Yeah. Why would they invest the money? Especially now when they're not for a short period of time while Russia is in this predicament or while they're doing the, I don't predicament, I don't want to minimize anything, but while this is happening, gas prices are high or oil prices are high. Two years ago, they were negative. They don't have any reason to believe that they will maintain at $100 a barrel, over $100 a barrel. When this article, this is from the Atlanta Council, which is like a whole... The Atlanta Council? Yes. Yeah. So that's like a whole other thing, a whole other... That's a whole other conversation. That I fell down, <laughs> that I was like, no. what the fuck is this? Yeah, I got distracted. It was bad. I lost a whole evening of research to the, to the Atlanta Council. I swore Ooh. to God. To like funding, and they have like a... A Eurasia Council. It was a whole deal. I got lost. It was not good. So, either way, March 26th of 2020, the Russian-Saudi oil war, $15 per barrel? That, that's what I'm saying. So, two years ago, it was $15 a barrel. So, that's the... In the midst of the COVIDness. And even if... No, not even if. If we follow the logic of the Biden administration that oil companies are vicious and evil and all they want to do is mine for as much money as possible yeah. then it doesn't make sense for them to start these new operations on the existing permits because you're going to make them destroy them in the next 10 years well yeah so following your logic why would they right thus puts us at least partially at this point of yeah. oil dependency on russia and on other countries because yeah. second part right Keystone Pipeline. Yes. So the Keystone XL Pipeline was never actually operational. Check. Right? Only like 8% of it or whatever was yeah. actually done. There was Just so Just like the Nord Stream many, 2. Yes. There Pardon were so me. many protests and insanity around the Keystone XL Pipeline that it was delayed to the point that even though it felt like it was being built for years. Never really was. Only a really small portion of it yeah. actually was built. Yep. So there's a lot of Republicans that... It's like weird, co not weird, I guess, but it's coded language where they're saying, well, if he wouldn't have canceled the Keystone XL pipeline, then we wouldn't be in this position, which makes mm -hmm. it sound like we were getting a large amount of our oil production from the Keystone XL pipeline, which is mm -hmm. not true. Which is not true. But you can... Speculation is involved. You Yes, you the, can speculate that you know. if the Keystone XL pipeline was completed, yes. then we would not be as dependent as we are on Russian oil at this point in time. Even though you can't even say that it would definitely be done by now if we mm -hmm. had followed through, because even Probably just off be. of the protests, people were dying. Like shit, shit was Word. bad on the Keystone XL protests. So they yeah. might have touched on it slightly, maybe adjacently in Yellowstone, the show. 
Um, <laughs> they, yeah, I'm pretty sure. But that's that is a that's a thing that nobody I think really accounts for at this point is the speculation is is what is. It's not even the actual price. No, I mean, it affects the price because people look at it and say, okay, in five years. You know, Keystone's going to be done, and X amount of volume is going to be flowing through this, that, and the other thing. And they take all these different downstream effects into account, and then they say, okay. And due to looking at that, looking at how much we think the price is going to be at that point in time, that's how much it's worth now. And it's this weird, and it happens on Wall Street all the time with different stocks and all this stuff, but that's essentially what we're talking about. The price of a consumable good traded between nations. And... So we look at Nord Stream 2, and if Nord Stream 2 is going to come online, you know, we know for a fact that there's going to be a shit ton of oil flowing right into Germany, and it's going to affect the price this much because they're going to charge this much probably, but that they also have this kind of manipulation factor, right. blah, 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 and then same with this and, and from Canada and all this. So, it'll, so they ultimately will come down to a price. They speculate on what that's going to be, and our price per gallon at the pump right now is based off of speculation not true cost. Right. And a lot of the just the taxes that go with it too, which is another aside. But yeah. So that's oil that's futures, the importance of those things. Oil, oil futures. futures is a whole industry of investing yeah. and like that. Yeah. You're betting on the future, bro. Yes. It's a weird deal. Yes. It's also so, yeah. So this whole point of I don't want to say it's completely wrong the keystone xl thing because there could be an element of truth to it yeah um if everything were to work out perfectly there is no reason to believe that it would definitely be done by now and we would definitely be getting oil yeah. flowing from canada to now from the tar sands and all this shit have you seen how it, fast most government projects go yeah. like how fast yeah. like you know freeways get built and modified years and years and years and years and years and years yeah, it's possible but i wouldn't bet on it so yeah if if that's something that you guys are saying, I've heard at work several times this week. If we just saw pipeline, keeps on Excel, yeah. and it was, I was never like, oh yeah, totally. You know, I was like, yeah, it mm -hmm. might make sense. You know, and then after a little more research, I'm like, well, it doesn't really make that much sense. So, yeah. so if that's something that you're saying or something you're hearing be said a lot, you can tell someone. Maybe, maybe you, you might be right. Yeah. It might, but there's, there's a there's a little bit of you know there's a grain of truth in there that might yes. be true, but it's only an aspect of it. Yes, so there's also the portion of just the refocus of the Biden administration, like I was saying, um, towards greener energies, even like natural gas and things like that. We get more of our energy from that than we do from coal and oil nowadays. So, yeah, um, that's weird. There's just not our market anymore. We fucked ourselves out of that. And this is kind of what you get when you compromise your industry on something that you still depend on mm -hmm. and you try and leverage that towards the future of sustainability or whatever you want to call it you know when you leverage your industry on the future yeah. this is what you get it, because you can't predict warfare you can't nope. predict people leaders from around the globe who might be losing it a little bit you can't predict any of that nope. you know you can't predict when say you know a new type of virus comes around and all of a sudden, you can't. All imports into the nation are shut down for whatever reason, and you can't make your own medicine. Like you don't think about those types of things. Like this is all. And I hate to say it, but it lends a bit of credence to the theory behind why Vladimir Putin is fighting the way he's he's fighting like this is because he doesn't 
he would rather make that call for himself, not be bullied into it by a league of dumbass Western woke ass nations. You don't, if you right. don't think he sees us being all woke and shit, I mean, there's a reason we had that culture war between like, remember those Russian army commercials against our super woke, you know, happy, you know, and right. then the fucking FBI woke ass commercials and shit. If you don't think that he knows what we're up to and how we're thinking and how we're doing all this, I mean, hell, they've been manipulating it for decades through social media. Obviously, we talked about that before. Like, we're a bunch of pansies, and he, and, and he thinks that his people aren't. There's, de- there's definitely credence behind that, and he doesn't want Russians to be that. Right. So it gets a little bit more credence because it's a bad situation when we can't – when we – essentially are at economic war with somebody that we are reliant on for oil for energy like that's not a good spot man and because so much of russia's economy relies on the globe as well exporting things to zeke's point earlier their economy is extremely fragile so vladimir putin also knows what he has invested in this and Mm -hmm. it's it's a at this point, especially the further it goes, more make or break. Yeah. You've got to commit or turn around. And turn around doesn't seem like a very Putin thing to do. Especially you know? when, more or less, it's your personal money that's running it, not this ephemeral taxpayer right. debt. Now, this is his personal money, man. He, right. All the oligarchs, man, they all got say in what's going on. They're paying for this. Right. They're paying for it. And now I have this article that's from MSN. Um, the banks are stopping Putin from tapping a $630 billion war chest Russia stockpile before invading Ukraine. And this is what Lenny had actually touched on earlier. Um, Shout out Lenny again. Yeah, here, I'll send this article wow. to you so you can pull up. Oh, not paste. I love hanging out with Lenny on every other Saturday. Okay. Oh, no, did the new computer take a dive? No, oh, Jesus oh. Christ, that's not what I wanted. <laughs> Your narration while you work navigate the computer, yeah, dude, is, is worthy of a podcast all on its own. Copy. What can I say? Signal. <laughs> Colin. Yee, yee. Boom. Hot diggity death down. Do it. There it is. B-dubs. Okay. This is the MSN article. Boom. Banks are stopping Putin from tapping the $630 billion war chest. Uh, starting at the beginning while Colin pulls it up. Russia's central bank has been stockpiling foreign reserves ever since Russia last invaded Ukraine when President Vladimir Putin annexed Crimea in 2014. Since then, Russia's holdings of foreign currency and gold have almost doubled, ballooning to $630 billion today from $368 billion seven years ago. Excuse me. Your brother said that he thought or was hearing that they were going to start a cryptocurrency, them in China, mm-hmm. a gold-backed cryptocurrency. So we'll see about that. Um yeah, they they there's not going to be enough control. On Monday, them. the U.S., Japan, and European Union barred Russia's central bank from tapping into the billions of foreign reserves Moscow had saved up in their banks, as Russian forces unleashed their assault on Kiev and other Ukrainian cities. We are resolved to continue imposing costs on Russia that will further isolate Russia from the international financing system and our our economies. The leaders of the Allied economy said in a joint statement announcing the accounts freeze on February 26th. So, so the goal we had talked last week or mm-hmm. last episode about the way they're going to fund themselves a little bit, yes, right? So, they're s- supposedly stopping them from tapping into this money. Think they're probably going to find a way to to get some of this money. And at the same time, we talked about there, India and China have already come out 
we'll China's, their, China's their largest trading partner, to my understanding, yep. said we will continue to have economic ties with them. We will continue to operate on a normal basis. We're not going to change anything. Fuck you guys. You know, we don't agree with uh, the invasion of Ukraine, but we also don't agree with America involving itself in all of the stuff and the things around the globe. And yeah. so we're just going to do our own thing over here. And at the same time, I just got this notification, MasterCard and Visa suspended operations in Russia after the invasion. Yes. You can no longer use your Visa or MasterCard. Can we take one second on a new world order tilt, right? And we don't even need to expand on it it too bad. Mm -hmm. But to just note, for everyone to take note of how simple it seems to be to cancel your ability to purchase anything at any point in time with electronic money um super weird man if you live in russia you as of four days ago you could no longer use netflix or spotify or disney plus or any of these things that you purchase facebook nothing it was all gone your media has been taken off of reddit been taken off of facebook right meta you know now we're talking about your debit cards you cannot use your debit card. You cannot use your credit card. I am not placing a policy statement either way on Russia or these financial decisions. I am pointing out to you and asking you to not forget that someone who you don't know has the ability to turn off your power to purchase anything. Your power to get money. Your power to do anything within the currently existing financial system. Someone else currently has the power to turn that off right now. Mm -hmm. And not to say that Russia doesn't have that control over their own citizens, but what would make you think, knowing that uh, that's happening to them now, why would that make them want to fight for a system that is capable of doing that to them? Like that's that's why I keep saying, man, this this one's complicated, dude. Like that that's not right. But here we are. I don't know if I want to go off on authoritarianism tilt right now, but because it's not what it's about. But I mean, you could get it. That's not cool. Like I understand. Yeah, that's awesome. It can end wars. Sure, maybe cut off the money supply, besiege them economically. You know, mind you, there's always going to be a black market for everything, including everything a government needs to operate. They can go to China or, or they can go th- to North Korea North Con- and China can go through North Korea and boom, Russia's funded and North Korea gets a shit ton of money on top of that. Look at that. That could happen. Which they would invite at any time. Why would they not? Ch- China and North Korea. The, what is, isn't China North Korea's only trading partner? Uh, yeah. I, I mean, maybe Russia. I don't know. But, like, why not? Let's just funnel that shit through there. North Korea gets better and yeah. more stronger, and Russia gets everything it needs. It gets an endless flow of American cash that goes to China. Like, it's it's totally possible. We are then actively oh. funding the opposition to the war that we are fighting. We are funding both yeah. sides of a war when that happens. Yeah, because at that point, then... and then when Which you, is what's happening right now. It is. China just admitted that. Yeah, that we are... We are still trading with China. We're still getting Russia money for oil because we have, and, I'm, and like, like you said, like you said, right? At this point in time, we don't have the ability to just stop purchasing oil from Russia. Nope. It would increase prices to ridiculous amounts as far as gasoline goes for cars, all that type of mm-hmm. stuff. 
we couldn't do it, right? We don't have the ability. I was going to talk a lot of shit about Jen Sack earlier for saying that type of stuff. It is true. It doesn't sound good. And no. it's it doesn't sound good because it doesn't need to be this way. We've leveraged ourselves to a position that we now don't have the ability to control our own energy future like we did under Donald Trump. Yep. Right? During Donald Trump, whether it's you can kind of run the statistics either some ways or different ways. Mm-hmm. We were net exporters during Donald Trump because we focused more on fossil fuels and natural gas and less on green energy. Yes. We were exporting energy at that point, net yep. exporters of energy, yep. right? For the first we, time ever. For the first time ever. That did happen under Donald Trump, right? Yep. It was a continuation of a trend from Obama, like many things during Donald Trump, but that did happen. Yep. That is true, right? After that, the administration changed to the point that we don't even have the ability to be energy independent anymore. We don't, it's no longer an option, yeah. you know? So at this point in time, we don't have a choice, but and that's not... the administration is also unwilling to admit that they are the reason that we don't have a choice. Yeah. And just to kind of, kind of hammer that point home, right? We're just, then that's just, we can't afford to lose Russia because the energy aspect of it. Now, when you, when you think about what's going to happen when Russia needs funding and they go through China and we buy everything from China, next thing you know, we're going to be at war with China. But, I mean, the reliance we have on Russia is exponentially smaller than the reliance we have on China. Like, if we didn't have China, literally America would fall apart. Like, if we could not right. do trade with China... There is no America tomorrow. That's it's all. I mean, there's fucking chaos, man. It is bad. So that's and that and like I said, this is just Russia. This is just the Russian aspect, which is scary. So I don't know. I don't. I don't. I don't like that. When you when when you look at it in those terms, it's it's kind of kind of makes you want to like drill, baby, drill or. Like for me, I'd rather just develop nuclear. I I don't want yes. drill, baby, drill. You know. No, I would rather take all this. The one of let's talk about this real quick, and then if you mm-hmm. have anything else to hit on this, then we'll do that. Okay. But then we can. I think we can hit the break after this. So mm. there's one of the things that Joe Biden hit on in the State of the Union, right? Was about um, oh, a throwback. And he, and he to, talks to two out of four. consistently about is money to subsidize the production of charging plants right like just places where you can stop to charge your electric vehicle oh charging right? stations yeah yeah, yes. yeah but like a fuckload of them like mm-hmm. a lot you know mm-hmm. and one point that i one thing that i heard that we made have, me think a lot about that we have an initiative in our state for yes. that by the way which I is weird tell you because about about we don't subsidize the production of new gas stations no no i don't think we have we ever no so when Can't the confirm when the industry is created for what reason, if the demand is there, why do we need to subsidize the supply if the demand exists? And you want to know the even funnier part about that is the the supply that we that we are subsidizing. It's all European made. It comes from a yes. <laughs> it's an international purchase because apparently we fucking hate Tesla. We 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 want to talk about electric Word. cars, but not mention Tesla uh, at all. We want to talk about job creation, but not mention Tesla mm-hmm. at all. Like, right? yeah, you go to the grocery store, bro, and, and you see the few charging stations that were put in because you get tax credits. You get There's incentives yes. on the legal side of development 
I the funniest thing in the world. I just built a gas station, right? I helped build a gas station um, that has electronic charging stations at it. Uh, mind you, they're not there yet because the back order is literally. Oh, I'm sure. It's Europe. Europe's going to war right now. They have other important things to do than import electronic gas station or chargers to here. But all the ones around here are generic. None of them are Tesla. It's fucked up that even with that government money being subsidized, you get the tax break, right? That's that's money the government isn't getting. They're losing out on. Because, right. And then they... They also don't get to support an American company like Tesla and the American economy. No, it's all overseas, bro. Like that's not a good situation. And where I bet if you if you paid Elon Musk to do it, he would have multiple attachments at the stand. So no matter what kind of even if you didn't have a mm -hmm. Tesla, you could still charge it there mm -hmm. because he don't give a fuck. He's getting the government money. Yeah. And you tell me for a second that they would not be cheaper. If we bought them from oh, a fucking sure. gigafactory in got in fucking Texas, Texas, yeah, right, or the the one in California, I don't know where they got plants, man, over in Germany, whatever, I don't care. But weird. like, there's none of those around. It's weird. Yeah, the subsidization of the electronic charging station seems very odd to me because we're subsidizing European countries. We're like European oh. companies, you know. Wait, 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 wait. Almost as if there's this giant new world <laughs> order where certain things are handled by certain people. Otherwise, there's going to be problems like, I don't know, it's kind of like uh, mafia systems of protection yeah. and things like that and extortion, you know, almost like the EU is extorting us to buy electronic vehicle charging stations with them. And, oh, I, I, I don't want to go off on this tangent. So I'm going to end that. The It is super weird that that was part of that speech. And we're, oh, all that means is we're paying for them. There's more money yeah. subsidized. So. I actually almost kind of forgot what the point of that question was. Sorry, I just went off about no, fucking charging no, no, no. stations, no, that man. That was perfect. That was perfect. <sighs> it was just about the subsidization of charging points. I just don't yeah, understand. Yeah, yeah, that's, why, yeah. That, okay. was, that was the point. It's a fucking thing, and it drives me nuts. It. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't make sense. It's that we don't subsidize gas stations. I don't know why. No, man. Especially if now Joe Biden is declaring himself yeah. a capitalist. You know, I'm a capitalist. I just believe in competition, but not American competition, global competition, and really specifically within European countries, and not so much in America. That would be so, my preference, would be not in America. Right. I think we're ending this segment. I think you're, yes. we've run out. So I yes. want to end it on this weird, hilarious thing. Joe Biden, I have a theory now. Okay. Joe Biden. Because um, what that is, right, is this weird reliance on this, like, international deals and all this stuff. You know, but he calls himself a capitalist. Well, Joe Biden comes from where? Comes from Delaware. Delaware. What is what is the largest industry in Delaware? Corp being a corporation. Yes. Right. You go there for the tax Housing breaks. Housing businesses. In indeed. Now being an address. So like, <laughs> so living in Delaware, thinking that true good capitalism is corporatism. Now he is in government, and he is in power, and he thinks of world powers as companies that essentially act like corporations right. buying and selling little pieces of each other making fucking lethal deals with each other all this stuff world one world government that's that's what putin sees and that's what he's scared of biden yeah 
But isn't it funny? Well, Biden's just a piece of it. But, but isn't it funny that? Oh, that's what, okay. No, I got yeah. you. That's what Putin sees. Isn't that's it funny though that that's how Joe Biden is running the country? But Donald, <laughs> but Donald Trump couldn't be president because he's going to run it like a business. He's and a business. And America's not a business. That's right. But isn't that funny? <laughs> well, and it is. It's fucking hilarious. That's awesome. Because there's a fundamental difference between business and being a corporation. Ooh, you could word. be a business okay. and not a corporation, yes. but you can't be a corporation without being a business. Okay. Look at you. Word. Look at that. So on that note. Yep. I want to thank you guys. Make sure we're going to take this final break here. We're going to, when we come back, we're going to be gone for three minutes. Three, three minutes. minutes. When we come back, we're going to be here for the final segment. We're going to be a little grab bag segment going on. It's a big discussion. This is a long mm-hmm. one, but it's this is a very important topic. Yeah. yeah Ukraine, Russia. It was um, like it was going to happen. Exactly. So um, I don't know that I, I didn't even mention in the beginning of the show that these were going to be released separately. Oh, shit. Just that we were going to be doing it differently. Damn, I'm going to have to so, cut this clip first now. <laughs> that's okay. You know we'll what? Do, we'll, we'll, we'll do it in the intro of the next one, and then I can cut that, throw it at the, like, as a re- primer. It's fine. We can record a segment at the we end could. and just put that at the beginning of the first, you know? We could totally do that. You can even put in the beginning of all four this week just mm-hmm. so everyone knows what's good. But um, Yeah, we did take a few takes on a promo last yeah, episode. Exactly. So, you, so know, you guys will be seeing know, that yeah. in the next few days. But I want to thank everyone again for watching us. Make sure that you like, subscribe, and share this. Excuse me. We'll be back in three minutes for the fourth segment. You can watch us here on our YouTube.com slash Salt of Streets. We also have our Instagram.com slash, excuse me, these fucking beers. Yeah, all right. Slash Salt of the Streets. <laughs> Facebook, fuck Facebook.com slash Salt of the Streets. It's not fuck Facebook.com. It's Facebook.com slash Salt of the Streets. But also fuck Facebook. But also fuck Facebook. Yeah, you can find all this on our website, saltofthestreets.com, including our personal social media. I am at Salt of the Street on Twitter and at alpaca underscore Donovan on Instagram. And Colin I'm is at BigBirdHockey on both of those things. Patreon.com slash all the streets. That's it. Go there. Become a patron. We'll be back in three minutes. We're back. That's right. We're back. We're back here. Yes. For fertilizer, man. Four, we were just talking about four, that. Four. Fertilizer. That's right. <laughs> Thank you, everyone, for joining us again. YouTube.com slash all the streets. Make sure that I, I tell you to like, subscribe, and comment on all the videos here. Share them with your friends. <clears throat> That's right. We also have our Instagram.com slash salt of the streets. Patreon.com slash salt of the streets. If you want to go there, help us go and make more and better content. It's wicked sweet. Facebook, fuck Facebook.com slash salt of the streets. Again, find all this information on our website, salt of the streets.com. Even our, including our personal social media. I am at salt of the street on Twitter and at alpaca underscore Donovan on Instagram. And Colin is at Big Bird Off on both of those things. Mm-hmm. If you want to watch some gaming, go to Twitch, Lexi. Kyle on Twitch, leggings and aprons if you want some cakes. Swell blended if you need a haircut in the local area and location skate shop if you need a skateboard downtown Bremerton. Make sure when you not make sure, but when you subscribe to the Patreon, when you become a patron, we have our book club live streams every Thursday, the review uh-huh. preview that comes out on the first day of the month, with a newsletter that comes out on the last day of the month. We have clips every day on the Instagram and the YouTube. Woo! We have the beer shows that come out on Friday. Loads of content there. Go Loads ahead. of content. Help us make more and better content. Do yeah. better editing, better things. And don't forget, if you're interested, patreon.com slash salt the streets tonight, later on this evening, yes. part five of four of episode 123 of Salt of the Streets. So if you want in on that in our extra segment, it is a Patreon exclusive. So get over there right now and subscribe. And with that. Excellent. We have the grab bag. This was a segment four of four. It's grab bag time. Grab bag. Grab bag. So, okay. Um, what we're going to do here, we've got a couple of different topics going on. 
and yeah. and it, for any of you newcomers, the grab bag is basically just the smaller topics that we find throughout the week that you know maybe don't quite qualify for their own full segment, but obviously we're interested, so we're talking about it. Yes. So the first one that I have here is the child tax credit. Indeed. Um, this is something that I want to talk about just kind of in generality about the policy itself. Yes, because I, right? I want to ask you about this as well. Yes. Because obviously a child tax credit requires the children. The children, right? Yes. And, and and as somebody that does not have children, yeah. I almost kind of feel discriminated against a little bit. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yes. right, so I, I really am interested. Um, so, so I'm very excited. So the child tax credit, uh, the way that it was initially is during COVID, you got payments, right? Of like $1,200, I think, when the stimulus came out for like kids. like monthly or something, right? Um, well, well I'm just, these are the stimulus payments for kids. And then, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then the child tax credit, it was kind of morphed into the child tax credit where they expanded the already expanded child tax credit. It was... When I was a kid, it was $1,000. And then when I had a child the first time, it was $2,000. Under the Trump, Trump tax cuts, it was mm -hmm. expanded to $2,000. Yeah. After that... Almost like Trump did a bunch of good stuff for families like on the taxes. You know, happened, yeah. weird, um, after that, the child tax credit was expanded, I think, to thirty six or four grand, depending on how old your kid was. I think that's how what it worked mm -hmm. out to eventually. Um, and yeah, So you was, like, like when you do taxes, you got to tell them how old your kids are? They just know. You, you, oh, yeah, because, I mean, they're, that's dependent. right. Yeah, that's so, right. Oh, my God. Okay. And you only get part of it throughout the year, and then the other uh -huh. part you get in a lump sum when you file your taxes. So I got $300 a month, um, and then I think it's like another 1800 credit when I file my taxes. Yeah, that's what's up, man. Yes. Yeah, you know. so, I mean, I can't imagine how fucking expensive it is to be raising a kid. So, like, it totally – to me, I'm like – I mean, that seems like the least that yes. the government could do is cut, so, cut parents' break on taxes. Just a more just a more breakdown. It expired in January, and there, it was supposed to be part of the Build Back Better plan to continue it. I think forever, oh, or at least for the next okay. ten years, because Build Back Better fell apart. Yeah, obviously that never happened. Um, oh, I just <laughs> oh my gosh, what what is happening right now? So a friend of yours says Washington State ban. Magazines to hold more than 10 rounds. Yeah, we talked about that earlier. Huh? We talked about that. Oh, thank you, Washington State, for the dirty politics. We're, oh, wait, wait, wait. Here. What's the, what's the... Okay, here. There's room in Kentucky if you guys want to move. Hey, we go to Kentucky! <laughs> I appreciate it. Yee, yee. I don't know anybody in Kentucky, but Kentucky... Oh, we can have Mitch McConnell. Doesn't he, is, He's a That's Kentucky right. dude. There you go. My, I actually have family from Kentucky. Oh, so shit. There's that. My grandpa was oh. from Kentucky. Oh, really? My grandpa, Hobie. I wonder what the hunting situation Hobie is like money. in uh, Kentucky. He was one of 12, so I have quite a bit of family there. Interesting. Yes. <laughs> so, <laughs> so <I've been> <laughs> there's a big, I had no idea you had a, a bunch of family in Kentucky. Yeah. A big I've known you for a long time, bro. This is yeah. new. <laughs> yeah. Uh, money. Hobart Money. Hobart Money. <laughs> no. I swear to God, that's my mom's last name. Yeah, my mom's maiden name. Money. <laughs> you didn't know that? Kathy Money, what's up? Yeah. Uh, I had no idea. Okay. So. Yes. That the, was a lot. The money. Oh, that was a lot really quick. The monies of Middlesbrough, Kentucky. <laughs> There's an explosive ginseng industry in Middlesbrough. Oh, yeah. oh, that doesn't surprise me. <laughs> you know why? You know, but you know what taught me that? Red Dead Redemption Two. There you go. That that was part of like 
some of the forging and stuff, you yeah, find yeah. jinxing and stuff. And I was, that led me down a rabbit hole one day that I was like, oh my God, like America used to be like, fucking, what's up with ginseng back in the old West? What yes. happened to that? Yeah. But it's all in Kentucky now. Well, yeah, your family ran the whole thing and they took a bunch yeah, of money. Yeah, exactly. Um, Who the f- has you money, bro? I know. <laughs> Sorry, go ahead. So, go ahead. the child tax credit, right? When it happened, um, I've had a lot of discussions about this because a lot of the justification for the child tax credit was that people couldn't afford to have children. You know, people can't afford yeah. to have kids right now. Yeah. And, um, you know, people shouldn't have to be choosing, you know, this over a child or blah, 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 blah. Mm-hmm. And I don't, I don't doubt or question that people who have children, most of them could use a little bit of extra cash, you know, definitely. Who couldn't, you know? Yeah, I was able to put a little, a little bit of money away. I, you know, Jordan, we were having a second baby, so we used some of that money to help pay for the midwife. And um, the other part we just, like, threw on a credit card, you know, because it's $300 a month. So it was, like, $100 on a credit card, $100 to the midwife, and the $100 to uh, just in the savings. So I had, like, a little mm-hmm. bit of money in the savings. Um, and... I enjoyed it, obviously, but I haven't gotten it for a few months. I've not, like, n- noticed that it was gone. Um, and that's not to say, like, I make so much money, I didn't mm-hmm. even notice it was gone. But we treated it as money that we didn't have before. We treated it as money that if it went away, we wouldn't miss it because we didn't have it before. And that's yeah, why... Don't rely on it. No, and that's why we didn't use it to, like, pay our truck payment, you know, or, like, pay a credit card payment. Yeah. It was additional money on a credit card that we paid every month. It was additional money that on top of what we were saving for the midwife every month. Yeah. You know, the $300 a month on your credit card was not the only $300. It was like, I'm matching what I'm already paying. Right. So when it happened, I said, and still say, I don't, this is a weird, maybe to some people, Thanosian view. I don't think we should be incentivizing people to have more children. I think there's too many people on the planet already. That's my personal view. I don't think people should be incentivized to have children. If you can't afford to have a child, don't have a child. Word. I waited legitimately. You can Anyone can reach out to my wife and ask her. When she started talking to me about having a child, I said, I need to make at least X dollars per hour before we can have a child. Why? So because that's how much money I need to make per hour to feel comfortable being able to support you and a child at the same time. We waited till I made X amount of dollars per hour. Then we started having the baby. Mm-hmm. crazy concept i fucking know i know it you know that i had to wait until past time i had to control myself and use protection with my wife for longer you're than like i a, wanted to you're like a 60 year old conservative it's so man weird. right now it's so weird <laughs> yes it's so, so how dare you think rationally and objectively about this situation for me to impress my own values on anybody else I don't think that you should have a child and expect the government or society to take care of it for you or help you take care of it. Mm -hmm. I don't agree with that. Whenever you're ready. If that $300 a month is going to make the difference, then you shouldn't be having a child, in my opinion. You should wait. That's that's what I think. You know, there was – there's a clip. I want you to go to YouTube for breaking points. And it was from their episode on the 21st of February. February. Yeah, it was Crystal's breaking points for the 21st of February. And I have a clip that I want to play. Um, I'm trying to, like, learn how to jamie it up with one hand type. Yeah, yeah. And it's not – it's pretty dope. We can watch – it's like three minutes, so we can just watch the first three minutes. Yeah, the 21st of February. We can watch the first three minutes of her – if you go to the playlist, it'll be easier to find probably. 
Um, and then just go to the 21st. Oh, shit, that's dope. Yes. And it's her breaking That's a voice. really... I Okay. There's a world out there, a micro world of really shitty YouTube playlists. Yes. And I like this. There's this is good. good. I appreciate yeah. that. Um, and so what this is, right, in the in the first part, it's a compilation of TikToks that I really don't agree with. And it's, it's a Chris, bunch of... It's how DC elites sacrifice kids yes. to... Okay. Yes, that's it. And it's a bunch of TikToks. And, you know, it's like, oh, it started as this. And all these people were talking about that they couldn't pay their bills and the tax credit. And they couldn't... I sympathize with that. I'm not, I'm not a rich man, okay? Mm -hmm. I live in a basement apartment. I'm not a rich man. Just so that there isn't any, you know, aristocratic blah, 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 blah right? If you couldn't afford it before, you shouldn't be having fucking children. This $300 from the government shouldn't make the difference for you. I don't agree with that. Yeah. That's wrong. That is wrong. It means you put yourself in a bad spot. So the first part is TikToks that are people just talking about what a difference it makes. One woman that's like, oh, when it finally pays to be a single mom of three. What the fuck are you talking about? Again, far be it yeah, for me What does to that impress, fucking mean? Far be it for me to impress my views on anybody. Seems Maybe depressing. there is a separate issue other than your lack of money that you are a single mother of three. Again, let me let me underscore this, right? I was mm -hmm. raised by a single mother of two with Indeed. my grandmother. Do I question my mother's morals? No, I don't. She was divorced. Things happened. They didn't belong together. Is there is there unquestionably not with my mother? nothing wrong with her is there unquestionably something wrong with the situation that i am she is a single mother of two yes yes unvariably unquestionably there is a problem with single parents i don't care if the solution is two dudes two women a man and a woman i don't care two parents is better than one parent you're fucking up if you are at a position where you're a single mother of three a single parent of three i don't care if you're a man or a woman mm. If you're a single parent of three, Seems you like are bad, fucking up. Yeah. That ain't, okay. Then it's not the way it's supposed to work. No. So, so that in mind. Let's watch the first three minutes of this clip. First three minutes. Yeah. Okay. The first three minutes and we'll be good. It's really after there's a clip at two minutes of of some politicians. And after that, then then we can cut it off. So Word. Let's do it. Damn, I hit the wrong button. Oh, oh, oh. Started. So I got my first child tax credit payment today, which means the government has officially paid me more child support than my baby daddy ever has. TikTokers, they're posting about getting their first child tax credits, but this now is how it's going. The child tax credit, which was enacted with great hope and even some seeming bipartisan support, was left to die in the cradle, expiring in December and leaving our most vulnerable families without what had been a rare and precious lifeline. The predictable result? Millions of kids plunged into poverty over the span of a single month. Between December and January, nearly 4 million additional children were pushed into poverty. That represents a month-over-month -month increase of 41%. We should be horrified at our nation's callousness, how easily we're distracted by shiny objects of CRT debates or AstroTurf podcast controversies, that we barely notice when something so critical to millions of children is pulled. 
And this, of course, comes at a time when our kids have been subjected to so many burdens and so much trauma. We closed their schools. We forced them to mask for years. And now we pulled the financial support that kept a modicum of stability. It is truly shameful. And it's worth thinking about what the hell happened here. And when the policy was first enacted, Democrats announced it with great fanfare, highlighting the massive benefits it would provide to children and how it would help us catch up to our developed nation peers in terms of how we treat our kids. Today, today's the day that we say to the parents of America, help is on the way. In the end, that, oh. government's always about whose side are you on? Clearly, everybody up here is on the side of children, on the side of family, on the side of the future of this country. In the United States of America, where we have the moral obscenity Booker, man. of the highest child poverty you rates amongst our peer nations, we are finally doing something significantly to cut that rate of child poverty in half and ending the savage injustices that are heaped upon families. This is an incredible, historic day. They thought that the policy would become a new untouchable third rail program, something like well, that's certainly so, uh, interesting. So my first response to this, right? They obviously don't give a, they don't actually care about you because they weren't willing to pass the single expansion of just this. They don't actually care about you. So all of this posturing, this whole big press conference where they're all going to take turns talking, we're finally making a difference. We're finally doing something. There's no doubt. You just saw it. They raised millions of children out of poverty. There is no doubt. I am not by saying I don't agree with the reasoning for this, saying I don't agree with it. I benefited from it. I did benefit from it. Mm. I was able to start a savings account that I've never yeah. had before. I have money in my savings. I was able to pay down. There's no doubt that it benefited people. Mm -hmm. I don't think that it's a bad thing for people to have more money, especially if they have children, right? Don't think it's a bad thing at all. I don't think we should be incentivizing people to have more children. My solution would be quit taking so much of my fucking tax money when I have children to support. <laughs> don't give me more money. I don't want you to give me money. I want you to stop taking so much of my money that's mm -hmm. the solution don't give me more i don't need a government handout i need you to stop taking out of my fucking pocket every week when i get paid yeah because let's be real here what what was what is or was the child tax credit but a a discount on your taxes that's what that is that's it's it's a credit it's, it's money the government is going to take from you one way to other whether you like it or not so here we're going to give you a five percent discount coupon for next year and next year it's good for two years and then you know well maybe something else will happen yes. surprise and now now they want to roll back the trump tax cuts which mm -hmm. increased your child tax credit from 1000 to 2000 all this talk corporatist bullshit all of this stuff you're going to lose money yep. they don't care about you they will not expand the child tax credit they will reduce it when they roll back the trump tax cuts yep. they do not care about you so if you're one of those people that essentially decided to uh in one aspect or another in your life live off of coupons from the government you're about to be in a world of hurt and that was a bad decision you made a horrible decision you you, you fucked up you that's should've. not you should have known what this was this is not a hand me out or hand me down you know this isn't this is a temporary relief program and i wish i i wish i had more like faith in the american people that like more people would have done what you did essentially and and, and just been like hey you know what this is 300 extra dollars in my in my bank account and we're gonna use that i owe i know credit card fucking debt i'm just gonna throw it at that i'm gonna hey i just bought a car i'm gonna throw it at that you know a smart investment versus 
a habit that you need to rely on. And there's two different sets of people right there, man. So it's, it's, people are going to be hurting. And that's why they're calling for it again. Like we, we yes. talked about it in uh, yes. 204, I think, today when we talked about the State of the Union. That's yeah, why they were talking about We're impoverishing children. Yeah. Well, you fucked up. You, <laughs> you shouldn't <laughs> you have designed up. it this way. You yep. literally designed it this way. Yeah. That if you didn't get another omnibus, then it wasn't going to happen again. You yeah. you literally made it this way. And unfortunately, because you recognize that and being like, you guys were dumb and you fucked up. But now they're they're in trouble, right? They're going to be in trouble when something comes around. It's like, yeah. you feel bad, but now you're the asshole. You're just the asshole conservative who doesn't care about poor people's plight. Except people don't know you. Like, they don't know where you came from and that you, where you've come from. And, like, you know the, you know the territory. Like, it, it's a fucked up situation, man. Yeah, and like I said, I've had this conversation multiple times with people so talking shit about when I have talked shit about the child tax money. Well, don't you have children? Yeah, yeah I, I, like, I do. Yeah, I, I don't have, disappreciate no, the, the I money. I absolutely benefit from it, and I appreciate it, yeah. But I think this is a fucking terrible idea. Yeah. I think this was a horrible goddamn idea to just take this enormous hit on our deficit to give people money. I think that's yeah. a terrible fucking idea. I don't think that your choices are not my responsibility. And I don't think that even though I benefited from it, my tax dollars should go to a program for you to get mm -hmm. money because you had children you maybe shouldn't have had. Yeah. And I don't, you know, oh, shouldn't have had children. I love my children. How could you say that? You fucked up. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I don't. I'm sorry if you, not you, but like you don't like that. I'm done mincing words on this type of stuff you fucked up you made a bad choice and i'm i'm not going to own that because i didn't do it i waited uh, i yeah. waited until i made enough money to have a child and then i waited until i had enough money uh -huh. to have a second child and i will say this too like to add to that point more context like you waited till you were ready when you decided that you wanted to have children yes like when you decided that's where i need to be and then because there's people that do it well, accidents happen colin <laughs> i don't i don't care i, I don't, don't care i don't care I, and I that's the funny care. thing is like, yeah, your first child was very planned. Yes, it was very planned. Like I remember that. It, it's a weird deal, especially because you are so young. Most people just assume one thing. But um, I was going to say, in this vein of thought, and because it's the grab baggy hour, I was hoping to slightly pivot off of that. If Let's hear you it. Kind of okay. So child tax credit. I'm wondering because this uh, this. Um, perspective you have on the child tax credit and the danger behind it if i am understanding what you were just explaining was that you you don't like it because people do grow reliant on it or they will fashion their lives around it and they don't they shouldn't do that because all it's going to do is yeah. hurt people in the end because it's not going to be there forever it's not free money yeah. this is temporary and it's going to go away don't do this people need to be able to figure their shit out I also fear the long-term implications of just continuing to raise more and more people under governmental welfare programs, quote unquote, you yep. know, yep, of yep. like, and it's not necessarily welfare yes. program, but giving people money that I don't think the continuation of that is a good thing mm -hmm. for you to see, oh, well, my parents got this much money yeah. when they had a kid. And so they were able to do this. The I didn't for a long time, and I still don't necessarily buy into like, the system incentive, like what it would call, like the, um, fuck. It's okay. Don't worry about it. Like the welfare moms or whatever, you know, that, yeah. like people yeah. having children to get the money. I don't, I, for a long oh. time, and I still don't necessarily. Who's going to take care of all these buy, kids? You buy that, that you yeah. know, but. I'm dating myself. But the bigger that amount grows, the more legitimacy that argument has. Okay. Right? When you start giving people mm -hmm. large and large and large sums of money, and it's not just once a year you get another thousand dollars you know like that's yeah 
that's really kind of that's, a, that's illegitimate. Like a, it's very small, especially when you're talking yeah. about someone who makes fucking twenty thousand dollars a year. Yeah. If if once a year you get two thousand dollars, I don't really think that that's going to be like, oh, I got to have another kid so I can get another yeah. two grand once a year. Because when you're talking what's, about what's two thousand divided by twelve? Not that much. But when you're talking about three hundred dollars every month or mm-hmm. six hundred dollars every month if you have two children, or now increasing that to maybe five hundred dollars a month for this amount of children, you know, uh, for your children under this age or 300 for this age. And, and that's a difference. And I'm, again, I'm not that's saying people are going to continue to pump out children to increase that money, but I don't think it sets a good trend mm-hmm. for people to, if that will make the difference that that $300 get, then they feel comfortable having a baby, but it comes from the government. I don't think that's a good thing. I don't think that's a, if they're not ready, yeah. they shouldn't be doing it, you yeah. know? I, the population growth concerns me. It, it really, really concerns <laughs> me. I, I'm, and, uh, you know, perfect. maybe that's like a silly thing, but it, it's that not concerns a silly thing. me. That the chain reaction it could have from the natural progression of population growth from people that are mm-hmm. naturally finding their way there to whatever population of people that $300 made the difference for. Now they're like, oh, well, fucking now we can have a kid. You know, that concerns me. Whatever jump that yeah. is, that concerns me. Especially because that's a, there's a massive jump in logic. There's already too many people. There's already yeah. too many people. We are running into different issues in the housing market. You know, <laughs> I can't buy a house now. And it's not because I don't have enough yeah. money. It's because the corporatists are fucking me out of being able to buy a house. Yeah. It's, it's not because I don't make enough money. There's no reason I shouldn't be able to buy a house with the amount of money that I make. There's no reason. Absolutely no reason other than involvement from hedge funds and corporations into the financial structure of fucking real estate that and government and the government's okay. In it. The the government, uh, you know, they all they do is make it worse. Of it. Yeah, I don't care. That's no, fine. They are they are they are more costly than the the corporate involvement. Yeah, we'll put it that way. Um, so this is perfect. That means that I've got you exactly where I wanted you as far as um, segueing. Let's do it. Um, you are in the right frame of mind for me to ask you this. Given that entire concept of what you were talking about regarding your, your feelings and your you know your passions around the child tax credit okay. and people's reliance on it, which makes it then, you know, the, the relationship then from the government. It's been a long time since we talked about it, uh, essentially since the last presidential primaries from the Democrats. Um, universal basic income has has the, the concept of essentially just free money. Additionally, every month, like a monthly free money thing is more than like you said before, a two thousand dollar credit once a year is like whatever. Who gives a fuck? Right. right. But cumulatively, because that's a thing. But when it when it's sizable enough to make an impact to possibly change somebody's life trajectory, be like, oh, wait, we got an extra $300 from the government. We can have a kid now. That's a bad decision. Now, when it comes to universal basic income, what are your thoughts on UBI right now? I didn't think that it mattered, because we talked about this before. And right? I was like, I yeah. think this is a good thing. Expansion of arts and blah, 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 blah. I didn't think it made that much of a difference until I saw the unemployment thing. And I'm not, that's definitely not the only issue. Well, but to say it wasn't yeah. an issue is a lie. It was definitely right. an issue. <laughs> to give people an extra $600 was a fucking bad idea and made a lot of people say, fuck that. I am not going to work. So right. 
And part of that, again, that's not the only issue because part of that is they work shitty jobs before, like their company sucked. There's a whole lot of things. That Yo, fast food's still in a bad spot right now. But the money was definitely a part of it, right? <laughs> There's a lot of people that went back because their jobs weren't bad enough to, you know what I'm saying? Word, word. But oh, that was sad. some of the jobs were bad enough that they wouldn't, like you said, fast food and stuff yeah. like that. But And there I, was new industries that came online too, yeah, like work from I home careers. Not, I did not think that $1,000 a month would make that big of a difference but it did until i saw 600 <laughs> and then i was like okay oh fuck maybe it will <laughs> maybe it will make a big difference and maybe not necessarily for the better um because <laughs> word because yeah, what the, the automation what thing happen, that i did that's crazy i wasn't sold on before as like automation will happen as a result of this i'm like no this is a way to combat automation no automation no. automation <laughs> yes yeah no that's not I don't know that it's a good idea. I don't anymore. think so. Either. <laughs> All right, that's definitely. It's like <laughs> now, especially. I'm like, wow, this is people. Like you give them a chance, man, and that that was a letdown. Yeah, that was good. a pretty big letdown. All the people now that are like, oh my god, what do you mean? I have to like, what do you mean? I have to pay my? I got to start paying student loans again. Yeah, words. Yes. That remember that was the thing before. Now we have to do that again. It's fucked up. Um, but it's like you get addicted to that. This is this is why. Oh, my God. This is a good example of like the old school Paul Ryan argument against like the um, what's the word, the term I'm looking for, the the reliance of the state, the uh, the welfare, the welfare state. Right. It's like, well, we just, you know, I I wasn't a subscriber to the O'Reilly factor back in the day. You know, I had the mug. I had the whole nine yards. I, that was my era of what was going on during that, those Paul Ryan days and the fights against welfare and all this. And we need to make people more self-reliant and all this stuff. I'm mean, like that. That's a really old, like people don't make that argument anymore about these welfare programs that once, once you start giving people money, you can't take it away. Yeah. This is the first time in a while that, like, the child tax credit and stuff, that's the first time in a while people have gotten a lot of extra money. Like, it, and a, it wasn't a lot, you know, 300 bucks a month or whatever, but you could do a lot with it. It's a very, it's a very, that's a sizable amount of money. It's not nothing, yes. right? It's not five bucks a month. This is 300 bucks a month, bro. Like, it ain't, it ain't going to cover your mortgage, <sighs> but you could definitely buy a new car. And that's not a good idea, obviously, but, like, you could. It's sizable. It's the first time we've actually been able to see that. Now imagine if it was a thousand. And yeah. then if they had to renege on it, like guys, this was a really bad this is a really bad decision. Like we just looked at the numbers, like we thought Social Security was gonna go broke soon. We're all gonna go broke like next year. We can't do this anymore. And, yeah, the government giving people money is a bad idea. Yeah. Um it's a really bad idea. I, I didn't I think I underestimated moral of the story. <laughs> the reliance that people would have on it you know mm -hmm. i just didn't think that people would really lean on it that bad i didn't i really didn't i really thought that it, people would which seems foolish now you well, know but i really yeah. thought more people would consider it like i said the way that i not that i'm like oh i fucking did it so good but mm -hmm. like i thought more people would consider it the way that i did of we should act like this money doesn't really exist yeah. you know Surprise! Yeah, there isn't like, more people who just put it in their savings account and just yeah. didn't fucking touch it at all. You know, I'm yeah. just gonna wait until something happens. I'm not gonna touch it because I didn't need it before and I don't need it now. But because yeah. I have a hard time, I have a hard time 
and I'm not excluded from this, okay. thinking that if the $300 makes a difference between like make or break, then there aren't other things that a lot of people could shift in their budget. <laughs> you know, and I'm not yes. I'm not saying everyone nope. because nope. there are some people that yeah. it will. I'm not saying everyone and I'm not but Yo. I am not excluded from that. If yep. I needed 300 extra bucks, there's a lot of shit I could stop by. I fucking buy cartridges all the time. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? There there's a lot of shit I could cut out to You buy a lot of what all the time? Cartridges? Oh, where? Like weed cartridges, yeah. you know? I, so yeah, I spend yeah, money on two things. Beers and beer, shit, you know, beer yeah. and weed. It's a lot of shit that I could mm-hmm. not a lot of stuff, studio there's, equipment. There's stuff that I could not buy. Mm-hmm. If I needed that money to make the difference, yes. you know, right now I afford myself the luxury to buy those things because I'm not in that position. Yeah. I know it's a standard of living question. I've also seen people on unemployment who are also purchasing weed. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I'm, I also, I'm not going to sit there and fucking shit on that person because it's none of my business. You know what I'm we, saying? Dude, the government has told us weed is an, ins, an, an essential industry with essential workers. You need to be able to buy weed. If you live in off of EBT. So there's a problem. You know what I'm yes. saying? There's obviously a problem, you know? And yeah. I don't know. You can't make anybody be responsible mm-hmm. with money, you know? To push back And that's slightly. unfortunately one of the good things about EBT and shit like that is you yes. can only spend it at the grocery store. You exactly. can't buy alcohol with it. You exactly. can't buy cannabis with it. You can't buy things, even pre-cooked food with it. Yeah. Things that things in the welfare state that exist that actually do good make it really hard to argue against the welfare state because essentially when you're argu- when somebody like you or I who can understand and appreciate the welfare state, right? And you know, because when we're talking about UBI, this, which I originally asked you about, right? Um, what we're really talking about is a form of welfare. It's a form of government-assisted living, right? That's what this is all about. We just disguise it all now in a various plethora and schmegma. Oh, that's a bad word. Caroline's going to get angry at me. I'm sorry. Because that's a real word that actually means things. It's yes. really gross and nasty. Yes. I can't believe you just <laughs> said that on our show. Are you serious? I didn't know that was a thing. Anyways. Moving on. Just dripping all over. <laughs> Don't do that. What? <laughs> Anyways. Uh, I lost my point. Jeez. Uh, that really threw me off. The, all the different terms. All the different terms. Nope. Uh, UBI, government assistance, blah, blah, blah. It all adds up to the same thing. Right. Which essentially becomes this... This inability in a lot of people to make good decisions and that's what makes that conversation hard talking about ubi talking about this because there are good examples of good programs that do good things that actually work and a lot of it is really about like corruption and like bloated bureaucracy and all this shit which is because that's what government is it's just a really really expensive human machine to get things done that's what a bureaucracy is right it's very expensive and it's very inefficient, but it works essentially, kind of, sort of. We don't need that, but that's something you you pay for. Yeah. So, anyways, I yeah, it was a. I think the overall interest in the conversation of UBI as a whole now, especially after COVID, like I, I 
it was real big before COVID, right? Because we'd come off the presidential Andrew election Stark. and yeah. Andrew Yang and all this stuff. But like then it just dipped right after there was like some form of government assisted living that had to really that had a good impact on people's lives. Not a good outcome. And so so now there's I wonder how many more people now would be even semi interested in that working out. I feel like it's just gone now. Should take a national poll to see what happens. We should. I feel like every now and again, like there's these little things. Cause Andrew Yang has started. He's got this weird like political wing thing going on. It's like the free, uh, what is it, the Freedom Party? I want to say something like that. He's, Freedom Caucus. The Freedom, no, not the Freedom Caucus, but like Andrew Yang is like a, some kind of weird little niche, niche political okay. movement going on, particularly in New York after his run for like governor and shit that didn't work out. But I feel like he's he might. We need to like watch out for what he's going to be doing in the midterms. He might be cooking something up. Like Andrew Yang is not a politician. Why is he still running for office? Mm. You know, why is he still doing that? But um, I wonder if the his old platform used to be UBI. I I don't know if anybody's got that stomach for that conversation anymore. That might just be a thing of the past. And I think that yeah. I mean, do you think the child tax credit is going to be around again? Do you think people still want it? Are they going to be using? That's going to be a midterm thing. People definitely still want it. You know, they definitely still want it. Uh, Why? Well, I, I know the people still want it. The citizens still want it. I don't think the people. It, bro. I don't think anybody in Congress ever wanted it. Um, well, I guess I can't say that. I want it as a campaign item, I sort Right, maybe. right, as a campaign item, not you know, for themselves. Yeah. Um, It's tough to say whether or not I think it'll ever be back. <laughs> right. I don't. I don't know about that. I'm it didn't work out so well when we actually had to try it. I'm not convinced that it will be back. You know, there's always going to be those people that are like, well, yeah, you know, we gave everybody like a few hundred dollars between all the systems during COVID. You know, you had unemployment insurance right. from the federal aspect, plus the states, plus you had like all these different ways to get money if you were if you didn't have a job. You can get. There was a. There's a reason nobody fucking went to work when everybody yeah. had to, right? There's a reason we're, we're still negative millions of jobs. I, I will say mm -hmm. that I think if it comes back, it, it will be quote-unquote permanent. Like it won't and it'll be, be exponentially more. It'll be written into the tax code, something they'll have to repeal as a, as a change in the tax code as opposed yeah. to a piece of legislation that says for a program for X amount of years. I think that will just be the permanent quote-unquote like i said because it can be changed at any time yeah. as we've seen by donald trump and all these things but i think it will be written in the tax code and not a piece of legislation itself that's what i think it'll be a a separate program I should a say. decentralized version of a something that when culminated together might be able to be called ubi yeah and right like, and likely more because yeah it'll it definitely will, do more you could you could call it like a children's ubi you know certainly yeah. it will be that because i think it'll definitely be more if it's introduced in the tax system as opposed to a separate program that's supplemental to the tax system yeah if it becomes a new legitimate tax credit hmm. i think it'll be much more yeah because um, well, when you think about it what's the one thing that the government that it's kind of within their the federal government's lane is like through taxes they that's the easiest way for them to to work and manipulate society because right. they run it all it's all directly run by them it's one of the few things that they do run over like states they don't have to go through anybody right everybody got to pay the fed taxes so they can just dictate what it is so it makes it easier and more reliable so that's potentially yeah without otherwise you have to have some kind of new agency with a new program blah 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 and yes. if you just do it hey man everybody gets 
if you have this kid, if you have one kid, you get X amount of dollars, two right. kids, blah, blah, blah. If you don't have any kids, then there's this, because there still is the standard tax deduction. Yeah. And this one was even separated by age, too. Um, under six and over six were different denominations of money. Mm-hmm. Um, like uh, how much you got per month and how much – because it was it was a total amount broken up. So how much you got per month was dictated by how old your child was, too. So I think it was like – Do older f- kids get more money? Younger kids got more money. Oh. Because okay. diapers and things like that. Oh, diapers, yeah, formula, yeah. shit like that. Yeah. So The older they get, the – earlier they can start working it wasn't like a ton less um like i think it was maybe 250 a month instead of 300 a month and so i'm not oh, yeah. sure what the total overall number was i think maybe three thousand and thirty-six hundred. i think is what it was so Damn. yeah that's so not bad dude a certain amount broken up over per month and then the rest mm-hmm. of it as a lump sum during your tax credit okay so and that's how it was like when we filed our taxes last time because there was whatever bill it was at that point that was an increased tax deduction and so Mm -hmm. we got a fucking fatty piece in our in our last taxes too yeah i just got my i just now got my tax stuff back from my business so i now i can officially file taxes and last time i did taxes uh, i bought fucking ammunition all the money i got from the government the last time what do you get money from the government oh yeah don't open a business yeah you you just wait buddy you just wait (laughs) the only thing i spent my government money on was mm-hmm. ammunition and paying off my debt, separating myself from the financial system and purchasing ammunition. That's so funny. Those are the only two things that any of my stimulus money went to at all. That's, you know what? Money and that's debt. That's a fantastic investment. Yeah, that's it. I'm glad I got to pay for part of your your bullets and shit. It. That's how you know, I, I was here my for own it. <laughs> tax dollars, you know, I'm definitely going to do it. Oh, my God. Uh, okay, so um, if we could segue to something that I know is in our our four of four segment yeah um how do you feel about maybe talking me through a little bit of this pro act tell me a little bit about the pro act yes. i know that's in there okay. do you feel so good about that pull up this um i don't want to like act. front load you or nope. something no 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 this is a so this is a document that i pulled and this is from edlabor.house.gov and so this is just a a pdf from hang on let me process this yep so ed labor is it ed dot labor nope Ed okay, Labor, Ed Labor. Like education on labor, I believe. Education on labor. I think. Okay. Doc so this... government slash IMO slash media slash okay. document. So this is a document they released to the media okay. about the PRO Act. Okay. Yep, 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 yep. I was going to say, so, how many agencies did this run through? And oh, it sounds like I'll... only really one. Yeah, here, I'll send it to you. I'm very um, interested. Copy. I love Signal. government alphabet soup agency memos that change everybody's world, especially when you think about it. Yes. The people that run uh, that. And it's from the House, so. Oh, it's from the house. Hot edlabor.house.gov. Oh, perfect. So it's from the so house. This is a document. So I'll read from here. Hot dog. Um, let's see. The American economy is not working for most Americans. While corporations and the wealthy continue to capture the rewards of a growing economy, working families and middle-class Americans are being left behind. From 1980 to 2017, average incomes from the bottom 90% of households increased just 1.1%, while average incomes for the wealthiest 1% increased more than 184%. So Can I pause down. you for a second? Yes, sir. Um, this is from the house, right? Yes. They're talking about themselves. Yes. Okay. <laughs> yes. I just wanted to make that point because it's it's true. The people who wrote this are, in fact, in that 1%. Yes. Just so you guys know. Yes. Um, yeah. So the equality, inequality is not natural. And we'll go into the Protecting the Right to Organize Act, which is P-R-O Act, protects the basic right to join a union by, number one, 
introducing meaningful and forceful enforceable penalties for companies and executives that violate workers' rights. Two, expanding workers' collective bargaining rights and closing loopholes that corporations use to exploit workers. And three, strengthening workers' access to fair union elections and require corporations to respect the results. Is, introducing, this, is yes. this supposed to be selling the concept to me? Yes. Okay. Um, introducing meaningful enforceable penalties for companies that violate workers' rights. Authorizes meaningful penalties for companies and executives for violating workers' rights. The bill authorizes the National Labor Relations Board, NLRB, to assess monetary penalties for each violation in which a worker is wrongfully terminated or serious, suffers serious economic harm. What? The bill also permits the board to impose personal liability on corporate directors and officers who participate in violations of workers' rights or have knowledge of and fail to prevent such violations. That, to me, sounds like it's going to cause a lot of, like, corporate shielding people using a lot of very coded language and very vague <laughs> conversations about certain employees so that no one can be tied to the firing of a certain employee is what it sounds like this um, is fucking terrifying streamlines access to justice for workers who suffer retaliation for exercising their rights rather yeah. than ending a long period of unemployment waiting for their case to be heard the bill requires the nlrb to immediately seek an injunction to reinstate the employee while their case is pending so if you got fired and you're part of a union, they're going to get your job back while you're waiting to have a hearing about why you lost your job. Um, <laughs> authorizes a private right of action for violations of workers' rights. The bill allows workers to seek justice in court when employers unlawfully interfere with their rights or retaliate against them for exercising their rights. My concern there is it's extremely difficult to prove what someone's intent was, whether they're a corporation yeah. or an individual. It's, it's extremely difficult to... Especially because most of the people, um, I don't want to say most, a lot of states are, you have to have a reason to fire somebody. You can't just do it, yeah. you know? So they are, even if they have to do some digging into your files and figure something out, you know, they find something that you should have, they find a way to show that you're not a perfect employee, you know? Mm -hmm. So like I, from a business owner, like how do you, unemployment, how do you think unemployment works? Like. Do you think the state doesn't ask your old employer whether you were fired for cause or not? Right. Like, that's like a thing. Or if you quit. If you quit your job, you can't file for unemployment. That's you right. You fired from your job. Because when you file for unemployment, they're going to ask your your last employer what happened. Yeah. Because you can't just, hey, I want free money. I, I'm not working right now. Yes. Expanding workers' collective bargaining rights and closing loopholes that corporations use to exploit rights. Um, let's see. Close loopholes. The bill prevents employers from misclassifying their employees and prevents workers from being denied remedies due to their immigration status. It also sets a joint employer standard that ensures employees across the country have the right to collectively bargain with all of the companies that control the terms and conditions of their employment. What that says is that even if you're an illegal immigrant, you're still able to be part of the union. Yeah, I was going to say, what does that union, mean? That's what that means. And if you're part of a union and you work for a countrywide employer, you're able to collectively bargain with all of the companies that control the terms and conditions of their employment. So anybody who pays into that, you're able to collectively bargain with. That's a yep. multi-tiered collective bargaining agreement. Yes. And collect I, okay, I, so let's hold what, on. Before we continue, yes. a collective bargaining agreement is when you have a union – you have union representatives and they get together with also the company that your union works for and the representatives from the union and the board of the company 
collective collectively decide on terms of the contracts for the union, which would include your wages, your benefits, your hours, schedule, things like that. That is a collective bargaining agreement. Mm -hmm. So when I say multi-tiered collective bargaining agreement, you're talking about not collectively bargaining with one company, collectively bargaining with multiple companies whose money in some way goes into your bank account. Mm -hmm. Just remember, as, as part of a union, you're not... You don't actually go work for the companies that you work for. You work for the union that has that, that out run through yes. the union. If you're a unionized shop that works for a company, you don't work for the company. You work for the union. Yeah. And union gets to dictate what you can and can't do as far as your your actually daily labor is concerned. So you really have you have very little control over your workers' rights when you sign them over to a union. Strengthening so. workers' access to fair union elections and requiring corporations to respect the results. Preventing employers from interfering with the elections. This bill prohibits employers from requiring workers to attend meetings designed to persuade them against voting in favor of a union. If a violation takes place or the employer otherwise interferes with the union representation election, the NLRB will be empowered to issue an order that requires the employer to bargain with the union. The bill also prevents employers from interfering in representation cases, which is against which exists to determine workers' free choice, not corporations' preference about how their employees should exercise protected rights. Furthermore, the bill permits the employees to vote off their employer's premises in a neutral, non-coercive environment of their choosing. So this portion of it, right, is probably the portion I have the least issue with because mm. even just as as recent as like Amazon, I think, in Alabama, they were fucking with, they got legislation street passed to, to shorten the streetlights. So there's... There's it's not no the only doubt. state, by the way. This is what I have here, right? So while anecdotal, my own employment is proof that a union is not necessary to have a solid, well-paying job, right? You don't have to be in a union. I have, my mm. company's excellent. If I were to unionize, I probably would have a worse environment if we were working in a union for Benick. Can, can confirm. It would be bad. Manufacturers' right? unions are And that's not to say – I'm going to continue. That being said, I think we can – recognize that sometimes when companies get too big they can lose sight on how important their employees are and that hap and when that happens employees need the ability to defend their own interest yes. right there are and is remains to be and probably will forever be a role of unions in America right i actually fought one for one when we were talking about the amazon employees for that particular yes. situation like i i found myself for the first time in my life i a lot of problems with the PRO Act here, by the way, as we go through it, which we'll get into, I'm sure. But uh, fundamentally, though, when there is a – when there's need, man, I don't have a problem with the union. Yeah. But n this is crazy. The Amazon worker thing, like, I, not that long ago, I still remember. I still supported their act, and I still support right. their idea to be in a union. And I believe in the freedom to, of affiliation. So 100%. I believe in your right to create a group in which you decide – all together, collectively bargain with that company yeah. as your employees. This is yep. what we're willing to wait, what we're willing to, to work for. Yep. And if that company says, fuck you, I'm going to hire somebody else, I believe they also have that right. It's a little bit shitty. It is what it is. It's relationships and whatever. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But I believe both things are true. You know, when unions first came around in America, I just, I just watched a documentary within the last month about unions in southern west virginia coal mining unions right oh With man coal towns people literally being murdered in their homes like horrible 
horrible. Those people deserve the right Word. to collectively bargain to not be murdered in their homes for wanting to work for more than 10 cents an hour. Yeah. Y- you deserve that right. I believe in that. I would defend <laughs> that, right? I, I believe in that. So hard, you, yes. So we're not anti-union, right? However, again, I, too, think the political sway of unions is disgusting. We have seen the way they can shift policy even during a pandemic. Labor unions should not be affecting pandemic health and safety policy, right? That lends to the danger that unions present when they are allowed to grow too big. The perfect example is the teachers union, right? Mm -hmm. Able to literally shift policy on what schools are going to do, where there are now studies of the negative effects that it had on your children, Looking at you now, audience, the mm-hmm. negative effects it had on your children. The teachers' union is why that happened. And they I, collectively bargained against you and against your children for their own protection, their own safety, their own money. They bargained against you. Just as Colin has pointed out before, public sector unions. Bad news. People being, to collect, being able to collectively bargain against the taxpayer to bargain against mm-hmm. your money, their own money, to take your money, it's not good, right? Private sector union. Incestual. All the way. One might say. All the way. Amazon shit like this. We've talked about it. You know, you yeah. should not be able to. It is dark to have a hiring policy or a occupational policy in which your intent is to have people only work there for three years and recycle them so you don't need to pay them more money. That's fucking dark. That is very dark. You are actively perpetrating people only making a certain amount of money. And it definitely controls the bottom line, though. It's dark. Yeah. Right? Those people deserve the right to collectively bargain in favor of their own interests. Right? I don't know about all this shit here. Mm -hmm. You know? Um, I don't think that the corporations need to be involved in the elections. Yeah. I don't think it's necessarily a bad thing for them to be held in neutral ground and not on the grounds themselves. Yeah. I do think it's ridiculous that it would stop the corporations from holding their own meetings. Yeah. If you should... Now, does this only apply to corporate businesses, or is this just to any group of individuals that wants to form a union? It says corporations, so I would imagine... Okay. It's only corporate. Yeah, and see, that's the kind of the fucked up part on my end is that when it comes to the corporate side of things and corporate unionization, I almost kind of don't care in in a certain aspect, mostly because if you're the type of corporation that is large enough and this one to says have companies. made... That's companies. This one says companies that violate workers' rights. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. But. Well, because... And that's generally how I would, I would kind of take this at initially i was i'm very offended at this the prospect that this could become law because essentially that that gives every single business owner in throughout america less control of their own business yeah. at some point once they grow to a certain point they will no longer be fully in control of their own business like this caps the level of control a single business owner can have on their own capitalistic enterprise and that's without the ability legal ability for someone else to come say come and say have say in how you run your own company right if if you're a company that runs at a certain just one guy you know one guy's boss he started the whole thing it just exponentially grows bing bang boom he's still the ceo he's the number one boss man 
all of his workers decided to unionize, you know, like, does it's still his company? I mean, what's what's wrong with that? Why can't the people just not work there? Yeah, that's 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 that would be the danger I would see you run into. So that's it, that's what worries me about the unionization effort in this one. It's like, where where's the cap, man? Like, I, I feel good about it with corporations, giant corporations right. like Walmart. I want those employees to fucking ruin that company and run it into the ground. Yeah. That works for me. If they want to commit, you know, economic harikari by, by doing that and giving them that kind of power, more power to them. Go to town. I don't want you around anyways, but not mine. And not I think me, man. One of my big one of my biggest issues with it is the perpetration of the idea that you have to have a a union job to have a good job. Like if you don't have a union, yeah. you're not being well supported. Your company's fucking you over. And yeah. I just don't think that that's true. And I think that's a bad. It's not true. It's but a bad message to give to people that it you is. have to. You need a union if you're going to have a fair job. And that's you know just not why true. that exists though? With, like because this is coming from politicians and things, right? Right. It's the political. Influence it's because yeah. the only thing when they say I created jobs, right? And I'm not. I'm not trying to like. No, no. Man, you know. Mansplain to you. But, uh, you know, for informative means, like, the idea is you get enough people to buy into this concept, and then, how do I put it? Oh, my God. I just had the point. I just lost the point. Sorry. Anyways. What were we talking about? Shit. I had the point, and then all of a sudden I just lost it, and I was like, oh, my God. I just, I just had it. Unions. Proact unions. You don't you have can't to get have a people union job to have a good job. But that's how the government, sorry. Yeah. Thank nope. you. Um, that's how they measure, like, we made this many jobs. Right. Blah, blah, blah. It's because the unions are supported through lobbyists and through direct, direct relations with private industry to create, you know, through the union to create jobs. When most government construction jobs or, you know, government uh, projects that, you know, company, private companies can bid on and do work for They They always go to union prioritize companies, union jobs, right? Yeah. That's how that union works. Companies. And so, yeah, basically every time a government creates a job means they spend taxpayer money to create a problem for a company to do a thing. Yeah. You know, and that company is going to be run and we'll just say nine times out of 10, that company is going to be a union company. Right. And let's put it this way for my personal business. Right in the engineering world, like I can't, I could not afford to work a union job and pay my guys the, the salary the union would require. It's called a prevailing wage. Yeah. Like I couldn't participate that in, because that's what the union guys make, right? I can't afford that. Like that's, I work with the rest of the plebs. I don't work with the government. Like those companies can afford that because the government pays those dollars yeah. because they have this incestuous relationship between the unions. That's the aspect I don't like. And it costs the more, and it doesn't happen right away. I should say that, right? It's not unions in general, which is why I side with like the, the Amazon thing. Unions can be okay in small groups, right? But when it's just like anything, the more power they get, the more power they crave, the, the more get higher. Exactly. The more corruption builds. Yes. And then that's where we, that's where we end up with the teachers unions. Like the multiple teachers union. It's not just one. That's kind of the problem. It's kind of like the, uh, the old four meatpacking plants right. Biden talks about. There's right. like three, there's two or three major teachers unions that control vast majority 
of the the states in the United States is education right. programs, right? And there's like two or three lobbyists there that make shit ton of money that do real big favors and form incestuous relationships between teachers, unions, and politicians. And that's how we end up there. And this just, the PRO Act, to me, seems like that is just, you're just like welcoming more and more people into that club. More and yeah. more corruption all around, but only for a select few. And the union, they're essentially big companies you yeah. know with yeah. like that's enormous, why you work for the union tax breaks and government contracts yep. you know that's really all that mm -hmm. that that is yeah especially like we talk when you're talking about a public sector union that is collectively bargaining against the against the, the people your neighbors man yeah it's word <laughs> to try and take more tax dollars to put in to submit a bloated bid yeah. that will then be turned back to the heads of those unions yeah and you can't make the not argument good. they'll pull it from, like, the defense budget. Like, it's not going to come from somewhere else. It's going to come in the form of new taxes. Yeah. That's what it's going to come in the form of. Yeah. That's Unless how that works. Unless it is works. a defense contract. Yeah. Yeah. That's all, like, the statewide, at least on the state level, they have to, like, form an initiative to do stuff like that. <laughs> and then increase the the wages of their, their, you know, the public sector unions. Like, you actually, we vote on that every single voting cycle. There's always something from, like, EMS and firefighting or police or schools, right? It's all those public funding guys that need COLA increases. We're always voting for more or less money in the schools and the fire departments and the police. But on the federal level, that's that's the unions. Yes. Public sector unions, anyways. Um, so the, on the other side of that, we have this bill that was introduced by Marco Rubio, right? And yes. I sent you this article. It's from the People's Policy Project. So you know that it's not even not going to be necessarily in favor of, <laughs> i was going to say it sounds kind of, of, of the people's anything though. tells yeah. me like communist what in 1992 the teamsters brought an unfair labor practice charge against a company called electromation the charge alleged that electromation's five employee action committees were employer dominated labor organizations that existed the existence of which violates section 8a2 of the national labor relations act whoa the resulting nlrb case became a major event in the world of labor and Labor law and many organizations filed briefs trying to influence the agency's decision. It was so big that the New York Times published three articles about it and included a note that in its papers, Business Digest. Digest. What actually happened is the end, skipping a paragraph. What actually happened is the NLRB ruled that the exclamations action committees were employer-dominated labor organizations, but also made it clear that not, not all employee participation programs are illegal. Company-run employee organizations that made specific proposals on things related to conditions of work or other subjects of bargaining covered by the NLRA are not allowed. But anything short of that, including organizations that serve brainstorming, communication, or suggestion box roles, were still allowed. Despite the uneventful outcome of the case, overturning electromation and protecting employer participation programs became somewhat of a cause for the Republican Party in the mid-1990s. This cause culminated in the teamwork for, employer, for Employees and Managers Act of 1995, which passed the Congress for, only to be vetoed by President Clinton. So. Wow. The main difference, okay? And so it says, given this background, it was strange when last week Senators Marco Rubio and Jim Banks revived the mid-90s bill introduced by Teamwork for Employees and Managers Act of 2022. The 1995 Team Act was at least nominally 
aiming to solve a specific legal problem caused by a recent NLRB decision. But we know now that this decision did not actually create the problem the TEAM Act claimed to solve. Employee participation programs were not made illegal by exclamation, and they continue to be used quite extensively by companies across the country. There are limits to what they can do, but brainstorming, communication information, and suggestion boxing, all allowed by Electromation and its successors already allow companies to glean pretty much anything they might want to glean out of this organization. The main difference between the 2022 Team Act and the 1995 Team Act is that the new one allows employees, employee involvement organizations, EIOs, at very large companies to elect a representative that will observe corporate board meetings. I guess this is some kind of gesture towards the ideas of co-determination, but in real co-determination, the worker representative is an actual voting member of the corporate board, not a non-voting observer. Also, in real co-determination, the companies are required to have worker board members. Under the Team Act, companies can get to decide whether to set up an EIO up and make it rid of it whenever they like. So, this is a wait. This is coming from Marco Rubio. Yes. Huh. So what that says, right, essentially what the bill does is as opposed to a union, the yeah. corporation is allowed to allow the employees to set up their own non-union, which is a group. And in that group, they can elect a member of the board or the board of representatives that will yeah. be a non-voting non member, but they are there to represent the employees. They will be able to observe and do – I. so this article – runs under the assumption that that non-voting member will essentially be shoved in a corner completely ignored by the rest of the board. Yeah. Which I'm sure in some instances that will be the case. I am yeah. hard-pressed to believe that in all instances that non-voting board member will not be spoken to, won't be asked what they think, won't be asked what the employees think, won't be asked what they're there to talk about. Yeah, no. I think in most companies, especially in fucking Wokistan America 2022, yes. that non-voting member would be asked all of those things. What do you guys think? What is on your mind? What are yeah. you hearing about? This is what we're doing. What do you think the employees would think about this? Yep. You know? Yeah, that would be that would not be a bad deal. Like I literally like I I have a board. It's no like it's I, no, I go to board meetings. Yeah. Like I'm trying to I'm trying to envision this for myself on this small scale that I can well, conceive of, you know, gets to, gets word. To That's what I'm saying. And, and represent That's the opinions the deal. of the employees. And, and so that I don't it's not a replacement especially for because you, I don't but, it's not, right? But when you really actually think about it, there are consequences to that. Like the company will not run the same exact way. No. Right. There are decisions made at certain levels that certain people might have opinions about that at the end of the day, when it comes to an employee-employer relationship, they don't need to know. Like, that's the deal. Yeah. Like, I don't, really, I don't really care. They don't need to know about this aspect of things, you know, things or whatever. It's, it's, it's kind of like, it's almost like privacy, right? This, that's what that is. I mean, when you really think about it, like, why should your employees necessarily have a say in how you run your company? If you're not a deadbeat fucking boss, you know, and you're actually interested in the success of your company, you'll listen to your employees when they have things to say. Yeah. Right. Mind you, there comes a certain size and a certain business path where, especially in the corporate world, things are things are happening at scale where you can't. You don't know what your employees are doing. There's ten thousand employees. How the fuck right. do you know what you're doing? They well, don't. You don't. You don't know. You don't care. Even at Benick, there's only forty plus employees there. Tim and Dan don't know everything that happens there. No. You know? Dad, so, oh so God, I, no, so man. So I think that this, 
this team act 2022 would to me seems as a good intermediary mm-hmm. for smaller medium companies that don't necessarily need a union because yeah. their employees are not being fucked over on pay or benefits but maybe there are some things that are happening at a lower level that the bosses don't see mm-hmm. that could be improved so i see this as way more of like social issues being fixed you know the way that problems are solved i can see yeah. where a lot of interpersonal issues were like as an employee i can see where there are things that happen the bosses do not see and it could benefit even us at Bennick, if yeah. there was a board to have someone there to say, so this type of shit is being talked about. Word. Whether or not you guys see this or this is really what's happening, this is what yeah. the general consensus <laughs> is, you know? Yes. And it would be good if this was dealt with. Yeah. So, you know? That's, my... I can see, the benefit that I can see of the yeah. Team Act of 2022. Yeah. And if that board member, the non revenue board member, was ignored, then they can go back to the employees and say, they literally don't want to listen to anything I have to say. Let's fucking form a union. It's time to go. Fuck this. This is not working. This yeah. non-voting board member bullshit yeah, is not good enough because they don't give a fuck about us. That's, that's very true. Like the, the concept of what happens if, you know, if that non-voting board member gets on there and doesn't like what they have to say and the rabble rouse, you know, the people do, then I don't, I wonder sometimes at, at people's decisions to, when, where some people draw the line and say, fuck this, I'm not working any, here anymore, I'm going someplace else. I know that I can get, I might take a slight pay cut or whatever it is, but I'm going to go someplace that appreciates my labor and my time and what I'm doing, and they're going to pay me a decent wage, and they're not going to treat me like shit. Yeah. Right. Compared to, I, I am not going to, or I cannot... Find another situation in which my employment and my specialty or whatever it is, the exchange of goods and services that I'm offering with this company, I can't go get that somewhere else. So for some reason, this is you have to give this to me. So we're forming a union. So without this, we quit. And I say, okay, cool. The hiring start tomorrow. There's a fine line between like, because how do you judge the corruption and not even because the union the unionization, the, the, the rabble rouser of the non-voting member on the board, it still creates the union. They just don't have any teeth. That's my issue with that, right? Versus you got a problem with your employer, you bring it up to your supervisor, and if they can't solve it, you fucking leave. You, I mean, you have, but that's, that's why that's simple. It's though. not that simple. So I understand that. And you're going to understand very, very soon here in a week or two, whatever. It's not, I, it's not as it's it is definitely not as simple as that. It's not as easy as go get another job. Well, what do you mean? Sometimes that's just not it, whether you own a company or you just work for a company. Right. It doesn't matter because you are it everybody knows it's not black and white like that. Right. But it it and that's the problem. That's where the difficult that's where the gray area is because there's a right and a wrong, and then there's like a ethically correct or, or fundamentally right. And then there's like, well, yeah, but sometimes people are just being dicks and don't pay people what they should be getting paid, right. you know. And both, and there's too many of those situations that go either way. Yeah. Both this, entities could be corrupt, I should say. Certainly, certainly. And this, yeah. to me, the Team Act seems like, almost like it leaves a little more room for human involvement, like genuine human involvement. Yeah, it's like forced or, care. 
on yes, companies. Yes, you, know, it's, you it's have almost... to listen to these people now. They are an entity that you have to contend with. They may not have any teeth, but, but just because they're not they good, yeah, teeth, just because you know? they can't form a union and file a lawsuit doesn't mean that they can't make life at, running your business fucking impossible. Right? They could totally do that shit. That's a good point. I, yeah. I like that. I like that. I'm a I, little bit more. I'm a little warmer to this now. Yeah, and like I said, I think the team act the way that it sits with me now would have more would make a larger difference in like interpersonal issues mm -hmm. if things are being handled in not quite such a good way or there's maybe an unhealthy culture that's developed in the employees you definitely know, yeah. this this would be a good way to deal with that you know to... yeah because just throwing more power to the unions which essentially are supposed to do the same thing right but there's not well, that many unions people... throwing that amount of power and money and support to the unions aren't going to fix the problem that actual employees of like medium-sized companies have versus the team act right would and some people don't feel comfortable going to their boss about something you know mm -hmm. so yeah we can even use myself as an example right if yeah. i was going to try and talk to someone about the culture in a different department you know i don't yeah. necessarily for why why, what reason do I have to be discussing the culture in other departments? Yeah. Sovereignty because, is very important to you. You know what I'm saying? I have, to a large point, I have issue with the culture of the company, and I don't want to work somewhere where these type of things are permitted, you know? Mm -hmm. In reality, is it my business that that's the culture of the different department? Not necessarily, but you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So it, that's where I think like it affects things, you, but is it I really could, my say? And instead of going to my boss... I could go to that member of the board and be like, listen, I just have some concern about the way this is happening. I feel like maybe they could be more involved or less involved or something like that would be good. You know, mm -hmm. it's more there's less pressure on that discussion as an employee than if you're approaching your boss. Because you're you decentralized know? now. And again, to use that as an example, if I was to mm -hmm. approach Tim with something like that, I either need it's going it could be perceived as you're not paying enough attention to your employees and this is what's going on under your nose. Or Word. you're not paying enough attention, and this is what's being allowed to grow. Or this is yeah. the culture that you're propagating. Even if that's not what I'm saying, yeah, it could be interpreted that way because I'm saying I'm unhappy with yeah. the with the culture that I'm next to or mm -hmm. that I'm involved with. You know, yeah. In the form of like constructive criticism, it's always like, I mean, how many pre the prompts and things do you have to give people? To say like, this is I'm, I want to offer some constructive right. criticism. I totally support what you're doing, all this stuff. But here's a slight right. little, and instead that's of hard that, to do that, and especially coming from somebody that, like as an employer, that you pay to do a job, and they're like, hey, just shut up and work. Word. Exactly. So instead of that, you could approach someone like Shane, you know, and be like, yeah. Shane, this is a concern that I have, and then it's Shane's job and his responsibility as that non-voting board member, as the representation of the employees, to say, I'm not going to say any names because it doesn't matter. Yeah. But, but I've heard concerns from multiple people, even if it's just one person. Yeah. I've heard concerns about multiple people about this type of culture, this being allowed to happen. Yeah. And if there was a shift, you know, there needs to be a shift. Yeah. You know, and it's, if not, then there's not yeah. even like a threat anything, but there needs to be a shift because people aren't happy about this. Yeah. It also could remove some of the responsibility from the employers of having to do that. You know, you don't yeah. necessarily need to be as involved on a daily basis because if there is something happening, that person going to tell you the next board meeting. Oh, yeah. They're yeah, going to yeah. come up and, and express that to you. So, because yeah, they're in the inner circle now. There's you know? less pressure on you, less pressure on your individual employees to report things like that. You know, that's the easier approach, especially if you're seeing, and now I'm just thinking, right? Yeah, but yeah, yeah. You're talking about that's time theft experiment. or things like that. You know, shit, you're seeing unhealthy oh, behavior on, with other employees. I don't want to go to my boss and sell someone out. 
but I'll tell this person, listen, there's a lot of people fucking around. I just don't, I don't like it. I don't see it. Maybe someone should be paying more attention or someone should be checking the time clocks or they should be looking at the cameras or something. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Interesting. There's shit because you own a business. Yeah. I'm even like, though five huh. years ago you didn't own a business. Yeah. There's, there's shit, shit I'm you like, don't huh. think about, you know? Oh, yeah, work. Yeah. I'll tell you that for sure. So I think that That's a very because we, we share obviously similar concerns about unions, you know, yeah. I, this sits to me as like a good, a happy medium from a workforce that doesn't necessarily feel like they or couldn't, let's put it this way, a workforce that couldn't win a union vote to install a union, yeah. but feels like something more needs to be done. This is like a good half measure in there that we need to have a more active role in the decision making but we don't necessarily feel like we need to collectively bargain against you to make sure that we can get all of these things done you yeah. know yeah i still do wonder though at the outsized power that that might actually have and 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 honestly and it it would simply be it would never be like a mainstream thing when I think about it like that. You know, it's like what happens when, you know, the the person at the company that has a lot of employees or whatever, and they've had a very long run of successful relationships with their non-voting members of the board and the employees. They have a good relationship. But the employees are always going to be employees. The business is always going to be the business side of it. You know, there's always that, it's, you know, how do you get a family-owned business again? That'll be a whole other thing. But... um I could just see, like, at some point, somebody could have some potential in leadership or be extra charismatic and sociopathic and rise up as some kind of deranged leader. And, like, essentially, just through mob rule at that point, because if if the unelected, if the person on the board that's there to represent the employees does not have any actual sway when it comes to, like, voting and decisions at the company, representation without... It's uh, a taxation without representation. Like you're making us work all this shit, and we can't actually have a say in this thing. And then you got a whole other set of problems. That's the concern from the labor. It's, it's kind of run away. Yeah. This versus... got brought up to me yeah. on breaking points. Actually, okay. both the segments, the family, the child tax credit, and this were both brought up on breaking points. And I saw a small debate. It was their guest topic where they had someone who was there to talk about the pro act and someone to talk about this Rubio, Rubio bill. And that's how I learned about it. Was from that segment. Um, and I, that was the concern from the labor union. It's like, what's the fucking point? You know, yeah. if they can't do anything, then what is the fucking point? And I think that... Just to cause dis... But also, think, you see, on a smaller level, if, when if it could company, work. I think if... Exactly. I yeah. think if the company is to the point where you're saying, what's the fucking point? Then you need a union. But if you're saying, this could work, then that works for you. And yeah. so I think that... I'm not in favor of the product because I think strengthening the influence of unions is a bad idea. Mm -hmm. And that's not to say there aren't improvements that can be made to union corporate relationships because I think that there are. I don't think the PRO Act is the way to go. I do think the TEAM Act is a, is a great idea. I don't think it, it's the total solution mm -hmm. to workforce business problems, but I think that's a really good half measure for, like I said, companies like Benick, yeah. again, Tim and Dan, if you're watching, we are not going to unionize. There is no danger of that. No one's even talking about it, so don't concern <laughs> yourself, nor are we going to pull a team act on you. But <laughs> for companies like Benick, I think the team act could be a very good thing. Of, or companies like Team 4, I think that could be a good I don't want to think thing. about that. Thank you. I just, as a, <laughs> I'm not a union. Yeah, I don't, just what it, again, I don't, I don't think there's danger in William Wallace sitting in on your board meetings and I don't saying think so this either. is what the seven employees no. are concerned about no. you know especially if 
there's got to be some type it's of like yeah it's like those companies with like 50 to 60 to 75 yeah, there's got to be an understanding between the board and that non-voting member mm -hmm. of you can't repeat everything you hear in here because this is a fucking board meeting it's yeah this is the board of directors you cannot repeat everything that you hear but your concerns will be directly addressed and we anything we can't address right now we will discuss as a, mm -hmm. a voting board and figure that out and you'll be involved in the discussions afterwards you know to make that discussion yeah. if a that... requirement to be on the board requires you to sign an nda yes it's in the it's in the corporate agreement or it's in that, the llc but... agreement yeah but see yeah see that's the thing though because that could go that yeah. could go bad too I just there's going to be some shit probably that the business also said that they don't need yeah. to know this, that they actually, the employees really do need to know yeah. that, you know? So and, I don't know about the NDA thing, but and I And at the end of the day, I think if everybody who's being a part of the company and working and doing this thing is actually doing, if they're not, they're not being pieces of shit, pieces of shit yes. then everything will <laughs> yes. just work out, right? I think so too, yeah. What are laws and regulations other than ways to stop people from going super corrupt and terrible one so maybe this is again in that same instance where you have a family business and then maybe the next generation yeah. takes over and that person starts to kind of be a piece of shit yeah you know it's the role of the monarchy this, dice this that's how a, that works this is a good half measure like yep. listen we didn't do this with your dad because he was mm -hmm. fucking fine and everything was good but yep. you're kind of a bitch and I, you know you're fucking us yep. over and so we think that it's time that we as an employee as a workforce we have decided to create an employer participation program in which we have decided that as is our right under the team act to have a non-voting board member in the room during your board meetings yeah. if you don't like that we're going to unionize yeah. we are going to do that we're telling you now we it's can like start yellow here. light yeah we can start here and nothing else needs to happen so long yeah. as you quit fucking us over but if you keep boning us we will pull a union vote outside of here and we will fucking unionize yeah if this i is, think that that's if this is fifa without a russian team mind you because they're not allowed to be in fifa soccer anymore uh, no cats yellow no card yeah you know that's that's what you get at that point and that's yeah it's like we're almost a union we just don't have teeth yet but don't fuck around because we will ruin your entire career i mean that's it's a thing i i definitely i've mixed emotions about it obviously but but i i like it way better than the pro act i'll say that much yeah i think it's very like interesting it. yeah and again if you're that much of a piece of shit, though, you deserve the union that's going to wreck your life. You know, if you're yes. Cenk Uger and your employees are trying to unionize, they're obviously pissed off. You suck. You suck. Yeah. I hate. I hate that dude. He's a bad dude. And Experian, not bad, though. I mean, sometimes. As far as the Young Turks go. As far as the Young Turks go. Yeah. Um, so the last little segment that we're going to hit for this fourth portion, because um, sports, we talked about sports already. The yeah. I'll hit sports while you're, while you're there. Um, we have, let's see, will even look up the dates for us. Uh, March Madness 2022. So the Combine is happening right now, the NFL Combine. We've talked about that every year. The NFL Combine, for those of you who don't know, is if you ask Colin Kaepernick, it is akin to a slave auction. But... In reality, the NFL Combine is a place in which college athletes, college football athletes are able to go, are invited, and are able to display their skills for NFL scouts, teams, and the teams are then able to look at their skills, evaluate them, and decide who, or who they want to put on their draft board, who they might want to take, things like that. So the NFL draft is coming up soon. I'll look up that one as well. March Madness. Let's see here. March Madness tournament schedule and dates. 
Selection Sunday is March 13th. The first four is March 15th and 16th. The final four is April 2nd. So first four is March 15th and 16th. Selection Sunday, March 13th. That is for March Madness. Of course, March Madness is the college tournament for basketball. Yeah, so big deal. as an enormous bracket. Um, by March 24th and 26th, we will have the Sweet 16 and Elite 8. And the final four is scheduled for April 2nd and 4th. We have lots of good things going on there. It's about the only good thing. Ha- and I'm not even a base or a basketball fan. But, like, what else happens in, like, the February, the January to, like, March, April time? Nothing. Um, nothing happens. It's just basketball. There's a baseball lockout right now, so there's nothing. Did you know about that? No. Yeah. Because um, we're about to hit spring training, right? Or are we in spring training time? It should be spring uh, training. But um, there's, they're locked out. Yes. MLB lockout. What's next for baseball after league cancels first week of 2022 regular season? Yeah, what Major happens? League Baseball's owner-initiated lockout has now been taking regular season games off the schedule. On Tuesday, Commissioner Rob Manfred announced the first two series of the season have been canceled after MLB and MLBPA are unable to strike a deal prior to the league's artificial 5 p.m. Eastern Time deadline for a new CBA. Today's a sad day. We came to Florida to navigate and negotiate for a fair collective bargaining agreement, despite meeting daily, there is still significant work to be done, the MLBPA Executive Director Tony Clark said Tuesday. The reason we are not playing is simple. A lockout is the ultimate economic weapon. In a $10 billion industry, the owners have decided to use this weapon against the greatest asset they have, the players. This is the first time games have been lost due to a work stoppage since '95. There are many reasons a deal was not struck in time to save an opening day. Well, let's click on that. Yeah, that's interesting. MLB lockout. They say two series? Two games. Two 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 series, yeah. Two series, because each series is three games, Uh, right? It depends. You can have two, three, four-game series. But they're probably three games. Baseball, why are you so fucking complicated? 165 games. Uh, Three reasons why owners and MLBPA didn't reach a deal, including long wait for first proposal. This is from CBS. Major League Baseball Commissioner Rob Manfred made it good on the league's longstanding threat to cancel regular season games. Let's see. The season will mark number one. An unnecessary preemptive shot. Let's start from the top. The league didn't have to impose a lockout when it did. When the expiration of the last CBA on December 2nd, the two sides could have continued to operate under the sunset terms of the last CBA while negotiating on the side. The league nevertheless opted for the padlock, citing it as a defense mechanism that they hoped would hasten negotiations and prevent the loss of regular season contests. Obviously, that didn't work. Um, Number two, playing waiting games. As noted above, the league claimed the lockout would hasten negotiations. The owners then waited more than six weeks to make their first proposal to the players, eating into valuable time that could have used to present a hundred prevent used to preserve a hundred and sixty two game regular season at undercutting one of the stated reasons for the lockout in the first place. Mm-hmm. Waiting has become a signature strategy for Manfred's watch, and it seems likely that the league and owners view it as a way to test the union's resolve. The league and players couldn't come to an agreement in 2020, allowing Manfred to unilaterally impose, impose, impose. <laughs> a 60-game season that June. Number three, league's unwillingness to move on big issues. Most coverage of negotiations play up the idea of conceding and meeting in the middle. An honest analysis of the talks between the owners and players would find that the latter camp consistently ceded ground when the former did not. The league's CBT proposals, for instance, would have placed thresholds to $220 million in each of the th- next three seasons, a laughable increase when compared to the revenue gains the league would have experienced with an extended po- expanded postseason 
seemingly the league's top priority throughout the negotiations. The players, for their part, requested a CBT threshold beginning at $245 million next season and were willing to give, give the league 12 team postseason that would have created an additional $85 million in revenue in each October. CBT is the the cap. Um, okay. That's how much money you could pay the players. The team the, cap. The, oh my God. Salary caps? Yes. But another way, a baseball refer- references Sean Foreman did on Twitter, the players were asked for $1 to $2 million more per team per year in minimum salaries, $3 million more per team per year in pre-arbitration bonus pool money and a CBT threshold that reflected the league's growth in revenues. The owners deemed that too much to give or come close to giving. This is ridiculous. There's so much money flowing around here. Dude. The fact that the nominal increases are $3 million is ridiculous. Like, wait, wait, wait. What fucking number? This is governmental-like numbers going on. This is like 1940s government numbers, bro, and it's happening within professional, a single league of a single type of professional sports. Fucked. Oh, my God. (laughs) Competitive competitive balance tax. Um, I wonder deals that were wholly unreasonable. Man, competitive I, balance tax. Have you heard of the new Daily Wire sports podcast? No. Okay, it's out now, um, and apparently it's all the it's the sports podcast you want without all the woke sports. Apparently, I don't know. I'm not a sports guy, but okay. I might start listening to it because I wonder if I would imagine they'd be talking I'm about sure. this, right? And I'm like, what? I wonder what kind of perspective they they offer, and I wonder what kind of perspective ESPN is offering. I mean, that that sounds very, I mean, when you're all a bunch of elites arguing about, you know, who's not as rich as the next person, I I always come back to like, I don't really give a shit what you guys are doing, man. There's, that's way too much money. Yeah. I don't, those numbers are insane. I don't know what you're talking. You play baseball. This is entertainment dollars, man. This I don't want to know about this, That's right? So much money. At least in movies, when we're talking hundreds of millions of dollars, there's hundred, there's thousands and thousands of employees. Yeah, this is professional sports, man. I know the bureaucracy of, behind the sports is big, but there's a lot of, lot of money in there, man. So what am I looking at? So the combine is happening right now. What do I have? I have combine. combine. Yeah, I meant draft. Yeah, because no, yeah, the draft draft schedule, draft date schedule, TV channel. The for, combine is happening right now, yeah. Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Um, the NFL draft will begin on Thursday, April twenty eighth, and end Saturday, April thirtieth. So, okay, yeah, just uh, like two months to the draft. Yeah, so like right now, the combine the combine's about to go on. It's happening right now. Right now, Thursday, and then, Friday, and today. Yeah, and so then then there's like a little bit of time for teams to to discuss, evaluate, and, put together the yeah. draft boards, decide kind of what they're going to yeah, do. There's still some trading and stuff. I don't think that the league the league schedule has not opened yet. Mm-hmm. There's time before the draft for trading and player acquisitions. Free agency opens up before that. Um, so mm-hmm. some shit to go on. Some stuff to happen. Yeah. Well, snap, crackle, pop. And no draft order for round one. Jacksonville, Detroit, Houston, Jets, Giants, Panthers, Giants, pick from Chicago, Falcons, Broncos, Jets, um, Washington football team, which I think their name is going to be the Admirals. Just leave it alone. Um, Wash- Admiral Washington's. Vikings, Browns, Ravens, Eagles, Eagles, Chargers, Saints, Eagles, Steelers, Pats, Raiders, Cardinals, Cowboys, Bills, Titans, Bucks. Packers, Dolphins, Chiefs, and then um, what? It will be 
who who just played. So it'd be Cincinnati and then L.A. Mm. Honestly, it sounds like the Eagles had a bad year last year. They got uh, a lot of picks. Eagles made lots of <laughs> trades. Um, so the Eagles like they were had, offloading. Yeah, the Eagles have had lots of picks for a long time. So the 16th pick is from Miami. This or the 15th pick is from Miami. The 16th is from Indianapolis. So they traded Carson Wentz to Indianapolis. So mm-hmm. they got some picks from that. Uh, Seattle not um, have any first round picks. We traded ours to the Jets. The 10th round pick or the 10th pick the Jets have is from to Seattle. The Jets, man, how desperate were we? That was for first round pick to the um, Jets. What the fuck is his name? Jamal Adams. It's a safety we picked up. Was oh. not worth the the haul that we paid for him. Thought he was going to be at the time. That sound like a good decision. Yeah, I thought he was going to be at the time, but he was not. Oh. Um, you all hyped for nothing. So, yeah, that's that. Game. Um, the last thing that we had was a bill to stop Congress from trading. But we can talk about that next time. Mm-hmm. Don't need to. This is fine. Now we can hear on the sports. Um, next time we will have. We're going to talk about kids. I think so. Um, so we talked about we had the don't say gay bill that we're yes. going to discuss next yeah. episode. There's also that trans bill happening in Texas. So we're going to talk about that. That will be one segment focusing on children. Um, and then we will work the stop Congress from trading stock act in there, even if it's in the grab bag. Yeah. So, because I'm sure, I'm sure Ukraine and Russia will still be uh, probably on still deck be happening. So those things will be going time. on. Is there anything else that you wanted to make sure that got into this episode here? This is about good for this segment. Yeah, I think so. so. I think that's. I think that's about so. it. I think that's four for four, baby. Cool. Well, with that, we'll go ahead and hit the social more time. Yeah. We got a nice closer for us. Fantastic. I think you'll like it. Comes from. I always out, do, baby. Out of, out of this book here. <laughs> so, um, with the social more time, I want to thank you guys again, everybody, for. We go to the YouTube real quick. See if there's any last comments to hit, just to see oh, if we. Yeah, snap, crackle, nope, pop. No problem. Just to see if there's anything that we didn't hit. That's all. Yep. Wherever it is, there it is. There it is. All right, loads of money. Last one. So with that, I want to thank everybody for watching us here. Uh, if you enjoyed this, obviously, like, share it, subscribe, tell all your friends about it, leave some more comments here. Um, we will be, excuse me, we'll hit this now. We'll do a segment that we can put mm-hmm. in the end. Word. These are going to be cut up as segments and yes. released for. We didn't talk about it before. And what do you want? A Monday, Wednesday. Monday, Monday, Wednesday. Monday, Wednesday. Yep. Monday, so Wednesday. Clips these pieces in between. are going to come out one on Monday, one on Wednesday, one on Monday, one on Wednesday. The following Saturday will be episode one twenty-four. Ooh, that you are going to get a segment every other day. Mm-hmm. So you can also this stream will still be up, so you can go in and watch the whole thing if you want. There's no problem with that. Um, it's going to be excellent, but it'll be broken up a little bit easier to consume for people who like smaller podcasts. Mm-hmm. We will still have some clips in between those days. We'll have the beer show yeah. still. We Almost have... six hours is a lot to handle for some people. Yeah. You know, I mean, we're heavyweights. We, we don't have... mind that. But So we have a clip. We have a segment on Monday, a clip on Tuesday, a segment on Wednesday, a live stream on Thursday, a beer show on Friday. This there will either multiple be... layers of content. There will either be a clip on saturday or some type of something yep. sunday is family day for both of us so you hardly ever get content on sundays because we're all doing family things yep. we're like super dealerships like that you know exactly close on sundays <laughs> for family day exactly so that is how this is going to be released let us know what you guys think again i want to thank you one more time for watching us here on youtube.com slash salt of the streets we have our instagram.com slash salt of the streets patreon.com salt of the streets go there help us make more better content Obviously, we're Facebook, fuckfacebook.com, slash all the streets. Fuck them, fuck them, fuck them. You can find all this on our website at saltofthestreets.com as, long, as well as our personal social media. I'm at salt of the street on Twitter and at alpaca underscore Donovan <coughs> on Instagram. And Colin is at Big Bird Offy on both of those things. If you need a haircut in the next couple of weeks, go to Swell Blended. 
get, get Erica there. If you need a skateboard, go to the location skate shop. If you want to watch some gaming, go to Lexi Kyo on Twitch. Some cakes, leggings, and everything on Instagram for the next couple weeks. Also, the After Dark segment that we will record right after this. It's a Patreon exclusive. That's right. If you want to watch it, you have to subscribe to the Patreon. That's right. Who knows? We might talk about the Stock Act. Who knows what we're going to talk about? We might. You never Who know. Who knows? We might fuck up That's everything right. that I just said and talk about the Stock Act. We don't know. Yeah. So go to the Patreon. Subscribe there. Go to Sultries.com. Subscribe there. I'm excited about it because, like, this is the thing about the After Dark session. The the Part five of four, if exactly. you will, depending part five on of four. part five of four. That's what we're calling it. Nobody knows what we're going to talk about, yeah. so we're going to see where we land, and yeah. you know, we get a little bit more loose in the loose in the tongue. I believe is yeah. how they say that. Uh, back in the ye old days, from from that time, I'm sure that the quote you're about to read is from. Um, yeah. So again, I want to remind you guys, beer shows on Friday. You can go there. Beer show oh. came out yesterday for the thaw out. Silver City liked it themselves. We have the review preview that came out on the first of the month for In Order to Live and the Indifferent Stars Above. We have the newsletter that comes out on the last day of the month. Uh, and then clips. We got we everything. It's going yeah, all the time. Yeah. How do so, we not get paid for this? <laughs> we do. <laughs> we do a little bit. Okay. So this is a piece from a speech entitled Give Me Liberty or Give Me Death. Ooh. Founding father, Patrick Henry, delivered this rousing speech to encourage the colony of Virginia to send troops to fight in the Revolutionary War. He was successful, and in 1784 became the first governor of the new state of Virginia. So, this is from the mouth of Patrick Henry himself. Mm. Um, let's see, where do I want to start? There is a just God who presides over us, over the destinies of nations, and who will raise up friends to fight our battles for us. The battle, sir, is not strong alone. It is to the vigilant, the active, and the brave. Besides, sir, we have no election. If we were base enough to desire it, it is now too late to retire from the contest. There is no retreat but in submission and in slavery. Our chains are forged. Their clanking may be heard on the plains of Boston. The war is inevitable, and let it come. I repeat it, sir. Let it come. It is in vain, sir, to extenuate the matter. Gentlemen may cry, peace, peace, but there is no peace. The war is actually begun. The next gale that sweeps from the north will bring to our ears the clash of resounding arms. Our brethren are already in the field. Why we stand here idle? What is it that gentlemen wish? What would they have? Is life so dear or peace so sweet as to be purchased at the price of chains or slavery? Forbid it, almighty God. I know not what course others may take, but for me, give me liberty or give me death. Can I get a beast? Welcome to the south of the streets, coming at you every week with the 